Welcome to episode 9 of the Varangian Heresy. We're almost at double figures and we'll get there, I hope, as long as, you know, the world doesn't end or Britain don't suddenly get kicked out of the European Union way faster than it takes me to fill in some uh, visa application papers to stay here in Sweden. So with us tonight, as always, is my good friend and co-host Chris. Hey Jody, how are you? Uh, I'm not doing too bad, buddy. A little disappointed in my homeland, but um, this is going to be all the politics we talk this evening. And uh, my other co-host, the Crown Prince himself, Mr. Freddie. How you doing, bud? Always good. Always good. Can't get harder than this. I'm so glad this is radio. That's all I'm saying. For but, heresy, that is. Obviously. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. I, I like the fact that you, you clarified that. That's important. Uh, yeah. Freaky and, for Fulgrim and all that. Freaky for Fulgrim. Talk for, talked for treachery. You know. Yeah. Cox for cataphractai, you know, one of them's going to stick, and we're, yeah. we're going to go with it. And um, joining us all the way from the land down under, uh, our good friend and good the godfather of the thirty uh, k thirty k community, as I see it, uh, Mr. Andrew Hollis. Give us a shout out. Hey guys, how are you going? Um, that was quite a an eye opening thing for the morning. Cox for <laughs> cataphractai. Wow. Okay. <laughs> What can I say? It's uh, you know we take the hard for heresy and we take it that one step further. The um, the mind bleach is available online. We sell it. You know we we know it needs to be out there. Excellent. Not <laughs> uh, not no, normally we start in the gutter and then we work our way down to the sewer. So it's all good. Yeah, and if we, if we haven't reached the sewer by halfway through the episode, we're not really trying. We haven't get drunk enough by half. <laughs> well, you two have. <laughs> Normally, you two haven't. I'm I'm stone cold sober, which is even more disturbing. But um, yeah, well, so designated driver. Yeah, I'm de- designated driver. You're the designated driver for this podcast. Otherwise, it all goes to shits. Fair point. <laughs> I can I can handle the tag of designated driver. I've been called worse. Actually, before my wife, by my wife, before we started recording. But that's that's not something to go into right now. Uh, so tonight we've got uh, Andrew joining us to talk all things Oz 30k and 30k in general and some rather cool projects that he's got going and yeah well we're not going to take all that away but I'm looking forward to seeing it come up but Andrew give us a bit of a shout out about yourself and what you do in the hobby what's your sort of thing in the hobby Um, yeah just give everybody an idea about yourself um, cool, cool. Well, uh, I probably started playing 30k pretty much when it first rolled out with book one. Um, I was pretty disappointed in 40k and we're playing along with uh, Apocalypse and then book one dropped and there was about half a dozen of us that just jumped straight on that one. Um, and pretty much since then we've been hooked. Uh, so we're, we're definitely a narrative group. Um, and so the the atmosphere and the scenarios and the, the campaign of 30k appealed to us and so since then we've been kind of building up different campaigns and that sort of stuff so my my definite love of the the game and the the hobby is uh, the campaigns uh, and the storylines that evolve from that um, as a lot of the guys that I play with know full well I do not paint um, <laughs> I don't own a paintbrush um, I only play with painted models, but yeah, I I kind of use commission painters quite a lot, and uh, I just can't paint. So 
any time someone asks me a question about painting, I just step back and shut my mouth. So <laughs> please keep that in mind. It's okay. We, we won't go into the, we won't get into the painting talk until way later on. You're fine. It's okay. <laughs> um, Excellent. But uh, if you do have a, a regular commission painter, we'll we we'll just say you know, we'll just put an advert in there later on, so it's all covered. So, <laughs> the, if you see my work, this is who you need to go and talk to, kind of thing. Because uh, yeah, no, totally cool. So, what what uh, I, I'm interested in what armies you actually play? Uh, well, I only play one. Uh, okay. So I started my uh, 40k obsession with Black Templars. Um, and those Black Templars have then been converted across to uh, First Company Imperial Fists. Uh, and then with the, the drop of Book 6, I'm now converting the entire force across to Black Shields. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable playing them as Black Shields rather than kind of trying to shoehorn them into Imperial Fists, which just didn't suit my playstyle and ethos and that sort of stuff. Um, so it's I'm definitely not one of those guys that go... Oh, I'm going to start an Emperor's Children, or I'm going to do Sons of Horus, and now I'm going to do Night Lords and that sort of stuff. I'm very obsessed with my my Black Templars slash Black Shields. Um, they're up to about fifty thousand points now, and that, that'll be the only force that I do. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Sorry, I, I I swear I just heard you say fifty, not fifteen or five thousand points. Did did I hear that right? Yeah, that's right. As I said, forty k kind of regular. 40k pissed me off, so I jumped into Apocalypse pretty hard. So once you Fair start enough. building up those super heavies, the points add up really, really quickly. Um, so yeah. the, the entire army takes up a, an 8 foot by 4 foot table with some spillover, and that's not the fortifications. So, Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, we do need some fo- photos for the for the fucking uh, guest gallery. So yeah, definitely, <laughs> please. Go nuts. I mean, obviously, uh, probably old ones. You don't have to get them all out and relay lay them all out. Just to take a photo for us, but you know, we'd appreciate a more uh, the the most up to date photo because, dear yeah. God, that sounds like a hell of a lot of models. <laughs> it is. It's all good fun, but uh, it, it's a little ridiculous. Um, but it's I've got a wife who humours me. So. <laughs> me too. Yeah, it's it's, it's all, it's all good fun until somebody takes a bane blade to the knee. Right. Yep. <laughs> God damn! I picked the wrong one then when I went wife shopping. She hates my hobby. Uh, that was that's that, that's my ex-wife. Okay, man. Well, no, I'm saying you don't go say there. I but married your ex-wife. I really <laughs> hope you didn't. Otherwise, my commiserations. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you didn't, Freddie. I think you're okay. Uh, but uh, sweet man. I mean, I, I like the. I'm loving the black shields at the moment. I've actually sat down and spent some time reading um, book six, and I'm really loving the black shields. Very very yeah, cool yeah. stuff. So, I, I like, certainly see, think they're going to bring a lot of atmosphere. Yeah. Seeing, def- a, seeing as you're a fluff player and stuff, a uh, narrative player, how, how what's the thought behind the Black Shields? Like, how, how are you kind of... Like, how do you envision your army being Black Shields' army? Yeah. Um, so, as I said, mine started out as Templar's first company. Um, and we actually had a... We've got a, a national campaign going in Australia... And I was using my Imperial Fists through that. And one of the scenarios was down in um, Hobart. And it was a, um, what was the tactical strike? A tactical strike pub crawl. Oh, Um, yeah, the tactical pub. That sounded awesome. Yeah. um, And pretty much what happened there was it was an all versus all. Uh, So loyalist versus loyalist. And uh, there was no teams for that one. Um, 
And so the story behind that one was that the, my Imperial Fists went in and um, to rescue uh, a couple of uh, banner bearers that were trapped on the, the part of the station that was falling out of orbit. Uh, and they were just disgusted at the amount of kind of um, uh, disloyalty displayed by all of the, the Loyalist Legions at such a, a quick rate. So as soon as the station started falling out of orbit, everybody started breaking down and fighting for themselves and all of that. And the Loyalist Command wasn't helping. Um, and basically after they'd rescued the banner bearer, they um, discovered some more um, disloyalty. There were some Alpha Legions that had infiltrated the Ultramarines and kind of cut them in the back in Crushing of Grocks. Uh, and that was the trigger point for that particular chapter of the first company to break away. Um, they got sick of the infighting, and so they're, they're doing the mission their way. Uh, they're not traitor or anything like that, but they're just not following the commands of the Loyalist Command. Uh, they've still got some um, links with the first company, uh, so occasionally I might um, ally in some Templar Brethren with Sigismund or something like that in big, like, three, four, five thousand point games. Um, but pretty much... These guys are just kind of hunting around, trying to do the the original Great Crusade, which will kind of tie into um, their their links to the Black Templars later on in in the, the 40k universe. That is right. awesome. Cool. That is awesome. That is way more well thought out than my fluff is at the moment. Uh, yeah, damn, I'm gonna have to go back to the drawing board. That's <laughs> that's seriously cool, man. I like this. I love the sound of that. I really do. It must have been uh, it's come, it's come from gameplay as well, is what you say. Yeah. A lot of it's come from gameplay, which is really cool. You must have yeah, everything everything kind of triggers around the the storyline of our campaigns. Uh, so both the national and the local campaigns. Um, we've had four campaigns now, I think. One of them being 40k, and three of them being 30k in in Canberra. Mm-hmm. And so there's and they're all in the same kind of general vicinity of space, obviously, um, in Australis Ultima on the Oz 30K. Uh, and so that it really starts, if you want to, and if you're inclined to that, it really gives you a lot of information, a lot of background fluff to build up those storylines and something that doesn't tread on the toes of existing narrative. Um, yeah. Like, I, I love the, the established fluff in the book, but I don't like tapping into that very much. Like... Mm. It's a huge Imperium, and every player wasn't at Esvan. Every player wasn't at the Battle for Terra. Um, kind of, we there's a huge amount of space that we can tap into and create our own stories and create our own wars. So I just like that that aspect of it. Yeah, and I think they even even mentioned that like in the last in Book Six that there's like there's heaps of stuff going on. It's they just pick. Because most of them have been lost to you know the time of war and 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 you know it's been forty uh, ten thousand years since it happened so they just they just a few bits and pieces they used to say That's that right. they covered covered like thirty percent of what actually happened during the heresy yeah and yeah. so always put from like an un- unreliable narrator narrator's point of view as well because it's you know the stories come from you know the winners or you know bystanders or whatever um, but that those seem to be the ones that have survived whereas like you say there's hundreds thousands of stories that haven't been told because they haven't been remembered up until this point yeah which i think is uh is very very cool um and 
why why was it was it simply because of the way that the the fluff played out the, the story played out that you went black shields or was that um and not sort of just i don't know not, i don't want to use the word renegade but um separated keeping, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it was more, more than just sort of go right well we're gonna take a i'm gonna keep my keep my guys sort of black templar imperial fists and just sort of section them off and say they they've kind of kept the original remit but still follow what will i go what what drew you to black shields is sort of like the i guess the codex choice is what i'm going for you know the yeah. the, the rules to play by why, why go that way certainly um the the kind of the driving fluff point um was i was having because i'm the the eo i was having to play traders to even the sides quite a lot so i'm sitting there with uh like imperial fists Templars, Imperial Fists, kind of the loyalists of the loyal um, fighting on the traitor's side. So I had to try and establish a fluff line for that, which is what led to that, that trigger point. But the reason why I jumped onto um, the Black Shields list so hard was that it was just perfectly suited for um, that fluff, for that narrative. Um, they were Orphans of War is the uh, the rorts of war that I use. Nice. Um, and so it, it just fits perfectly. The lists are fantastic. Um, my both my 40k and my 30k um, imagery of my army has always been a a very campaign worn force that's been s- like separated from supply lines for an extended period of time. So they're they're battle worn. Uh, they've got a lot of battle damage, and so the uh, the prior armor, uh, the Corvus Contemptors, um, sorry, the Corvus Contemptors, um, uh, the prior Bolters, all of that sort of stuff fits perfectly. Um, field repairs, that sort of stuff. Um, the lack of HQs uh, is fantastic. Um, I think that kind of the reduced command structure uh, perfectly reflects that kind of that separated nature. Um, and then just a few other. I, I like drop pod lists, um, but I don't like the occasional use of drop pods. I like the all or nothing aspect that it used to be. So the loss of drop pods um, for the black. Uh, for the black shields is fantastic for me. It stops the temptation of just using the occasional drop pods. Um, and then I like foot slogging armies. I've I've always liked foot sloggings. I've got nearly 200 infantry, um, and so kind of doing a a foot tide is is fantastic. Like obviously the the original tactics of Black Templar was the black tide, um, just 20 man squads walking across the field with chaplains and kind of yep, you can shoot me, but you're not going to be able to shoot all of us by the time we get to you, and then we're going to rip your face off. Um, so it, yeah, kind of everything just meshed very, very well, and the black shields give people that opportunity to start doing what they were doing in 40k in creating custom chapters. Uh, mm. It's it's that chance to go, all right, yeah, we were some legion, but we've broken away because of this. We were betrayed here, or we want we got greedy and we want to carve out our own galaxy, or we've been bribed by a rogue trader, and you can start going down that path, but still stay unique and true to the the 30k universe which is growing into such a fantastic um hobby for us isn't it just that sounds so cool i mean i i won't lie i've i mean i'm as you say you're fixed on sort of one one concept one army i i'm I'm currently suffering from some hobby adad adhd at the (laughs) moment um as i as i sit here i have a I have a couple of uh, probably a thousand, uh, 1500 points in my 3000 points left, list left to paint for Scandus, but that's mainly like a Lord of War and some big tanks. Um, but uh, I'm currently sat here converting um, fantasy beastmen over to um, 
over to uh, uh, inducted levies at the nice. moment. So they're all beastmen armed with chainswords and shields at the moment, um, yep. which is kind of cool. But I've been looking, like I said, I've been looking at the Black Shield stuff personally, and there's one one thing I've thought about the Black Shields for, and it's actually doing an Emperor's Children Force, or based on the Emperor's Children Force, but having the, um, the head of the force as Saul Tarbitz. Nice. Because he's kind of left for dead at Istvan 3. Um, and I, from my, remember, my memories of the books, um, there's not a huge amount about him you know when it all goes down when the um there's oh, what's the name the imperator oh. titan basically imperator titan basically plasma detonates you know the um coral city um he's kind of counted off as dead but um i don't remember there being much about him and i just thought wouldn't it be cool now there's black shields out there to go and do a emperor's children loyalist emperor's children force with Saul Tarbitz is the, um, the head of it in a sort of uh, Black Shield story. But, the Emperor's uh, Orphans. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for a name. I like that. Thank you very much. I may just ungraciously <laughs> steal that from you. So that's your third army idea for Scandistan. Fourth. Fourth <laughs> army. Fourth <laughs> army. His fourth yeah. army then. Fourth army. Come on, get I it told right. The, I told you yeah. he, won't, he won't have an, an army for Scandus. I, I intend you to have your world eater drop pod list, Freddy. That's what yeah, I'm counting He's going on. for the bio army. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for the bio army. <laughs> Well, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think um, uh, like the, the, the temptation for more armies is is always there. Like uh, I've always planned a biologist at Mech Army. I even bought models for it and I've unsold them. Uh, Sisters of Silence. I had a five and a half thousand point Imperial Militia which I've unsold. I just know that if I start something though, I can't keep it just as a one and a half thousand point army. <laughs> a super heavy will get added, then another one. And then another detachment, and then it'll become a primary force, and then I may as well use it in 30k apocalypse, and then it's a 10,000 point army, and it's like, ah, oh, shit. Full draw to go, got him again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that they actually changed their site over recently and lost all of your order history, uh, <laughs> because having a multiple page order history was really, really bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> bad as in oh my god how much have I spent or um, oh just yeah. that one or yeah, yeah well I was, was... sorry go on Andrew no I was just saying it was scary it, it, it's terrible when you ring up and go hey it's Andrew from Australia hey hey Andrew yeah, good to hear from you again man so it's like yeah what what order are we fixing up now it's like ah shit <laughs> <laughs> does that sound familiar Freddie I'm just just wondering are you not answering me on that one Freddie well I'm back. Sorry, the phone rang. <laughs> oh, okay, I was gonna, Andrew was just saying that he uh, he uh, orders a lot from Forge World. Is kind of recognised on the phone now. Does that sound kind of familiar? Maybe. Uh, well, uh, not really. I, I used to order on the net. Oh, so <laughs> see your email address. Was, yeah, they probably see my email address. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I did. I think it was like at the beginning of the year. Uh, I was waiting for some documents at work and I was just like, oh, fuck, this is taking forever. And then I started adding up how much I've spent in like the last couple, <laughs> just the last year. And big, then I stopped big, counting. Big because, mistake? <laughs> yeah. It, I, I was shocked. Yeah. 
Yeah. Doesn't feel like that though. See, I can try and justify mine because I do group orders for the community here. Um, but I know deep down that yeah, lies. It's all lies. The, it's the, all the group is just you and the other friends you have in your head. Me and my Praetor and my Centurion and my Dark Herald and yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my Dark Herald needs a new ride. He 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 needs a new ride. So he asked me to order him one. So yeah. yeah. Oh, the new Sokal Pattern Stormbird. Do you want that? Yeah. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'll talk about the when we get move on a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about what we've been up to. I'll mention it, but I, I'll go in a bit more detail. But I got an order three from Forge World, just a small one. But they said, I swear they saw this is like a puny order. Wait, let's fold up the this year's current catalogue and put it in the box for him. <laughs> bastards! Your order was not big enough. Here absolute, is temptation. Yeah, yeah, absolute the, the, bastards. This is, yeah, this is what you missed to order. <laughs> exactly. Are you sure you didn't want them to order the Iron Circle package and stuff like that? Yeah, it's it's like literally. I was just sat there going. I, I was reading through, going, bastards. Why did they put this in? Bastards! And they kept turning the pages and kept going. I want one of them. I want it would be, them. It would, it would be even better if they had marked certain units for you. Like I get the feeling. You get the feeling. Paper. It'd be like, oh, you, so he's an Iron Warriors player, so he's going to need one of these, one of these, circled here, circled here with availability dates. That's how you draw someone in Forge World. You're going to send them a damn catalogue, see what they've ordered, and circle the availability dates on the other stuff. <laughs> I won't have the money, but I'll try and find a functioning kidney to sell. So, yeah, <laughs> Forge World orders are extremely dangerous. Extremely, extremely dangerous. Um, but for- <coughs> Very fun. So uh, that's Andrew introducing himself and me and Freddie rambling a bit. So what I'd like to do now is uh, just go over our social media shout outs. Um, so first of all, uh, follow us on Facebook at the Varangian Heresy Podcast. Come along, give, give the page a like, keep up to date with what's going on. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Varangian Heresy. Email uh, email us at theverangianheresy at gmail.com and you can pick up all our episodes, uh, at least the last couple of episodes. Chris, you'll have to correct me on this one. Uh, on our website, theverangianheresy.blogspot.com. Every episode should be linked by now on the site. You, sir, are a web genius. You really are. Yeah, it takes uh, several minutes to do it, so oh. it's really hard work. It is. I feel, I feel so bad for you as a student having to do that degree of work yeah. when you're not in school. I could also say that our episodes are linked on www.warhammerpodcast.com as well. And that's a collection of horse heresy podcasts on that site with uh, with the Radio Free Istvan and Eye of Horus and Age of Darkness and similar. So all the cool kids are on there basically is what you're trying to say. Yeah. And there's also the audio version of the 30k podcast unite against the chen the mega cost yeah that that one if you, my, don't, want, my, if you my, don't want to download it yeah my phone kind of went two gigs you want to download two gigabytes as a podcast are you sure yes Actually, i think it was like 3.6 gigabytes when it was unpacked on the phone oh great okay <laughs> well fair enough it was like six hours of awesome hobby and banter and Weird shit. At least when we were on, it got and it was uh, str- and it was ri- was ripped uh, direct from the video chat as well. The audio it wasn't compressed, I think. Oh, nice. Oh, that's well, whatever. Why, that's why it's uh, so, such a large file. Ah, fair enough. Well, I think our episode with JP hit hit like two gig. Yeah, some point, which doesn't surprise me. It was five hours long, and we did talk a hell of a lot about the Iron, about Iron Warriors. So it's all good. It was really nice to be sleeping during that episode. 
<laughs> I I was fucking naked after we ended it, like four yeah. in the morning. You and me both, man. I was literally I love talking to JP. We'll do it again in a heartbeat. But my God, the time time split. I was just sitting there at the end, going, I think I need to poke poke something in my eye to keep me awake because <laughs> it's just <laughs> like three in the morning and it's just dropping off. Going, oh my God, I think I'm gonna and I'm back and yeah. But it was very very cool. Um, but for some reason on our social media shout out we have uh, Chris's wish list Ursarax, 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 Ursarax and Ursarax yep is there something we need to talk about at some point Chris by uh, I think we should talk about hobby progress first okay let's let's talk about hobby progress first because that's important so what have, what's everybody been up to should we uh, start with you Freddie uh, I've been working my ass off and um, besides that uh, I'm Slowly painting my black shields. Aha, another black shields. Yep. So what's uh, what are you doing for your black shields, buddy? Tell us a bit about them. Uh, what I'm doing is I am doing Astro Claws. Or um, as I haven't finished the fluff yet, I'm not gonna say anything until I've nailed down the details because it hasn't been that thought out as Andrew's. So <laughs> I'll feel like completely useless if I go through my ideas. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, it's going to be like the origin of the Astro Claws. Because uh, what what I remember from the Bada books or whatnot, the Imperial Armor books, is that they just appear, and so no one really knows where they come from and stuff. So just like Andrew said, that's pretty good then, because it gives me you know, the ability to kind of come up with my own stuff. And then have have the links to 40k anyway, and sort of kind of do the link between 30 and 40k. Ooh, shiny! And it's going to be my Son Metalis uh, force, like my primary Son Metalis force. So you're going for what about 1500 points, thousand points? Yeah, 1500 points. Cool. <coughs> Soft. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, the fun part is this army wasn't planned, and it's my sixth one. <laughs> so. Yeah, but with all due respect, something cool. tells me something tells me that all your six armies added uh, up together probably don't even hit maybe like a quarter of what Andrew's no. got. No, I probably have as much as Andrew has in Dark Angels uh, in boxes unassembled on the addict. But that's where they should sit because you know it's not like they do anything in the Heresy anyway. Nah, don't say that. But it's because forty <laughs> k I have gone through, and then again I, I probably have the same amount in Imperial Guards though. Because that was my first army, and I always gone back and I like, like spontaneously. Every time I thought I was going to go back to 40k, I thought like, oh, I'm going to, you know, re make my Imperial Guards. You know, I'll play another army, but I will buy all these new kits first, and then they're like, oh no, this 40k was boring, so <laughs> kind of drop out again, and then drop back in, and I bought bought like a new starter sets. Tank battalions, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, you just have the random tank battalion box that I ended up giving all the Lemurosses away. <laughs> trade in. Trade in. The end. Yeah, well, I'll trade in. Well, I gave one to JP as well. Ah, oh, fair enough. Well, that's cool. Can't, ha can't help myself. So what's in what's in the Black Shield Force then? What have you actually got model-wise that you're putting together yeah. at least? Uh, well, I have uh, two 13-man squads mm -hmm. with... Um, just uh, a veteran sergeant with a power fist, and then uh, two of those uh, crazy torrent flamers. <laughs> Which that like, what are they call again, Andrew? The 
fucking... Are the Pariah Flamers? Oh, Pariah Flamers. That's, that's right. So I'm all new to this Black Shield stuff. Torrent Flamers. I, I, I don't know the lingo yet. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Pariah Flamers can be um, overpressured, and they I'm pretty sure they gain a strength and they gain the, the Torrent rule, but they also get hot. Um, I haven't used them yet, but I don't use Flamers very much, but yeah, they're, they're pretty awesome. Worth tor- it. Tor- <laughs> wor- oh, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Like, Torrent is madness. <laughs> That's just fucking insane. Same thing. It, it certainly makes entire squads of Flamers a lot more usable being able to Torrent it, because you're not kind of laying the template straight over the, the model and clipping yeah. other models. Um, you yeah. get that kind of free movement. That's really sweet. Yeah, because yeah. I'm think- thinking about doing a, a support squad with uh, flamers as well at some stage so I'll do like so each uh, each of my Marauder squad will have two flamers each flamers going to be my because it's at my zone Metallis force we're kind of going to keep it to flamers so um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have like a tactical support squad with plasma guns one with uh, flamers then two Marauder squads with um, uh, 13 guys in each so one veteran sergeant two flamers mm-hmm. Uh uh, with power fists, then I'll have uh, I'll actually use the Niemen Reaver. What the Niemen Reaver? Yeah, that character, but it's not gonna be like he's got. I'm gonna use him, but I'm gonna name him bif- differently. Yeah. So I'll use nice. his stats and, and rules because I I really like that one, and I kind of done him up. Uh, I kind of painted a guy that you could sort of see that he used to be maybe a dark angel or something because i haven't really decided where the origin of the astro clause is going to come from but but uh because i'm torn between too many choices well maybe you should drop it uh, drop forge world an email and say look you see how much i've bought from you over the years how about you guys do me a solid and give me an idea where the astral clause came from so i can sort my force out yeah, exactly yeah. Uh, <laughs> i don't know and then i'm going to have uh, five auto cannons no, because you need odd cannons and then a tactical support squad of five melted guns. Very nice. So I'm going pretty heavy on the tactical support and yeah. then I'm just doing like one heavy support squad. And then obviously a content, not, not a, a normal box thread with the Hellstorm thingy. The one I'm doing for the box thread challenge. Oh, box the Flamestorm cannon. Yeah. The very then, big and clever clever flame that's taking his own mortalis list, you mean? And yeah, and character-wise, uh, as you can only have one console, I have I have two dudes. I have like an old uh, with Tech Marine, and then I have an old Medicaid. Uh, and I'm not sure. Like e- either I run them as a, like a Forge Lord, what are they called? What are they called? Um, are they called Forge Master of the Forge, something like that. Yeah. So either I run them like that, and I run the other dude as an elite choice, or vice versa, depending on like the narrative in, in the the mission I'm playing. So it might be like, oh, you have to go, the Forge Lord or the Master of the Forge has to go to the Armory and decrypt something, blah, blah, blah. And then I have him as the Consul, or otherwise it's like, oh, they kind of find new recruitments, so then I have the Primus Medicare. So he has to go around and collect the, the Gene Seed. Oh, very cool. So I haven't decided which one I'll run as a main console and which one I'll have as the elite. But I'm I'm kind of leaning towards that's like I'll probably kind of you know once we're not podcasting I'll toss some ideas with you guys if I'm gonna go like that this is the build up like the Astro Clause you started and like the main 
thing is that they're going to recreate their own legion because mm. like they kind of split from the empire and they're, and they're not part of Horus, but they're going to build their own legion and because they have their own kind of ideals on how the imperial truth and how the whole crusade should actually be fought. Yeah. And the way they do that is they, they harvest genes. Like they do raiding missions. So the main task is to collect gears and, and to like, um, get gene seed so they can you know expand their legion i like it i like it a lot so that's just my my draft so far i'll make it a bit more you know fluff fluffy wise later have some you know fancy 30k words fancy 30k words and <laughs> and and stuff yeah and it's, stuff. it's a good it's a good start though <laughs> it's a very good start yeah, sounds solid you don't want to flesh it out too much uh you, you let no, the game start determining okay. stuff yeah, no, and I still want to keep certain things as part of the fluff. Certain things should still be kind of mysteries. Yeah. So yeah. It, it'll be more like in book six, where where they don't really know about what they're doing, like what they're coming, like the ones that killed all the night lords and stuff. Like it's kind of like a, an unknown legion, and then the whole message there, like uh, uh, like compliance done at blah blah blah. Uh, so many new inductees have been drafted to the legion. Know. Yeah. The, the second crusade is, uh, you know, going according to plan. I love uh, that, but uh, yeah, I like, I like, I like it. I want to keep it a little bit secret, a little bit guessing. Yeah, definitely, I like so, it. So the plan with writing the fluff will be kind of similar, so that they notice these astro claws are coming up, and they notice that their their prime target has been collecting like uh, military vehicle or hardware, and uh, and they don't care if they attack loyalists or traitors. Because they want kind of, they want to take the gene seed. Yeah. Very and cool, they, man. Yeah, and then like they burn all, like the flamers are like because they burn all their traces, like they've been there trying to get rid of like any traces that they've been on the planet. Kind of like a wet work team almost. Yeah. Not that we're saying you might have any sort of understanding about that in your background or anything like that, but you know. <laughs> oh, I, I I used to listen to the word wet. <laughs> you you signed up for you signed up for wet work and then were disappointed when you found out it wasn't porn is what you're saying. No, exactly. So wh- wh- where are these showers? <laughs> where are these you guys are getting people? really kinky. I'm not sure I'm into it this much. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. We'll, we'll tone it back a bit. We'll, we'll stop being so euro trash for you. That's all right. So anyway, so that's my hobby progress so far. Actually, I think maybe we maybe before we go any further, Andrew, is there a safe word you'd like us to use, or you'd like to use, <laughs> like escalation all good, all maybe, good. or es- escalation or something along those lines? I don't know. De-escalate. Tim and Michael have kind of uh, broken open my mind to a, a very large degree, so it's all good. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we want to talk to you more than just once, so we'll, we'll be we'll be nice. <laughs> Don't suddenly want to find out. Oh, I've been blocked on those thirty. K- oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, fair point. Okay, <laughs> and move along. <laughs> um, cool, Chris, what are you working on, brother? Well, I've uh, been working on the box thread mm-hmm. for the challenge. I am almost done with the lower part of the legs. It uh, takes a bit more thought than I initially imagined. I've been quite uh, ill this week, so it's not been much done. Oh, dude, that sucks. Yeah, feel, I also did, better. Yeah, I also did up ten bases for my Medusa Immortals. 
Where's my tutorial? I want to see this. Well, you can have a tutorial when I'm done with the large base. Yes, boss. <laughs> <laughs> I have you could been, like it. <laughs> I have actually been uh, collecting photos for that, but I'm trying out the same technique on the 32 mil bases for the immortals, and it looks quite good. Sweet. Yeah, I did, did uh, my usual thing and built 10 unique bases for them instead of just doing three designs or buying bases. So. That's a good way of doing it. It's all about the hobby. Yeah. Hello, we'll see. cat. We'll see how many of them I actually managed to build in the end. But Just in case anybody wonders where there might be some background purring at the moment. Um, That'd be me. Okay, that's Freddy. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, because now my cat's just left the room. Yeah. <laughs> came, up, lick, came up, licked the microphone, and then walked off again. It's like, okay. <laughs> good evening to you too, cat. That's <laughs> like my pre-recording ritual. Okay, I'm glad, glad you shared that with us, Freddie. Fair enough. Thanks for that. Uh, okay. That's, that's, that's basically it. Kind of like licking the ear of every audience member. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you, hang on, you gave us some credit for taking, <laughs> taking it weird. What the hell, man? <laughs> hang on, did that mean we just win? Did we win? I don't, I don't know how this works out. I'm taking that as a win, goddammit. Um, so, Andrew, what have you been up to hobby-wise this week? Um, I've actually finally got motivated to do a bit of um, modelling. Um, so while I don't paint, I really actually enjoy modelling and converting. Um, but I've been in a bit of a, a rut lately and just couldn't get motivation to build stuff. Um, but with the, the conversion over to Black Shields, it seems to have inspired a bit more. So I'd, I managed to finish off um, my three Leviathans. Um, I've magnetised their arms. I got... Um, a unit of Castellax and a unit of Thalax completed, but I'm using uh, third-party models from Albino Raven. Ooh, um, okay. So they're kind of a lot more uh, robotic, Romanesque, um, kind of like uh, Lucius pattern to, to Mars pattern. So they're a lot more angular, um, while the, the, the Forge World Thalax and Castellax are more rounded and organic, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I was trying to get 20 Templar Brethren completed, and I virtually had them done, and then I found some nice breaching shields uh, from another third-party provider, and I put one on, and it's like, ah, oh, they'll make really good Phalanx Waters. So now they're Phalanx Waters, and now I've got to build another 20 Templar Brethren. So. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens, man. Um, That's how it happens. And then again, with the, the conversion to the Black Shields, I've started plans to build 60 Marauders um, in uh, Pariah armor. Um, I wasn't comfortable running my Marauders in... Basically, all of my tacticals are in Mark III, mm -hmm. so they look as bulky as fuck. Um, so that doesn't really suit the Pariah armor aesthetics. Um, plus, I want to give them all chain axes, and I don't really want to snap arms off and send a single arm to my painter. So um, I'll... Uh, building them, and then just building a couple of HQs, like a Pravian. Um, I think I'm going to do a Dynac conversion to make a Pravian. And then, again, uh, like Freddy, I'm going to do a, a Nemean Reaver. Um, I very rarely run special characters, um, but when I do, I like doing like what Freddy's done and come up with my own name and background for them. Yeah. Um, so, trying to do a bit of a, a Nemean Reaver conversion with the uh, the greatsword from the the fantasy greatsword empire kit. Uh, nice. The the flamberge. Mm, really um, nice piece of kit that is actually. 
Yeah, uh, and that's about it. Apart from like EOing and keeping other things up to date, I've actually gotten to do some modelling, which is cool. Wow, very nice. Sounds really awesome. I know that whole ah, oh, these suddenly look better as something else. <laughs> hobby, oh, hobby it's issues. Painful. It's painful, but you know, then, then the army looks better because you go, yeah, that's where they're meant to be. But ah, oh, shit, now I've got to go do something else. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it happens. It happens way too often <laughs> for my life. <laughs> I do stuff. It's like, oh yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Crap. It's like all of the spare parts that are now being used by the Templar Brethren were slated for sale, and it's like, oh, okay, that'll top the slush fund up a little bit. So instead of kind of having a couple of hundred dollars go in, that vanishes, and then another couple of hundred dollars gets spent on parts to make them into full models like oh crap <laughs> I, I had a plan god damn it why did I not stick to it <laughs> yes because I fail as a human being because I see shiny things that want to buy them don't judge me yeah oh. that dull goodness of resin mm, resin goodness uh, yes sorry yes I, I am there I am there with you um, I guess it's I guess that means it's my turn then uh, that's right yeah, um, so what have I been doing? I haven't been doing a huge amount, uh, mainly because I've spent the majority of this week prepping for and being stuck in a field doing um, an event, uh, catering event, with work. Um, we had 20, 23,000 people show up at the event, and we fed half of them um, over two days. So we did basically 20-some-odd thousand... Uh, uh, oh. 15,000 plates of food, I think, is what the final count went in at, which uh, isn't a small amount when you think about it. Um, so we've been doing the washing up today. Good God, that was fun. Um, or I say we. I, I didn't touch it. Though we had other people do that, and um, I just did the other part of the business, which I was quite happy with. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> so I've, I've not done a huge amount. I, uh, I have, however, got a Forge World order in, which I'm very happy with. It's only a small one. Uh, but I managed to pick up a packet of um, Volkite chargers and a set of the brass etch for the Iron Warriors. And for some reason, I thought the brass etch sheet was going to come in bigger. I don't know why. And when I got it, I was like, oh, okay, that's it. And then I went and put up against models and went, oh, oh, okay, that's it. That works. <laughs> and it's, it's just stunning stuff. It really is. And I've been playing around with my... Um, my beastmen converting some more over. I'm just finishing up another three now in between painting my Iron Warriors Breacher Sergeant. And um, yeah, I think I've got about uh, 25 of them done now. And uh, one converted Minotaur for uh, Ogryn. And yeah, they're my, my slow burn project. Um, and by slow burn, that probably means that I'm going to stick all my ADD time into it. And um, yeah, so I've been doing that. Oh, and uh, and thanks to uh, a, a very fair business trade with Chris, I now happen to have um, a Sakaran Venator. No, not Venator, just a Sakaran tank. Regular Sakaran. Regular Sakaran, which <laughs> yeah, I'm not complaining about. It's freaking awesome, um, and it is currently sat in a, a huge tub of simple green, about I don't know, 18 inches from my head, and um, bubbling away nicely and getting cleaned. Uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully oh, well it'll get there i just you know don't want to make the mistake i made in the past and just accidentally putting um a piece of forge world resin in um red spirits 
<laughs> and then <laughs> taking it out and watching it melt in my fingers. Because high alcohol, high alcohol content is great when you're trying to clean plastic miniatures or metal miniatures, not resin or, miniatures. Or drinking. Or drinking. Well, that's kind of a given. Um, <laughs> so what are you drinking tonight, Freddie? Uh, Samuel Adams, Boston Ale. Ah, okay. No, no absinthe tonight then. No, 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 no. I bought a bought a slab, so I'm bringing two six packs for uh, my gaming session with uh, Chris tomorrow. Ah. Yeah. So he drinks half today and half tomorrow then. Exactly. Yeah. So in other words, <laughs> what he's saying is you're not seeing any of it, Chris. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, enjoy the sounds of him drinking the beer supply. Yep. yep. Which I think is only fair, you know. Um, so yeah, that's sort of been my my hobby stuff over over this week and uh, planning out a few things starting actually starting to plan uh, a, a list for a potential appearance at Adepticon as well Ooh. yeah well I'm, I'm taking uh, taking a list on that I think could be a lot of fun uh, do, we, do we even know the points for Adepticon no but I'm going at two and a half thousand and seeing where we go from there but uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at a, a certain fourth legion drop pod list maybe. Well, you got ah. the one drop pod now. Well, I've, and I, that goes with my other drop pod as well, so mm. I have two of them. So I'm like a part of the way there. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I think that's all the hobby talk. Has uh, anybody got anything else they wanted to add in the hobby talk section? No. Nope. Nope. No. Fair enough then. Should we move on to Ursa? I mean, use Chris. Yep. How many times have you put Ursarax in our show notes? Not as many as I put it in the post on our Facebook page. Yeah, fair point. That was a little. Um... But that was basically copy paste, so I can't really be credited writing it. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah. Um, okay, so there's a lot of them in, in front of me right now. So if you hear the word Ursarax pop up, it's Chris's fault, is all I'm saying. Which, you know, but they, but they are lovely and they're finally out or for pre-order. So do you, do you want to talk about them, Chris? Should we talk about them? Actually, no. Let's talk about the other news first. Yeah, that's uh, more important actually. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, there's no actual other Forged World related or stuff or nope. anything really to talk about unless we want to talk about Age of Sigma. And I'd rather, um. Yeah, not not a good word. Not a good word. It's it's much polite than I was going to say. You'd rather have a sexual encounter with an Ursarach than talk about Asian Sigma. Yeah, they just dual wield power fists. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Point taken. Exactly. I prefer that over. Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely prefer that over uh, Age of Sigma, if I'm honest. Um, sorry to all the Age of Sigma fans out there, but you know, I'm not. I'm not sorry at all. Uh, you have offended two people now. Hey, it could be three. It could be three. Greg, Dan could be listening. Love you, Greg. Really do. But um, not a big fan of Age of Sigma at all. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, come on, Chris. Tell us about Ursa, actually. We wanted to do this the whole whole pre-episode and yeah. up now. So tell us about them. Well, I'm over it now. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Uh, don't, don't fuck around like that, man. Come on. Well, uh, the Ursarax are basically the melee version of the Talax, because mm. they ha they have they switch the weapon skill and ballistic skill for those two. So they have a uh, weapon skill four, I think, and ballistic skill three. They're quite nice. They come with uh, you can either equip them with lightning claws or power fists. The power fist is an upgrade. Uh, 
They're, they're, I think they're jump infantry, right? Not yet, yet back. Okay. Yep. And uh, they're quite interesting because they have been they have been out with uh, the books for quite long, especially since the Mechanicum book was released. Mm-hmm. And we saw previews of them, I think, at uh, the Weekender, or if it was the Midwinter Fest thing that Games Workshop themselves had. The one that where is stole. Stole Some, Korax. Yeah, Stole Korax. So there were no special releases for... Uh, uh, what is it called? Fort will open? Uh, they yeah, were seriously open. Yeah. So they have been out uh, as uh, 3D renders and uh, concept models for quite a long time. And, uh, yeah. Now they exist for you. Yeah. And they they feel like quite nice niche there with uh, the Power Fists and being able to jump around at will. And they also have a chest-mounted mount- Volkite incinerator that has two profiles, where one is me- is a melee range one- range attack. That uh, basically means that they are grabbed by the claws of the Urserax and then Volkite in the f- in the fa- face. Okay, so we grab hold of you and then we basically thrust Volkite at you, is what you're saying? Mm, more or less. So it has has it has instant death and stuff like that. If I'm not misremembering. Jesus, that sounds horrible. So is it uh, initiative power fist or go last power fist? I'm actually going to look that up because since they haven't been out, I haven't played with them, so I haven't memorized the rules. Ah, pretty sure the power fist upgrades are still at um, uh, unwieldy. Just regular power fists. Oh, thank God for that, because that would be freaking wrong. Yeah, otherwise I'll start getting worried. <laughs> yeah, we get uh, very worried. The Volkind the incinerator is either a beam weapon that's... Uh, Range 10, strength 5, AP 5, assault 2, def- deflagrate. Or a, blo- or a blast that's uh, range, uh, well, no range then. And you have strength 6, AP 2, melee, instant death, and prisoned. And prisoned is basically that uh, that you can only use it in uh, melee and with the, against infantry, jump infantry, or jetpack infantry types. Okay, so you can't walk up and hug a hug a bane blade or something. Oh, and that would be quite pointless with. Yeah, but you, you or a <laughs> dreadnought or something along those lines. So you can only do it against other types of infantry. Uh-huh. Fair enough. But it's still basically drop down, hug the enemy, and then blast them in the face with volkite. Do I remember rightly? You pointed out to me that one of them has an extremely camp angled claw as well. Yeah, one of them actually do. If you look at the first picture on the virtual site, the one down to the right, and that's the only one that doesn't have a 360 view, so it actually looks like it has a really camp left hand. Yeah. Uh, guys, can you give me one second? I just need to pause for a second. Uh, <laughs> my little girl's screaming from the next room. Give us a second. Yep. There you go. Joy of parenting. <laughs> Uh, two months, and then I'll be knowing that. Uh, uh, see, there you go. So, hobby time went from, you know, endless to... Uh-huh. <laughs> almost non-existing. Time zones won't matter, though. So. Uh, exactly, that's true. You're just so what, up all the time. So do you know what you're having? Oh, uh, boy. Oh, there we are. Good. Yeah. Join the club. Boy. It's all about the boys. Yeah, it's uh, very exciting. For some reason, they love your toys. 
But at least I got use of all my old 40k dudes. I just gave them to my kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm, mm. I'm wondering how I'll go with that. I'm pretty possessive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm back, guys. Uh, hey. Yeah, sorry, my my the cat who interrupted the episode earlier went in and said hello by clawing at my daughter's face and feet. So yeah, sounds like a cat. Yeah, yeah it does. complete cunt basically. Um, oh, by the way, congratulations on the little boy, Andrew. Uh, Cheers, man. <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got a little boy. His bir- it was his third birthday today, actually. So uh, we had uh, we had we had cake and scare electrics, which was just awesome. So yeah, that that that's a yeah. Welcome to Club Dad. It's a fun club to be in. Um, but yeah, I heard Freddie mentioning old 40k models. They're great. They're great to give the old ones away to. <laughs> Although my my daughter's actually the painter in the of the two of them, and she's uh, painted up. I've got a sniper that's painted up in rainbow colours. So if he wants to hide at the end of a rainbow, it's fine. <laughs> but it's not too bad, you know. She she but he, the brush went for it. He's hunting leprechauns. That's why. Well, is he part of the Rainbow Marines? Then quite Rainbow probably, Warriors. Quite probably a Rainbow Warrior, actually. Yeah, it could be. Could be. We'll have to see. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so cool. Anyway, thanks for thanks for the pause there, guys. Um, I'm just gonna put, let's see now because uh, I'm gonna pop off line after the intro because my headache is acting up again. And your headache acting up again. And I rather rest and be able to play tomorrow than <laughs> stay up and and not, talk to us. Oh, uh, stay, stay up and not be able to make it out of bed tomorrow. That's all right. We'll have more bandwidth for Andrew. Yeah. Oh, that's harsh, Freddy. That's all the bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the bandwidth. Your bandwidth belongs to us. Um, okay, cool. Well, we'll do the. We'll do. Are you okay to do uh, Jones's list and then? Yeah, we can do Jens's list and then we can just and take a break and you can head off and get some get some rest and then go and enjoy a day of thirty k tomorrow. And there's a yep. dog on my microphone. If you wonder what the noise is. We've had a dog and a cat. It's the eternal battle. Yeah. The battle of the species. Fair enough. Okay, so yeah. let's come back in. Um, give me one second just to walk aside. My fantastically detailed notes of how to edit. In, out, in, out, and at the end, I, every episode I still write Shake It All About, which just... Yeah, I need to grow up a little bit. Um, 0, 1, 55. 55. Okay, so... Coming back, uh, Chris, you got the, um, what do you call it, ready? You got the fluff there to have? I got the fluff ready. Cool, okay. So, coming back in three, two, one. Well, as we've now sort of had a, just a chat about the uh, Cerax, and that's pretty much everything that they've released, that Forgeworld have released at the moment, we're going to go straight on to um, the host list. Uh, part of the show but today we're not doing a host list we're actually uh we've actually received some information uh, a list from our uh, sister podcast northern heresy and jens has sent over his list for scandus that we get to uh, go through fluff whack pull apart and prepare for because uh those who listened to the last episode will understand that we laid down a challenge to them that uh, the Varangid Heresy will take on the Northern Heresy on one of the gaming tables as part of the uh, the Scandis event. I didn't hear anything in the last episode about that. I don't know if I, we, we missed on recording times or something, or if I missed that in their episode, but... 
It well, might uh, be not yeah. not really overlapping with their recording times and our recording times and release dates. So, but I heard from Jensen; he's up for it, so it's all good. Good, good. I was a bit worried that they were going to so we'll do the whole, whole webcast, fucking the whole bells and whistles of that. A whole a whole we'll, showdown. We'll have a share squad, you know, barely, barely legal girls jumping around with the pom poms, going go at the Varangi and heresy. Of course, of course. Somehow, I actually believe, I think it's uh, you, Freddy, that will r- jump around in those clothes. And, go, go, yeah. heresy, go, go. Yeah. Yep, maybe. Maybe. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll be just walking around with the loincloth. Not, not, you... one of, not one of the onesies we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I thought uh, we, no. That we too po- is barely legal. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about uh, po- uh, in so many ways. In so many ways. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Chris, you were saying? I was just uh, thinking, didn't we talk about uh, onesie for Freddy on the first cast we did? We, uh, I think we did, actually. Yeah, there we was kind of having, trying to get into pubs with uh, the one, the onesie on. Yeah. yeah. You but, you know, seeing as the I've always said, they, they've kind of done the whole, they have like a, a little gift store there, but they haven't tapped into the onesies. So we could, we have a niche market. So we can with do the Varangian Bra- 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 heresy onesies. Yeah. Which uh, actually, before we go on to Jens's list, reminds me, um, should have done it as part of the social media shout out. But if you guys are interested in one of uh, taking one of our or having uh, a pair of our Varangian Heresy podcast stickers, send us an email to varangianheresy at gmail.com with your postal address, not an email address, a postal address, and we will send them out to you. Um, free stickers. And I think they look rather awesome. I think you've done a great job with those, uh, Freddie and Chris. Um, I, I just suggested the ideas, and these guys made it happen. So, you know, I take all the credit. Um, this is the only way. Yeah. <laughs> Love you too, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, enough said about that, the better. Um, but, yeah, there's that. And I realized, actually, something we were going to talk about in the news section, but I haven't talked about. I think it's kind of important, and that is, we have we pro- I promised, so we've kind of had to follow through on it, that we would announce some details about our upcoming event, and we are going to go through them in more detail in our uh, section in the wrap up about events. But we would like to announce that the Scorpio Insurrection. Uh, also known as Betrayal and Barbecue, will be taking place in the end of the April-May window of 2017. It'll be taking place here in Sweden at uh, my place of work, Farm Shack Barbecue. Come and have a look at it on Facebook to get an idea of what we're talking about. And we'll go over some details uh, in the or more details, like I said at the end. But we're having a two-day event. It's uh, going to be uh, individual and uh, paired up event uh, with some fun fluff stuff running through Oz30K um, for the build up of the event. And guys, what other details am I missing here? Come on, help me out here. Uh, live well, map. Live map. That's one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's one. Live map, uh, mission specific tables. Yeah. Table specific missions. <laughs> and uh, we have a plan for two and a half thousand points with uh, two days of uh, gaming. Yeah. With, uh, Swiss uh, pairing on the first day, and uh, then we have a team. Or, well, 
Swiss yes, team pairing pair. teams. Yeah, and pair, pair, pair. What do you call it? No au pairs. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no au pairs, uh, but uh, team games on the second day. Yeah. yeah. Where you team up with a mate or a random person, if you prefer. Well, we, we're going to see how we're going to run that one, whether we use the Swiss system to help divide it out or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun, a fun two-day event over here in Sweden. We are aiming, uh, it's a bit adventurous, but we're aiming for 40 players. So there'll be 20 tables of heresy going on. So we'd like to see that happen, and we're going to reach out to as many different communities as we can to make it happen. And, um, yeah, so we'll talk... More details about that in the wrap-up later on, but I remembered that we had it, and I didn't want to miss it out. So, yeah, now we can go back to Jens' list. Sorry, Jens, we, we did get back to you in the end. Um, so let, let's talk Jens' list. So, Christopher, how about you take us through the fluff? Yeah, we got a short fluff, and it seemed to be linked to the Escalation campaign. Ooh, nice. Actually, and it uh, starts like this. The 14th Expedition Fleet, named the Armageddon Host by the Emperor himself, have been fighting in the Galactic East since the beginning of the Great Crusade. Masters of, of armored assault and close fleet support actions, they walk through the fire and flames to purge their enemies with bolt shell and blade in the name of the Emperor. Kamuel, highest ranking Master of the Powers, have only recently been promoted to leadership following the after actions of the Rangdan Senocide where the former master fell in single combat with the lieutenant king of the alien hordes. A firm believer in overwhelming force and rapid deployment, he leads the armored spearhead from his personal Spartan Spear of Destiny, while his lieutenant Arcos calls in pinpoint barrages from the fleet flagship Ark of Sorrows from his command Rhino. Camel's fleet was resupplying at Thunger Metallicus, its vast stores of Promethium and material being sequestered for the First Legion when the traitor forces hit. Putting up defensive positions in the north and marches, they will sally forth from the strongest like True Knights of Caliban. Then begins the long mar- march to the throne wa- world. So this is the start of his fluff, basically. Oh, very nice. I guess he will add to it after the, the escalation campaign. I like it. I like it a lot. So... Shall I read through the list of what he's actually got in there? Yeah, considering how well well spoken I am today, please read through. <laughs> okay, not a problem at all. So we have, because uh, obviously Freddie reads the show notes and knows exactly what we're talking about here, right, Freddie? Uh, the notes. Okay. Um. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll read. Um. So we have the Armageddon host, uh, Legion of Astartes Crusade, uh, Army List, Aid of Darkness, three thousand points. Starting off with the HQs, we've got Damocles Command Rider. Uh, then a Legion Centurion with a scimitar jet bike and heavy bolter. Uh, melter bombs, molecular acid shells. Ooh, very tasty. Uh, power armor and a psychic, a uh, psycho. Ooh, level two psychic. It's a librarian. It's a librarian, yeah, with a refractor field. Very shiny. Uh, then a Legion Praetor, uh, Califracto Terminator armor, combi weapon, power blade, power weapon, uh, digi lasers, mastercrafted weapon, paragon blade, and a Volco charger. Very nice. Um, and he's running the Iron Wing Protocol. Ooh, that should be, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, so his troops, we have uh, one Legion Breacher Squad, 10-man Breacher Squad, and they have all their trimmings, including uh, the Sergeant with the Calibrite Warblade, uh, Melter Bombs, and a Land Raider Phobos as a dedicated transport. Uh, then we've got a Legion Tactical Squad in a Rhino, uh, again, Calibrite Warblade 
on the sergeant with artificer armor and then a tactical support squad um running with the sergeant uh, Artificer Artifice Armor, Bolter, Augury Scanner, and Plasma Guns. Ooh, very nasty, Jones, um, on that squad as well. Moving on to his elites, he's got a Legion Terminator squad, and he is running uh, four Terminators and a Sergeant in uh, Cataphracti. Uh-huh. Yep, thank you very much. Power Fists, Thunder Hammers, and Vol- three Volkite Chargers, and they are riding in a Spartan Assault Tank. Um, so casual Spartan and then in fast attack he's got a Legion jet bike uh, Skyhunter squadron uh, again with molecular acid shells and in his heavy support he's got a Predator uh, strike squadron uh, with two Predators in there one with an execution plasma cannon and machine spirit and one with a heavy conversion beamer um, then we've got a Linda, uh, Vindicator's tank squadron bloody hell um so two uh, Vindicator tank uh, laser destroyers. And then the Leviathan, he's got a Legion uh, Leviathan Siege Dreadnought Talon with a Leviathan in a drop pod. And that Leviathan is running, what is he running on there as weapons for that bad boy? Uh, Meltalance and uh, ah. regular, regular weapon, I think. The- Meltalance and Snippy Claw, basically. And that is 3,000 points of Dark Angels of Doomy, Doomy, Gloom and Gloom from the skies. So, what do we think? What do you think, Chris? Uh, I'm going to be intrigued to play against this. I'm surprised that they didn't put down his casual glaive in the list. Yeah, there's no casual glaive, but I think that's painted up as a a word uh, world eater at the moment. So. That might be why we're missing everything out. I'm missing it out of this list right now. Otherwise, it's uh, well, it fits the fluff is written <laughs> at least. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I don't know about the conversion beamer predator together with the plasma executioner. Though. No, the conversion beamer is quite uh, annoying to use considering the op- optional, optimal length length or distance you have to use it from. Yeah. Okay, so would there be a suggestion instead there then maybe or just run two conversion beamers, Jens? Yeah. Don't be a don't be a girl. Yeah. Don't, be a, you, don't be a pussy man. Run two. Then, then I can sit, sit back and uh, just uh, sit back and shoot instead of because uh, they are not really designed to be um, who, move um, and shoot. Hasn't one got power of the machine spirit? Let's have a look. Uh, yes, the executioner has got power of the machine spirit. Yep. Yep. So they can fire at separate targets. Ooh. Oh. Good call. Good there catch, go. Andrew. See, we have people on the show who know what the hell they're talking about. They just happen to be guests. <laughs> yeah. This is important. It is an important thing. Okay. So that, that has some flexibility there, then. Yeah. What's the range of the plasma executioner? Is range ever going to be an issue? Because you want to be like kind of uh, far away with the conversion beam. Isn't it around like I range 36? For the executioner? Yeah. Yeah. What's the optimal range for the commercial beamer? Seventy-two. Yep. The, the best. Yep. The best profile. At least yeah. seventy-two. So the executioner will be playing um, close point guard. So the yeah. conversion beamer will be picking off long range, and the executioner will just um, guard him. But that doesn't mean you can't use the conversion beamer on a shorter. <laughs> no, no, this is true. Because 
even on the shortest one, it has uh, well, it's strength six AP dash heavy one blast three inch. So technically, it can kill something at least, depending on what you're facing. Yep. Yeah, because they could kill some troop, uh, troops or something. 42 inches uh, plus is the strength 10 AP1. So that's yeah. the optimal range for it. So optimal is 42 inches is what you're saying? Yeah, 42, in, 42 plus. Okay. Well, 42 to 72 because I'm surprised if you manage to be further than 72 inches away. Okay. If possible. Oh. But <laughs> oh, yeah. What's a vehicle uh, squadron got to keep in coherency? Four inches. Yeah. Use four inches for vehicles. Memory serves. Yep. Yeah. Four inches, that takes it up to 40. Yeah, you'd, you'd nearly be able to fire at the same target and squad. Okay. Just about. Optimal range for both. Hmm. So, well, that's not as bad as it could be, then. Yeah, it's right. I'm just happy I don't have to face two conversion beam miss. So it's really uh, I had a, well, I had a kind of a trial army going for scanners with four, so... Oh, yeah, but we know how you feel about actually having friends, Chris. Yeah, but, yeah that's why I don't have four conversion beamers. I just have a warhound and two knights. Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing says friends like that. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I, I, I like the list, though. Yeah, he's me too. Like, you know, he's he's going full in with the you know the Calibanite warbades on like almost every sergeant. I think or was it every sergeant even. Almost not everyone, but most of them. Did you yeah, mention then, it's a jetpike squad as well? Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, because I might uh, think that uh, he might have a librarian guarded by them. Yeah. And that's yeah. quite a classic Dark Angels tactic as well. Actually, yeah, as a 40k Dark Angels player, yeah, it really is. Bikes, bikes, librarian, off you go, have fun. Yeah, and it's... Uh, that's well, a quite nice, nice touch. Yeah. yeah. That's me, cool. Cool to play against, which we hopefully will be. Oh, we will be, I think. And it's nice that he remembered to take the dread the dreadnought drop pod for the Leviathan, because otherwise it would be quite uh, annoying to walk it up the table with the melt lance. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a long walk to get that to do something, basically. Yeah. yeah. Does it have uh, phosphix grenades on it? I'm going to check... Uh, uh, nope, no, no Fox Because from uh, running my two Leviathans, I can say Phosphex is the king shit. Fuck me dead. Like, uh, I remember having Pong. killed like an entire unit of uh, Salamander Terminators with Phosphex. That was Seriously? Strong. Yeah, you should. There's like a, there's a one shot of three templates. So you put them down, and I managed to get the spreads. I covered the entire squad, and he was unlucky with his uh, invulnerable saves. I was going to say, that, that had to be some unlucky rolling. Yeah, but I did uh, heaps of, like, because they just uh, uh, deep striked, so they were all, like, nice and clustered. Ouch. Yeah, that's going to leave a mark. <clears throat> so they, it was, like, multiple times on, on models and shit. Ow. Well, it was gonna... sex delicious. There was some Fulgrim feeling in there, was there? Yeah, there was some Fulgrim love. I need to get I need to get an Empress Children Leviathan. You really do, because that's just snippy claw fun. Snippy claw fun. Shouldn't that right. just be? Shouldn't that just be like two siege drills done? Yeah, but I, I know because <laughs> I, uh, yeah. so you can go up and drill targets yeah. in close combat. No, I, I was thinking about doing a conversion with the snippy claws and actually put in uh, like the Phoenix Spears blades. Ooh. Instead of the snippy claw. 
That's kind of cool. I like the sound yeah, of that. That's uh, what I did for my Blood Angels Contemptor. I used the lightning talons from the regular kit yeah. instead of the fingers. Mm-hmm. It looks quite good with uh, yeah. straight blades where there is really isn't blades in the regular. Well, I used the uh, the chainsword bayonets for uh, instead of fingers on my um, uh, World Eater ones, just to make them into a chain fist. Yeah. I gotta try and come up with something. <laughs> you should start your box thread, really. I gotta earn some money before I order it, so yes, I will. And, and Andrew needs to build a box thread and convert it and then commission it to get it painted and yeah, join, the part, join the challenge. <laughs> and, and win uh, Fulgrim uh, pillows. Yes. Yeah. That's the international price. That's yeah, the international that is, price. Yeah, the international price is a set of Fulgrim, Fulgrim pillows. Nice. <laughs> Not I want to put my head Fulgrim. on Fulgrim's lap. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm. Are, you, yeah. Are, you a, are you an Empress Children fanboy? Well, then, this is the prize for you. <laughs> rest, your, rest your head where you're pri- the Primark. Of- well, you know, it's Fulgrim in the sheets. There you go. Yeah, that's true. It is the motto. It is what we live by. Or, well, maybe not live by, but aspire to. Because, you know, it, we have I hope you notice how I went, like, uh, you know, silent there for a little bit. I'm not saying a word. I'm not saying right. I'm not judging. So, like, I really like his fluff, though. And I like how, like, just the way that Andrew described it before, like, he's he's actually leaving room for it to, to evolve as he's gaming. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm actually, it's going to be like one of those things, like, on, uh, I, on uh, like, OS 30K, you see you start it, and then you can st- keep reading and see what happens. Yeah. Because I love those armies that I find there, that I, when I go trolling for armies to get some ideas. That reminds me, I really need to update mine, I feel. Uh, I actually need to write mine. Uh, <laughs> that would be useful too. Um, but yeah, no, I like that. I, I like that. I like the fact he's gone with that, that sort of uh, breathing space, I think is a good term maybe. Uh, and it, he's taking advantage of the Escalation League as well to make his fluff for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that's a cool idea. I mean, we've, we've heard on the episode what it can be, what it can do for your army, you know, with what, what's happened for Andrew. So I think that's that's yeah. very very cool. Um, but overall, actually talking about the list itself and gameplay, um, mi- oh, it looks like minimal squads of troops, all of them in, in some sort of second skin armor. Um, yeah, but the, that's why there are probably are minimum squads. Yeah, because of cost and all that sort of and stuff. And you can't, can't if you take a rhino, you can only fit a ten man tactical squad in it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I like it. I like the, I, lo- I like the jet bikes. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them in game. I wonder um, if he's gonna change them for the heavy support ones when the next book hits. Yeah, I, I was wondering. Is that, do you guys think that's a misprint, or do you think that's actually legit? Is that a well, legit thing? There is. A, it is on the back of the book, so it probably should be in there. Well, yeah, I mean, is that are we gonna see heavy support bikes? Is that the thing? Is that a thing or? Well, what was the, that was in an update in a bulletin, right? Yeah. And uh, well, it, that's basically a photo of the back of the book. So I guess that's the thing then, is what we're saying. Yeah, same with. Uh, but uh, what I'm wondering is, what the fuck? What kind of heavy weapons will they have, considering the the jet bikes <laughs> already? Last cannons. Uh, maybe less maybe they used to have a, a three man, three bike unit with uh, three heavy weapons. Yeah. Quad mortars. 
Yeah. Don't remember well, quad motors on there. Or actually, maybe it will be, you know, have the Javelin land speeders, so it will be like them, but on jet bikes. Could be. Mm. So you so could pro- probably last kind of, yeah, or, or uh, missile launchers uh, or multi-melters. Or actually, you can have multi-melters on that one. So yeah, yeah miss, missile launchers and last cannons. I don't know what other heavy weapons you could put on there that you aren't... And just the option for every single bike in a squad to... To have them instead of one in three, one yeah. in three yeah. on jet bikes normally is it? Yeah. They might get like a special yeah, rule so. as well, like tank hunter. Ah, oh wait, actually, you know what it could be? I think Andrew is on something there. What if it is like how you have tactical marines and you have tactical support marines, and yeah. if you do like a heavy squad, that's a squad where you it probably comes in the heavy support slot, and every single bike gets a heavy weapon. Well, so it's more like a heavy heavy support infantry squad than. Yeah, so that it's like a he- heavy they do suit. something, some, something silly, and they can all have a power fist. <laughs> heavy support handshake squad. Is that, we're gonna, we're gonna on a jet handshake. bike. On a jet bike. Uh, maybe I don't know. But they move. Didn't the, the Legion Melkador assault tank used to be a Lord of War? Uh, I don't yeah. know. It did, did it? Yeah, used to be Lord of War. Yeah, because that's uh, heavy support in that book. Oh, okay. So Which is that... excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you it just never got how... taken. I was going to say, that's <laughs> how many you have. How excellent is that exactly? <laughs> that's right. No, it was just it was a, a mini super, uh, and kind of you weigh it up and you kind of look at the Malkador and you look at the Typhon. And it's like everybody takes the Typhon hands down. Um, yeah, but if you can but, have both, that's even better. Yeah, the Malkador just doesn't act like a, a Lord of War. Um, it, it's good that hopefully it will keep the super heavy uh, listing like they have done in, I, I think it's the Militia or Solar Auxiliary, one of the two. Yeah, it's a fast um, tank as well, so that's quite nifty. Yeah, just fantastic. You, you move it 12 inches, fire its main battle cannon, and then you can uh, move flat out back behind cover. And because it's a small tank, it's got a very small profile. Um, so you can do a lot of things with it that people don't expect. It, move it, Move it flat out spin it and fire into the flank of a knight or something. So you're kind of suddenly moving 18 inches and still firing a main battle cannon. So doing, doing a peekaboo attack, basically. Run out, peekaboo, boom, gone. Yeah, that's right. And where, it, I can't remember. Were they like, like you know, the Typhon is like a armoured detachment, so you can have like three Typhons as one slot? Isn't it one like, to two? Or is it one three? to two. I think it's three, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a vehicle detachment. Yeah. But it's the Malkador, was the Malkador part of the detachment as well, back in the day? Uh, yeah, as a Lord of War, you could take a Malkador as, as multiples, uh, so because it was um, only six hull points. Um, so you could take multiples into a single Lord of War slot. Nice. Okay. But having them in heavy support just makes you a happy bunny right now. Yeah, just, I'm hoping that it will, see, like, I always took my Malkador, I love my Malkador, Um it was just such a characteristic tank, uh, really, really fun to play with because it operates just so differently to so many uh, other tanks in 40k. Um, but virtually no one else would take them simply because the Typhon is so much better. Um, even uh, like the Cerberus is probably better than the, the Malkador. Um, oh, I don't so. know about that. <laughs> many times I've uh, fucking killed myself with that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and people just don't 
didn't know how to use it or uh, didn't understand the, the special rules with it and that sort of stuff. So hopefully with a lot more attention, people will start using them more and you'll see them on the table. They're still pretty easy to drop. Their, their armor ratings are, are pretty woeful, um, but it's it's a really, really fun tank. Uh, the the Malkador is, what is it, 13, 13, 12, I think? Yeah, armor. so it hasn't even got a, a 14 value on it. Um you can load it right up, like you can give it flare shields and all of that sort of stuff, and then you're starting to approach the Typhoon oh, point slip. Can you take the Defender version in 40k? No, 30k? No, yeah. The, well, the Heavy Bolter one and the Demolisher cannon. Using that clause uh, that you can take any Imperial Armor Super Heavy that hasn't got a an equivalent, you can, but it hasn't got a, a 30k profile yet. Well, uh, it's, it's just one of the... I'm just going to check which versions are in the current current book. Hmm. Malkador. I think the um, the militia's got access to the the regular one and the Infernus. The Infernus is just brutal. Oh, that's a, isn't that a torrent uh, flamer as well? Uh, that's the yeah. torrent, big big help light, like that huge flamer. Not just a regular flamer. It's the the super heavy flamer template. Oh, the one that you have for the uh, new Acron that you have, Chris. The Hellstorm, isn't it? That's the one. Ooh. Yes. I've seen, I've seen it in action and sort of taking it out and going, what are you going to do with that exactly? Play tennis. It's like, no, I'm about to put this down over your troops. Oh, fuck. But isn't uh, it AP2 AP as well? AP3, Strength 7 AP3, I think. The uh, well, the one on the Acheron, I'm pretty sure. I think the uh, Infernus one can upgrade to chem ammunition, which is yeah. basically poison 2 plus oh. and AP. I can't remember the AP value. I want to say AP2, but... Because it is just brutal, but I could be wrong. I think you might actually be very right on the AP2 there with that one, because I remember it being very, very brutal. Uh, with yeah, it's upgrade. a bit, uh, bit uh, nastier than the, than the standard one. So. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I think the standard one is AP3, and I think the chem one is AP2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, sorry, Jens, we've kind of got off topic a little bit here, <laughs> away from your army. Um, but... And I like the. I think Chris is right. No casual glaive. Tut tut tut. Um, maybe a repaint is in order there, my friend. Um, but uh, otherwise, I'm really liking it. Uh, the Damocles commander I know is going to be a nice little surprise. Mm. He's running some. He plans to uh, put anything in reserve. It's going to be useful. Um, and uh, the bombardment is always nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No arguments there. Um, and then the uh, the Praetor was nicely loaded out for uh, for a fight. Uh, we're going with the Terminators in the Spartan, so a bit of a Spartan Death Star. Um, and I love Breaches. You know, I think uh, Andrew will agree with me. Breaches are pretty awesome. Uh, love them. Yeah. Can't can't get enough of Breaches personally. Um, as I'm as I'm currently painting some and may have plans for more very very soon um for the same army before anybody complains that i'm going for another army <laughs> i'm not but you are planning breacher ogrins as well aren't you maybe maybe yes all right don't judge me um but uh yeah no i i, lo- I like the army selection you put together jones i think it's it's got a real dark angels feel as well which i think is important and not sort of sticking to. Uh, I mean, they they don't have their Primarch right now. They don't have any special units out per se. Um, so you you put a good good feel in that list, I think, for for not having those things available. 
has done the best of the situation basically. Yeah, and, and they won't ha- they won't have rules before, uh, more more rules before scandals anyhow. So no, it's uh, it's a nice way to start uh, building just, your fluff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the one thing I would like to see, but that's just because I I kind of feel like a siphon just being uh, on close air support, just uh providing, you know, chasing away all the freaking crack and penetrated lightnings that's going to come his way. No and how did, uh, how did the siphon work for you at LVO? Uh, don't roll my dice. For everyone <laughs> else, it seems to work fine. Just don't don't trust Freddy's dice. Okay. Or the LVO freaking corn berserker dice. That's oh, that's happens. why. You were using corn and you're doing Empress Children. What the hell, man? Uh, yeah, I know. But it was the event dice. And the symbol well, for the LVO is like the ETC is that berserker thing. Yeah, we should get you the new Ultramarine dice from Games Workshop for Scandus. Oh no. yeah. The <laughs> blue, the blue ones with the U on the one. Just yeah. For some reason Games Workshop wants to make everybody hate their uh, hate their chapters and <laughs> regions. Doesn't everyone already hate Ultramarine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably a few players that like their ultramarines, but uh... no. But I think like a nicely painted up uh, Ravenwing uh, siphon or like a Dark Angel siphon, like just uh, coming in, especially with, when he has amped the reserve roll so much as he he's done. Yeah, I would true. really take advantage of it, and it would deal with any freaking lightning problems. Yeah. The the, the lightning infestation that keeps going on in 30k. Yeah. Something tells I'm, me you don't like them, Freddy, at all. At least I'm not taking mine. <laughs> no, and I, I haven't converted mine up yet. Um, so. Well, do you want to borrow mine? Um, <laughs> no, I quite like my list as it is right now. But maybe I'll borrow it for um, for one of my cult lists at some point. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Terminator Squad, by the way, seems like a nice little punch in the teeth as well for anybody. Uh, three Volkites, power, all the Power Fists in there. A little bit small, Um for my thinking, but I get the feeling that's not going to be your main hurt. I mean, I think he's just basically going to be laying the hurt down with the um, breaches, with, with the breaches, and supported by the vehicles. But mm-hmm. um, I think the only thing I would say is that, that, that I look at from a purely game point of view is the size of you know because it's armored assault, you've got small squads, and if they do, well, if and when they do have to get out on objectives and things like that. It could be an issue potentially holding them um, against sort of larger troop units, but that's just that's just my only thought on that. I don't know if anybody agrees or disagrees with me on that one. I don't know. Ten, ten men in a rhino has a tendency to survive longer than twenty men on foot slogging around. Yeah, it has the extra armored shell around them. Yeah. But, uh... So I reckon he'll be fine, and uh, as long as he, it's all about timing your exit. Yeah, Exiting in an stage left. as well. With sorry, Andrew, go on. Sorry, I was going to say with uh, with so much armor on the board, the rhinos normally have a pretty low target priority. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if if you're firing anti-armor weaponry, it's not normally going to be at those rhinos. It's going to be at the predators and the Spartans and that sort of stuff, which normally leaves the rhinos untouched for a lot longer and the the troops inside nice and cozy. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point indeed. But uh, okay, so I'm I'm liking it. Are we going to give it a? Uh, uh, 
What are we going to go with this time for a description? The um... I'll, I'll give it uh, eight Calibanite Warblades out of ten. Nice. Nice. I was going to go for the little dudes who uh, hang around the Dark Angels, and I couldn't think of uh, what they were called. Watchers, Watchers in, in the Dark. Yeah, but uh, no, Calibanite Warblades sounds cooler. I'm actually going to go with one little annoying dog that decided to basically re- remodel the living room while I am doing the podcast. Okay. That's what I'm going to go for. One little cute dog. That's the, my score for it. If you give it, give it a score, get one little cute dog. Yeah. With, and with and the and annoying caveat. No, no, with the annoying caveat. Because there's a ripped up uh, receipts and uh, she tried to eat a pen. Try to eat a eat a bag of recent chocolates. That's not really good for her. No, it isn't. <laughs> Looking at you, going, what? What are you on about? What are you talking about? They're totally good for me. Yeah. So that's my scoring for tonight. Only the cute dog, Wonder. and and uh, go with uh, the more serious scorings of uh, <laughs> Freddie and Jody. Okay. Oh God, I've got to give a serious scoring, have I? Oh shit. Um. Okay. Um. No, I like the fluff. I mean, as as it's un, not not developed, you're going to let it develop. I think it's. Uh, I'm I'm with Freddie in sort of the seven to eight mark range. Um, definitely uh, loads of potential for it to go, and I can't wait to see that. I think that that's what it's going to be. But I think you're going to have a lot of fun with the list when playing games. I think that's the other thing is you're going to have a lot of fun just rolling tanks up at people and seeing their faces, especially and I, ours. And I can't wait to see the fluff develop over the Escalation League and. Well, to Scandus and beyond Scandus as well, if he yeah. keeps up, keeps it up. Although Jens is another one with hobby ADD, um, so we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He's as bad as all of us, so it's possible that this this could be it, and then you know, go from there. So, uh, Andrew, do you want to give it a give it a score or give it a, give you your final thoughts? Sure, no, I like it. Um, I know there's there's a lot of suboptimum. Uh, choices in there which make the the list uh, far more um, different than some of the stamping lists coming out. Uh, I really like it when people choose the the flavoursome choices um, and the the fluff accompanying it is fantastic. Uh, And again, like everybody else, I I really like and look forward to seeing that develop. I think that's the best aspect of of the hobby when people really engage into the fluff. Um, So yeah, I I reckon a a good 8 out of 10. so looking forward to see how that one goes at Scandus. Definitely, definitely. And I'm looking forward to being across the table from it and seeing what happens. It should be a lot of fun. So what we'll do there then, unless anybody else has anything else they want to add to, to, to give some feedback to Jens, I'm quite happy with what we've gone with. Uh, so I think what we'll do is we will take a break. Uh, play out to one of uh, play to one of Andrew's tunes as we come back in to talk all things Oz 30k and whatever's happening down in the land down under. So we will be right back after this tune. Oh, 
Refreshing frame of music. Thanks for the choice, there, Andrew. Um, it's <laughs> nice to see something that is, well. It's good, nice to do something that isn't isn't metal or um, rock or something. So, you know, everybody's got a different taste and flavour out there as far when it comes to music. So, cool. That was a lot of fun. So we are back for our main segment here on episode nine or episode Ursarax as Chris has now managed to update the show notes. Uh, unfortunately, Chris has had to step out suffering from a migraine. 
I think he's overloaded on Ursarax, basically. I think he's uh, he's reached his limit on Ursarax mentions today, so he's going to go and reset and be ready again for tomorrow. Um, so we're here to talk about Oz30K, all things Oz30K, and and other stuff, because you've got other things to talk about, such as uh, tagged events and some of the fantastic stuff that you, you are putting together with that as well. So, Andrew, to, we've talked about yourself. Let's talk about Oz30K right now. Tell us how it came about. What what really, you know, what got you got you going with it? What made you decide to take the format that you did? How how do you get it going, man? For sure. Um, well, pretty much the the original incarnation of Oz30K is uh, Oz40K, uh, and it's actually still active. Um, so Oz40K came about from a local apocalypse campaign that I was running in Canberra. Uh, and we wanted something to track the campaign, record the fluff, um, kind of have a little bit more graphical and interactive than just uh, a forum. We were working off uh, Wargamer AU at that stage, and it just wasn't working for us. Um, I'm definitely not a, a computer geek or coder or anything like that, so I needed something that was going to be uh, easy for me to update uh, so I had friends who could build me something, but I didn't want to then kind of go, all right, guys, can you now do this? Can you now do this? Can you now do this? And just keep on relying on them um, yeah. and leveraging them. So um, we were kind of – one of my mates at work uh, was it, had done a lot of work with wikis and everything. And mm-hmm. so we went down that path and we, we started building a bit of a framework on Oz40K using MediaWiki. Um, and it was – kind of the compromise of something that I can learn reasonably easy, uh, that I can maintain easily enough, um, and the users can interact with. Um, So it's kind of that halfway point, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Oz40K side kicked off, uh, and that kicked off with the um, what was called the Phonicus campaign. Uh, And I, I recently posted, I kind of stumbled across the fluff for that one, and that was that was a really really awesome campaign uh, establishing fluff. It, it created a huge narrative, and it basically started the entire Australis Ultima sector. Uh, it created the groundwork for the the core systems, the core planets, um, and we kind of then built that backwards for 30k. Uh, so we had the the Oz Oz 40k presence, so Australis Ultima, and what the systems look like in the year 40k um, and so we kind of reverted them back 10,000 years and that thing gave us the basis for uh, Oz 30k um, now the Oz 40k site quickly kind of became dormant uh, when Apocalypse died uh, APOC died a pretty bad death uh, mm. with the implementation of 7th edition um, I'm honestly not quite sure why because it didn't actually negatively impact uh, Apocalypse very much. Um, I think the biggest thing was that it brought Apocalypse into regular 40k more than keeping Apocalypse separate um, and for some reason that cascaded into the, the Apocalypse community dying um, nearly overnight. Uh, so it was pretty disappointing but the, the gaming kept on going but the, the kind of the, the international community um, died, died off quite a lot. Um, and then with the move into 30k, we we created the new Oz 30k site, and so retrofitted that one. Um, 
So just jump in at any time, otherwise I'll just keep on rambling. No, it's fine, but this is the thing. You just keep on rambling, and we will jump in with questions as we go along. Cool, cool. Um, so when we set up the Oz 30K, it was, it was a very big gamble, uh, because uh, we're talking about like weeks after book one dropping, uh, we started working on Oz 30K. Uh, so we didn't know what the community was going to be like. We didn't know how it was going to interact um, and what it was going to do. Um, so kind of like original... it should have been like five guys in a garage here and there, or you know, exactly could have, it could right. Have exploded. Yeah. Is is it going to be another apocalypse community where we're going to be isolated and there's only going to be a few people in each community or something like that? Um, but it was certainly something that some of us in Brisbane, Melbourne, and Canberra wanted to do, uh, and I I owned the domain, so we may as well have done it. It was going to be an easy conversion and. At the idea at that time was going to be running both Oz 30K and Oz 40K side by side. Um, at that stage, the apocalypse hadn't died so much. Um, so the original layout of Oz 40K in which we translated to Oz 30K was that each region, um, so actual region like Canberra, uh, Brisbane and the States, so ACT and Queensland, would have control of an entire subsector. Um, so like the Savage subsector um, and that sort of stuff. And they would have control of all of the systems so that any campaigns that they ran, they would interact with those particular systems. Uh, so as a state did more and more events, that would populate that particular subsector more and more. Um, but what we found was that it was... Uh, one, if we started getting more and more people from international, would start running out of subsectors pretty quick. Uh, and two, it, it didn't uh, interact people very much. It actually isolated, kind of, it uh, contradicted what we were trying to do. We were trying to create an international or a, an internet site where people could kind of gather, but then we're segregating them into their own subsectors. Um, so instead, we we set up the subsectors as open. And then that's when the global heresy idea came about, was uh, people who weren't running campaigns, they could still interact with the site via the global heresy, and every month the global heresy would move from one planet to another, do something else, expand the, the storyline. And then people who were running campaigns, they could uh, open up a new system uh, or a new planet, um, and as we got more and more systems, we'd slowly open up more and more subsectors. So we kind of went from three subsectors to I think we're now up to uh, seven, uh, and we're about to open up another two subsectors. Um, and the the biggest kind of emphasis was reminding people how big a subsector was in kind of terms of fluff, because people would kind of come to me and go, "Oh, can I have this subsector?" It's like uh, <laughs> the subsector is pretty big. There's like a dozen systems, and like you could play for years and not kind of take over the entire subsector if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So full-on full sprawl available that you can just keep on going. Yeah, and it it kind of doing three or four games to take over an entire subsector defeated the the ethos of the site, which was really that what we we're talking about earlier. In there are thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of battles which took place in in the Heresy, but we only hear about a portion of them. And this is kind of this is one of those millions of stories, the the Australis Ultima sector. Um, so kind of really, really drill down, down to those planetary, those continental battles, 
and build those battles up. Don't just do like one or two battles and we've taken over an entire subsector. It's like yeah. that battle would have lasted for years in fluff and would have cost hundreds of thousands of lives. Um, it's like don't gloss over it, kind of centre down instead. Yeah. Um, so that's where we went there and as as 30k evolved the community and the books so did the site so we did three major overhauls with the site uh introducing the different ways that you created an army id um sorry so i i kind of skipped back and forth a little bit um, <laughs> no worries at all man go, go, with, right. go with how it works yeah <clears throat> <laughs> the, well, we, we we can go into the different like uh, functions and stuff. Uh, oh, later. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think one of the big things with 30k, which uh, has made the Oz 30k site far more successful than Apocalypse, apart from like the the community latching on, is that the fact that there were two sides. There was traders and there was loyalists. Whereas in 40k, you've got every faction there there are no two sides type thing so it was very difficult to create a narrative storyline and also a coding mechanic behind it to cater for all of that um whereas here we've got two sides loyalists and traders and that gave us a basis to start with so we could split the legions into two so at the top of the page we could split the scoring into two who controls the planet who controls that subsector and that and then from there, we were able to expand and introduce minor parties like the Orcs, Eldar, um, Black Shields, Knights, who could potentially be neutral factions and they can accumulate their own points and everything. Um, so what that then led us to was the creation of the army IDs. Um, so people, people can interact with the website by creating an army ID and that tracks their army. And then as they log battle reports... Uh, those battle reports get linked to both the battle itself, which is linked to a planet, and the armies which took place. And then it's all circular. So you can go to somebody's army and you can mm. see all of the battles that they've taken part in. You then click on the battle and then you can see all of the armies which took part in that battle. And then you can click on the planet where the battle took part and you can see all the battles that were on that planet. Um, so we've tried to kind of make all of the linking circular so you can just start getting lost in kind of going, all right, I'm having Freddy's army. Freddy's fought in uh, the Lincoln Heresy. Lincoln Heresy had such and such play. Dono's army was at the Lincoln Heresy. I go to Dono's army. Dono's army's played in these campaigns, and you just kind of start following the path, reading the history, reading the, the battles and all of that. So. So, so like a good, so like a good site, you start looking for something at maybe ten o'clock at night, and suddenly realising you're reading the fluff of somebody's army who you've never met in another part of the world at four a.m. Going, I never thought this was possible. Exactly right. <laughs> um, and and thankfully that that started happening. Uh, that's kind, of, it's taken on to a life of its own. Um, like when I was just doing the Oz Forty K, I was the primary driver. I was writing all of fluff. I was updating people's profiles and that sort of stuff. Um, and I was happy to do that on a smaller scale. Um, as things got bigger on Oz 30K, um, more and more people who were like-minded with me, who enjoyed writing the fluff, uploading stuff, started doing that. And that's why we introduced the Army Spotlights on the front page. Every five days, I think, it'll rotate through a random army and it'll give a briefing on what they've written so far. And then you can click on it, takes you to their army page and has a look. Um, the Global Heresy was the same thing. It's like I, I ran the first one um, and then I really, really wanted the community to kind of pick it up so that I wasn't running 
everything on it, both from a time-wise and an ownership point of view. Like, I didn't want it to be perceived that I had to run everything on it. Like, I completely and utterly owned it. It's still a wiki. People can still interact with it and do their own things. People can create their own campaigns. Like, uh, eight months ago, I stumbled across a system in uh, one of the subsectors. I'm pretty sure it was Pacificus Delta, um, that someone had created and written and designed and put fluff there and had started doing campaign reports that I knew nothing about. Um, like, they'd, they'd just built it themselves and started playing it and using it, which was perfect, which was exactly what I wanted people to do. But it was hilarious. I suddenly came across this planet, uh, sorry, this system in the subsector that I could click on, and I'm like, I didn't open that system up. What the hell? And I went in there, uh, and it was a full... Someone had built the full solar system map. I'm like, the fuck is this? <laughs> I clicked on the planets, and they got a history, and then the planets have got battle reports. I'm like, where the fuck did this? This is awesome. And to this day, I don't know who it is because I, I know who the users are, but the user handles don't match with Facebook people or anything like that. So I'm like, I got no idea where in the world. They could be someone in Canberra, or they could be someone in bloody Pennsylvania, or I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, but they're using the site for what it's intended for, which is fantastic. Um, and you get so, the and, bonus fluff you've never read before. That's right. Yeah. And I sat there for, on a weekend for like five, six hours reading through all the battle reports and the fluff and the army profiles, and it's like, cool. That was just like I just read like one of the Horus Heresy novels. Um, it's just really enjoyable reading stories that were generated from people's games and kind of seeing... Uh, seeing my original idea, uh, the, the Australis Ultima, uh, being a platform for people to, to kind of build a story on. Um, it's just great when, when something takes on uh, a life onto its own. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, it, apart from that, that's, that, that's the, the idea of where we, we created it. And then Rob and I solidified the coding. Uh, and then from there, it's... It's kind of uh, that the campaigns have taken over and the global heresy has gone from there. Um, I can certainly launch into the the next aspect, but do you have any any questions from there? I'm I'm, I'm I'll be honest with you. I am just taking soaking this all in because it's uh, for me the the whole Oz thirty k thing was um, a kind of an alien concept to me when I started listening to the podcast, the the boys in the eye of Horus and um age of darkness uh listening to the, those guys in the the campaign they did last year the sort of the, the three podcast campaign uh yep. with the uh imperial truth as well and um yeah it was kind of I, I i'll be honest i was like why is everybody using an australian site to make this work yeah. <laughs> why, 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 what is this what is this one site that does everything it doesn't seem to make any sense it could i was a 40k player at that point so you can understand why i was yeah. skeptical of anything that wasn't sort of you know um local and you know whatever um but yeah. uh yeah i took a look at it and I, I, i'm really loving it oh and we'll go we'll go on to the sort of how to's and how to do stuff thing because that's where i get confused quite easily i'm very not a tech person even though that's what i do for a living um, which is yeah. retarded but true um, but uh, no I mean with the with the original intention you said that it was to get people going out there and you you stumbled across this 
this one system that that's brilliant but have you really felt that you've had to push a lot and with with other stuff have you felt you've had to sort of drag some people kicking and screaming when they've they've started looking in there or is there um certainly i learned uh i learned that with the oz 40k that i really tried to uh, not push people but like uh there were five major groups in australia uh when we we're playing apocalypse um i'm sure there were more but the, these were the, the groups that we interacted with and they were all yeah yeah that sounds fantastic an online campaign kind of map uh, that's great and during that phase of it yes i was really trying to push them okay now you, now you got to do this now you got to do that now you got to do this and it didn't happen um and so what i quickly learned especially with oz 30k is just let people use it to whatever extent they want to um if if people aren't inclined to write fluff and to use a campaign model you you can't force them down that avenue um if they don't enjoy it and that's fantastic if they enjoy participating in it but not actually contributing to it that's still fantastic but then you'll get those one out of 100 people who do like writing the fluff do like establishing things and the people who are slightly inclined will see that starting to grow and they go oh okay yeah I'll, i might update my army profile now or something but i quickly learned hands off approach i will enable and i will assist and i will do everything i can to to kind of help someone do whatever they want but i'm not going to go all right uh freddie you haven't done anything for lincoln heresy you've, you've got to update this you've got to do that uh, i don't think you've got enough fluff on there you've got to do a better outline um i'll definitely kind of give gentle reminders and go do you need a hand with updating this do you need a hand with a a layout for that or or anything like that but yeah i i don't want to be kind of and especially the sheer number of people using it now um i i can't go around prompt people um but it it um it's it's now got a critical mass that it's got enough people doing that sort of stuff and wanting to do that sort of stuff that it doesn't need to and they've become their kind of local communities drivers like I was for Canberra. Well, like um, Freddie Freddie has been for Sweden and that sort of thing. <laughs> exactly right. You get little local ambassadors who do it and and it happened well before Oz 30k and by the way Oz 30k is that the actual name is probably one of the biggest regrets I've got because it started as just an Australian community I was just thought okay yeah Oz 40k no worries. And then once it started getting international, that's when I kind of scrambled to try and get like Australis Ultima Sector, like the abbreviation meaning. And but by then we'd already gone down too far. I'd bought the domains and everything, and I'm like, okay, well we're stuck with AUS. So <laughs> um, there's a rabbit yeah. hole I'm all the way down. Yeah, it. Um, but that's it, not it was too there. bad. Like, I don't think most people actually reflect over it. No, I'm, I'm just I'm just the kind of idiot that does. That's that's not, that's not a lot of problem. I just sort of I, yeah, I, I and it was just go. that initial thing of yeah, Oz Oz. Okay, so this must be the Australian 40k site. Is there an international 40k site or something? But yeah. I think we've overcome that that hurdle. Um, but yeah, that's all good. Um, so on the interaction, there's there's multiple levels that people can interact with with the um, the website. But the primary one, which we encourage most people to try and do, uh, is uh, what we call an army ID. Um, so that's basically if you're using Iron Hands, you just set up an Iron Hands army ID, uh, and these army IDs can then be used at events 
which are interacting with the Oz30K on a campaign or just an event level. Um, and that army ID allows uh, both the campaign and the battle reports to keep track of that same force that's participating in it. And the actual army ID creates a page and keeps track of all of your opponents that you've played um, with similar army IDs and all of the battles that you participated in. Um, now, I would hazard a guess that 90% of the army IDs uh, in the, the database only have the automated tracking. It probably doesn't have any fluff attached to it whatsoever. And that's fine because what that's doing is helping the people who do concern, like care about what what's going on in their pages, they've still got all of that interaction and it's creating that atmosphere of a bigger community. Um, like there are all of these armies that they've gone out and faced. Um, so the way that they use set up an army ID is on the, the front page, so the oz30k.com front page. Across the top, um, it, pretty hard to miss, is all of the profiles of all of the legionaries and then the non-legionaries in the middle. Um, so recently we just added Eldar because we've had a, a campaign start up in, oh, where was it, England, I think, that's uh, actually got some Eldar running around in it. So we, we threw them in um, along with the orcs. But basically whichever army that you're looking at, uh, so for example, uh, Dark Angels, you just click on the Marine and it will take you across to uh, the, the Legion 1 category. Uh, and it's got a summary of every battle that a Dark Angel player has played in and reported, every campaign that the Dark Angels have participated in, and every current army ID that's been created under the Dark Angels. Um, and so people then start browsing through there. You can have a look at other Dark Angel army profiles. But I'm then doing, to create I'm doing that right army. now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally clicking through. I'm looking at the Iron Warriors. <laughs> that's awesome. my, those are my boys. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then, again, this is a wiki uh, which people can edit. Um, now, thankfully, we haven't had any griefing, and griefing is very easy to fix, um, so uh, kind of that, that's not an issue. But if people want to add to, like, the backgrounds of Iron Warriors, I'm not sure whether Iron Warriors has actually got any background populated um, on their main page, but if people actually want to start adding generic background for the legions, feel free. Um, you're more than welcome to. Um, I was intending on trying to do that, but at the stage of when I created all of this, I was uh, a heresy infant. I didn't know very much about the Horus Heresy at all. It's just I wanted to play it. Um, so I didn't feel kind of adequate enough to go through all of the 20 legions or 18 legions and actually enter comprehensive fluff about it. Um, so then to actually create an army ID... All you've got to do is, on the far right-hand side, there's a box with category, Legio, whichever, or Xenos, whatever, and there's a, a box and a button, and you just push the button, and that's it, and it, it starts creating the page for you. Um, don't change the actual name, so the L-I-5986, or whatever it says on you, that's the army ID associated with the army. So all of the, the different legions and the races and that sort of stuff will have a similarly formatted army ID, and that's used for all of the coding, the reports, the mechanics and that sort of stuff. If you change that to Bob's Dawnbreakers or something like that, it won't actually transfer any of your reports across correctly. I'll see that. I usually check the, the site every day, and I'll see someone's created a new army, and it's I've got an alert that comes up 
uh, incorrectly formatted army, and I'll go and like change it for you. Um, but it, then, if you don't do it in the first place, then I don't have to change it. Usually, good admin work. Yes, <laughs> it's like keep making right. my life easier, please, guys. Yeah. Um, now, uh, look at that. I've got to log in. Uh, <laughs> just give me a second. I'm not even logged into my own website. There we go. So the moment you push the the Create Army button, you then enter the wonderful world of Wiki, um, which is then the biggest gripe and the biggest hurdle that we've got for players. Um, and it's what I was talking about with the compromise before. I am certainly not a, a very good coder, and I can't do HTML or anything like that. If I was, then the website would be very, very, very user-friendly, but the problem is, is I'm not, and I've got to have something that I can actually be able to use to update. So it's kind of a, a meet halfway. So the players themselves have to do a little bit of the wiki um, interaction. Now, it looks far more complicated than it is, simply because it brings up a screen of what looks like code lines, which once you start looking a little bit closer and you're, you're used to, it's it's not. It's just you've got to fill in the, like the blank spaces. Um, there are um, help pages with kind of screenshots and all of that sort of stuff, which um, we can give links at the end of the, the podcast and that sort of stuff. But of course, yeah. pretty much yep. the moment you hit the Create Army page, it will load up a templated army for you. And if you look through uh, like the arrowed brackets, it will tell you what you need to enter in. So at the, right up the top, it goes template army header, then army, enter army name. And you just basically enter your army name, and then you work through down the list, and you just enter in some little bits of information. So Cognizant, so what do you normally nickname your army? So if it's like the first company of the Imperial Fists, my first company was called the Kildridge Crusade. Um, and then the Allegiance, whether you're loyalist, traitor, undecided, or unknown, Eldar, Orc, whatever. The owner is then just your username, uh, and then that links it back to your user page. And then past that point is everything else that you can do. So again, it's a wiki, so you can customize your page to however you want. If you're a wiki expert, you can turn it into something absolutely beautiful. I've seen some awesome pages out there. Um, if you just want to write a couple of lines of fluff, then you can. If you don't even want to write a couple of lines of fluff, that's fine. Don't. Um, and then all you do is you save page, and that's done. Uh, and that's created your army ID. So you just remember or record that army ID. So, for example, I've just created one for Dark Angels, which is LI5986. So you just jot that down. You go to an event, and uh, if that event is running in a campaign on the Oz30K website, you just let the EO know that your army ID is L15986. Done. And that's kind of the, the, the real basic of the, the army page. Um, I don't want to get into, I don't know, to too much coding depth because it, it gets boring and people are just going to drift off, I think. Um, well, I found uh, the easiest way to do things is the good old copy and paste. So if you find someone that has done like uh, not something nice in their, um, in their army ID or like on their planet, then I just hit the edit button. And I go in there and I find not because it's kind of it's laid out exactly like it is on the screen. So yep. even if you hit the preview, you'll see and you'll figure out that there's there's like let's say oh pl planet planet and uh, 
you see a name like you know I don't know Rangadang dot JPEG. Yep. Then you know, okay, I'll, I'll copy that and I'll put that in because I want that planet picture. Or if I want to, oh, that's really nice how he structured his page with the paragraphs. So I'm just going to copy that and so on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the wiki as well. It's, it's really easy to, um, uh, to copy and paste. Um, exactly like you said there, man. Uh, just, cool. and once you've done it a few times, you, you start getting the hang of it. Um, you, you kind of know, all right, I've just got to do this, this and this. And then if you see something, oh, they've they've put their their photo on their right hand side in the border with like a little inset of text. How did they do that? You just press edit. It's like, oh, okay. There's the command line to do that. I'll just yeah. copy that, change the the file name to to whatever I want, and off you go. Um, so yeah, exactly right. Thank you. Cool. Um, um, I've literally just logged into mine now, uh, and mine is very much uh, as you sort of said with. Like you say, probably 98% of them, um, it exists. It has my user details in there, and that's about it. Um, yep. But I fully intend to get in there and do stuff with it. So it's I, I must admit, I, I got a little bit lost on the um, on the whole coding, putting it all together thing. But um, luckily, Christopher was online, and he knows his stuff and helped me put it together. But um, once I actually got my head around it, again, very easy to use. Um, yeah. And I, I really, what is it, um, hope that whoever's got the, uh, the the fifth legion, somebody out there has LV four twenty nine or whatever it is from uh, from aliens as their their ID. <laughs> I really hope nice. someone does because that would be pretty cool. Um, so what I would like to do actually is uh, run kind of through what I was talking um, about before with the linking. Yeah. Um, so if if people are like interested, go to oz30k.com, the, the homepage. Um, it will bring up the homepage. I want you to click on Imperial Fists, which, if you don't know, is the, the yellow Legion guy. Now, that will take you through to the Imperial Fists summary page. And you can see how popular Imperial Fists are because there's an absolute crap ton of them. Oh, yeah. Um, if Ooh. you scroll down, you'll see that all of the campaigns that the Imperial Fists have taken part in which is nearly every campaign that has been logged against. Uh, so there's the burning of Scandus Prime, there's Lincoln Heresy, Rallying of Trogoy, um, and then all of the battle reports and that sort of stuff. But for this one, I want you to click on the shield uh, that's right at the top. So two red crosses, one red cross. So that's the Kildrich Crusade. That's my old Imperial Fist um, army. So... I'm one of the, the, the offenders that I've only got a very minimalist amount of um, uh, history on my page. Um, I've got a couple of links to kind of other ones and that sort of stuff, but uh, I'm a bit of an offender that I didn't update my page, certainly not as much as other people. Um, but you can see that if you scroll down a little bit more, or if you look on the right-hand side, you can see the, the ribbons underneath my shield. Ooh, yeah. That cool. represents the campaigns that I've taken part in with that army. So that's one of the automated links. So when when an army ID is entered into a campaign and that campaign's got a uh, an army ribbon, it automatically links against your that little summary profile there. I, I've literally just uh, just I'm click I'm I'm uh, this sounds really bad. I'm clicking along at home here. Uh, well, actually recording. <laughs> and um, I, I've just uh, opened up a separate, separate page, the Inferno campaign ribbon. And that looks awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, that's very, very so cool. The, 
the Inferno campaign is the uh, the Queensland campaign. Um, so that's been ongoing for nearly two years now. Um, so then, on the on the army profile page, on, still on the right hand side, you can scroll down a little bit and you can see a list of other army IDs, and then that's got the one lost draw. So they're all of the uh, armies that I've actually faced using the Imperial fists and the the results of the, the battles that we've had against them. Uh, so if you kind of grudge match the same person, you you can kind of keep track of them. I've I've certainly got very little emphasis on podium finishes and win loss tournaments and that sort of stuff, but it is really good for the narrative to kind of know who you have played against before and how those battles have gone. So if you've kind of lost 17 games against one, someone and then this is your first win, that's kind of a really awesome piece of narrative change. So kind of you've you've fought your nemesis and finally won type thing. Um, from that list, you can actually click on any of those people and it will take you to their, their web page. Uh, if they're red, that means they don't have a web page, they're just a placeholder. Um, on the body of the page, on the body of the army page that we're still on, on my, my one, you then scroll past the campaigns and then you'll just see all of the battles that uh, that army's been taken place in. And again, you can just click on those particular battles and they'll take you through. Um, so we'll go to the Inferno campaign like you were talking. Yeah. That's so. This is the other aspect of um, the the website, the campaign and the battle reports. So this is a typical campaign layout. So we've got the campaign details, the year of when it was launched, which subsector it was in, which system it's in, which planet it goes over, and who's the current like who the victor is. And because it's an ongoing campaign, it's still unresolved. Um, on the right hand side, you can see the campaign badge, and then the campaign ribbon. Um, we Anyone who wants to start up a campaign, we do our best to try and create one off our templates, but uh, people like Freddie have created their own as well. Uh, yep. and that's, that's fantastic. Um, that kind of blew me out of the water when I went onto your campaign page. It's like, oh, <laughs> he's got a shield up and right. We didn't create that shit. Awesome. I don't need to create another shield. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo, minimal admin. Yay. <laughs> that's right. Um, and what we're in the midst of doing at the moment as well, we're in talks with uh, Fallout Hobbies, I think it is, and he's creating decals based on the campaign ribbons and the badges. Um, so you Sorry, can that actually... was a little bit of a nerdgasm right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we've got the first lot being delivered shortly. So people who have like, taken part in a year-long campaign, you can, you can kind of send this info through to uh, Ron over at Fallout, and he then creates a... Um, like a decal sheet with all of the badges and the ribbons at varying sizes, and then you can cut them up and kind of hand them out to the players and go, well, there you go, the campaign's concluded, or you're partway through the campaign. Kind of if your, if your Cerberus got absolutely smashed or if your Spartan delivered the Primarch where, wherever you wanted every t- game, whack the campaign honour on it. Try not to go overboard in every single unit because it might get a bit clustered, but kind of pick out a couple of key units and kind of record the fact that they were involved in the Inferno campaign or the Lincoln heresy and that sort of stuff and just add more depth to the army with the history and people will go, oh, what the hell's that badge? It's like, oh, that's that's the Inferno campaign. It's like, here's the full history of the campaign. Here's all of the battles. Here's the winners. Here's, here's what happened to the system. Here's what the traitors fucked over that planet and all of that sort of stuff. That's um, so cool. It's been, I, tell, uh, I tell you what, in my head, I've just like, uh, I was just thinking back to some of the stuff I've done in campaigns before. And it's like, you know, you get that one one sergeant or uh, captain or whatever, or, you know, because they were 40K campaigns, who 
who stood up, held the line or whatever, and, you know, you keep him going and then you can... Because it's always nice to sort of say, well, he's got a promotion to, let's just say, console and 30K or Praetor or whatever, but to actually be able to slap on a, an actual honours from that campaign. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So it, it kind of just opens up. It, it gives you the basis to do all of this sort of stuff, and it gives you the basis to do it consistently with the people in your own community. So you, you go back to your player group of 30 players or whatever, and people kind of know what it is. Whereas if you come up with that idea and that campaign badge and it's just on your own private Facebook page or something, your close friends might know about it and that sort of stuff. But um, as as the campaigns have started taking over and getting bigger and bigger, like we can go up to Brisbane and meet people who've got, who we've never met before but we can talk about like the campaigns that we've been involved in. And because they're all interacting with the, the different campaigns on the same site, everyone knows what you're talking about. And it's like, oh, so that's the campaign on off from, from that. And yeah, it's cool. That's so awesome. It's good fun. Yeah. And um, imagine you have your uh, like Legion banner bearer and you add, add yeah. on the campaign ribbons for him. Yeah. Oh, add I'm ribbons onto each as they, they go more and more. And yeah. I'm, I'm definitely planning to do a herald for one of my army at some point, so uh, I think I may just have to leave some space for uh, for the old uh, Scandus ribbon. And if you're putting one up there for the her- for that one, uh, Freddy. Yep. And have that up there when it goes, because that's so cool. And your big and your Titan ribbons, like it, mm. str- every every time, kind of someone talks to me about their Titan banners and that sort of stuff. Like, just do bare minimum on your Titan banner, even on your kill streaks. Don't pre-populate all your kill kill banners and that sort of stuff make it blank as you play start populating it if you play in the inferno campaign put the little inferno badge on the 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 titans banner if you made two super heavy kills put two super heavy kills on it kind of keep updating the banner as it and then it's a real life kind of on the table record and that's continually evolving keep it alive but make it a living thing yeah, and then every time that Titan dies, you've got to burn the, the banner and start again. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that. Hey, so, good job for painting that up. Now you've got to set yeah. fire to it. you got to do what now? <laughs> I get to melt that ribbon. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, on the campaign uh, page, sorry, we're, we're still on Inferno, you can then scroll down a little bit and you can see all of the forces that have been involved in it. Um, now, Infor- Inferno has fallen a little bit behind in um, keeping track of all of the participants and that sort of stuff. So I can tell you uh, straight off the bat that there's more than nine players interacting with the Inferno. Um, but that's kind of where we go back to, I don't harass EOs. I'll, I'll kind of remind them and go, if you've just got a list of players, flick them through to me and I'll upload them for you when I get the time. Uh, it won't be overnight, but it'll be when I get the time. Or you can do it yourself. Um, but if someone sets up a campaign, I'm not going to harass them every two days. You've got to do this, you've got to do this. Um, and then, again, you can link on any one of those armies and it'll take you through. And then down below is the battle reports. And then the skirmish reports is... What the skirmish reports do is create those win-loss-draw ratios. Uh, it's the, the mechanism that does all of the linking and the scoring and everything. So there's nothing actually in the skirmish reports. If you click on one, it takes you through to a really little brief army victor, army defeated, faction, planet, and that's it. It's just a very, very kind of uh, rudimentary reporting system. Um, The battle reports and the campaign reports are where all the fluff and the pictures are. Um, And that's kind of 
the the main elements. Uh, so the, the campaigns are a lot more complicated to set up. Um, I highly recommend people to contact me, uh, and I can help them set up campaigns. Uh, we've got a number of campaigns being established at the moment. Um, I, I think we've got about six in the works, which is truly phenomenal. Um, That'll be seven on the very front, soon. <laughs> yeah. That'll be seven very um, soon. We'll be adding to that one ourselves. So that's awesome. Um, you, you can see on the front page, uh, all of the, the campaigns are summarised in brief, so like Battle for Cambrius Minor, Balonian Insurrection. So the Balonian Insurrection is the Canberra and Sydney campaign. Um, the, the rallying of Tregoy is the Australian National Heresy campaign. Um, and what that one is, is that started off with active heresy in Canberra, and it kind of set the scene. But then each state gets to run a single event set in the same system and they impact the system however they want so i got i got to choose kind of the, the setting but then each event organizer after that gets to choose what they want to do to that setting uh, so the melbourne event for example was crushing of rocks and they just destroyed the industrial planet like they ripped the atmosphere out of it and everything i had no idea that that was going to happen but that's what <laughs> happened jesus uh, which is fantastic okay. uh, so they effectively destroyed the planet uh, one of the results of uh, active heresy was one of the other planets that is now overridden by a massive biological um, virus. Um, the escape from Nestro, which was the uh, the Hobart one, was the um, the tactical strike pub crawl, and that resulted in an orbital shipyard being split in half and one of the wings dropping down into um, the atmosphere and burning up. So uh, I, kind of, I have to say, sorry. Tactical stroke pub, pub crawl just sounds like a really good Friday night out. But <laughs> I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Um, so it was, yeah, it's probably the best event that I've been to. Uh, and it, it was just so laid back, casual. It's the epitome of throwing dice and drinking beer because it was literally, we had our pints of beer. And the rule was, if someone comes up to the table and puts a pint down, that becomes terrain. Um, Sweet. So it's like... You could have manoeuvred your troops so that you're just about to wail on them with uh, plasma guns, and someone comes over, oh, how you going? And they put their pint down in front of your squad. It's like, dude! No! It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Seriously, yeah, it was all... gone three, three inches over and blocked his line of sight. What the hell, man? So we, right. we just go crazy, like, oh, the next round is on me. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. wall of doom. <laughs> It was um, it was certainly a, a fun. So we we went to three different pubs and kind of just played around there. And uh, it it was also an eye opener for me about how gaming is uh, accepted in the community as well. There was a lot of people that were just coming up and going, "Hey, this looks cool." Unlike like ten, fifteen years ago or something like that. It's like nerds, eggs thrown at you and shit like that. Uh, um, but yeah, maybe that was just me. Uh, <laughs> good good source of protein when you're on a on a day out, you know. That's right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, the, that's how you create an army. That's how the army interacts. Um, and then uh, the, the next one would be how you're logging your battle reports uh, and the skirmish reports. Uh, so most of the, the campaigns that you'll be involved in, the global heresies, will have pre-formatted battle reports, uh, logins and that sort of stuff. So if we go to um, Gospel, only because I can't pronounce the other one, um, <laughs> Bungor Metallicus. There we go. Um, we should get a so recording you'll... of Tim, we should get a recording of Tim saying that. It'd be so much easier. <laughs> just yeah, just, just cut it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so we've gone to gospel, and straight away, so this is a, a planetary, even though it's a, a space station, it's what we call a planetary profile page. On the right-hand side, it gives you all of the information. It gives you a little ticker feed of the last skirmishes that have been fought. So uh, L33412 defeated L1931, a trade gain, uh, and that just keeps on cycling through the last few skirmishes that have been logged against it. Uh, your influence summary down the bottom of the right-hand box says that traders have got 16 influence, and that's it. So loyalists don't have anything in there, so loyalists, come on. Uh, and you can see the Eye of Horus is now um, fully illuminated, which means that they're currently uh, in the lead with, with that particular planet. Um, I think the, the difference has to be like 10 influence points, which is two solid battles to try and get ahead. You've actually got that code, uh, coded in there, so that's what that's how it comes out. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. so if the loyalists come back and they win two battles and they get up to like ten points, that image will actually change to uh, the undecided emblem, which is the, the combined loyalist and Eye of Horus. And then if the, tri the the loyalists take the lead, then you'll get the Aquila there. So yeah, it's uh, Rob did a lot of little kind of coding things like that, which is awesome, which I've replicated through and expanded on. So it's got a lot of things that most people won't see, um, but I don't care. It's nice little things. That I no, like. they're cool, man. That's the sort of stuff they talk about adding fluff and flavor. There it is right there. Yeah. Um, so you can see the description, which you guys have uh, written in quite nicely. Um, and then down the bottom, you've got suggested gaming. Uh, so that's to try and encourage people to follow that particular format of the gaming. And then underneath that, you've got battle reports and skirmish reports. So skirmish reports, if you only want to log... So if you played a game and you just want to log the result, uh, it will give you one influence point, so for whichever faction won, um, because it's just giving you a tiny little skirmish report. And that will log against both your profile, the campaign's profile, and the planet's profile. What we really like people to do, though, is what people have been doing, and that's doing battle reports. Um, battle reports have got fluff and have got the ability to upload photos. The battle report is worth five influence points just to represent and encourage people to try and do battle reports. Gotcha. Pretty much the way you create one is underneath battle reports. Again, you can see a box, an editable box, which will say gospel followed by a lot of characters. Um, that is a constantly refreshing number based on the current second of the year. Um, and it's just to ensure that it's a unique um, a unique name, so you're not trying to come up with a new name. Now, you can replace that sequence of numbers with uh, a name of the battle, or you can keep that sequence of numbers. It doesn't matter. So, for example, we're going to go gospel. You've got to leave the little squiggly line uh, test report. And then you just hit create. Same as the army profile, it will now bring up a, a templated page where you've just got to populate information. Now, this one, you don't have to populate much information at all in the, the confusing area. Pretty much replace the date, which is templated as 1 June 2016. Just overwrite that in the same format with the date the battle took place. And then a little bit further down where it says Victor, enter here. You replace enter here, whichever faction won. So if it was trader or loyalist. Then down a little bit further, this is where the army IDs come into play. You enter in your army ID under the loyalists involved in the conflict or traders involved in the conflict. 
just after the equals sign. So you go L13496, whichever our Dark, uh, dark Angels uh, Army ID was. Do the same for the trader. And then scroll down a little bit more, and you've got Battle Summary. That's where you enter in the actual summary of the battle. So Bob destroyed Frank. And then you hit Save. And that is literally all you need to do for the battle report. You can do far more if you want. Uh, like you can upload photos, uh, you can link things, you can create fancy little graphs, you can do whatever you want. Um, but the bare minimum is whack in your army IDs. If you don't have army IDs, you can create one. Or if you don't want to create one, you can just put a placeholder. So Bob's Death Guard or whatever you want. It'll just go red and it just won't link anywhere. Uh, and then if Bob does eventually create an army ID, you can go back and edit it and update all of Bob's Death Guard with the actual army ID. Cool. Um, you, you can sorry, but you can with the linking and everything. You mentioned uh, mentioned pictures. You can link uh, image galleries and stuff in there. Exactly right. Yeah. So if you've got a link to an image gallery, you can you can put that link in there. Um, you can do direct links to images. So if you've got um, just an uh, as you said an image gallery, you can get the URL of that image and simply paste that URL in, and it will automatically display that image. However, it will not modify the size of it. So if you've got a massive, massive photo that on um, Imager looks like thumb-sized, if you link to it, it will display it full-sized. Uh, so just be aware of that. And also be aware that when you link using that m mechanism, it uses, uh, it also piggybacks the destination's bandwidth. Um, so we try not to link too much to kind of uh, not imager sites and that sort of stuff, but like people's personal websites, yeah. um, because you'll be piggybacking their bandwidth, which we, it's just not nice to do. Um, otherwise, you can upload the images um, to to the actual website. Unfortunately, the limitation at the moment, we're trying to get a fix and trying to get an extension to allow you to do multiple image uploads, but at the moment, it only allows you to upload one image at a time. If you do upload the images... In the comments field of the image, you can put, and there's instructions on this as well, um, a category link and the name of the battle report. So you kind of do the, the hard bracket, hard bracket, category, um, colon, gospel, test report, close hard bracket, close hard bracket. Now what that will do is when you upload the image, it will automatically link that image to the battle report without having to do anything else. Just by uploading it, it will automatically transfer that image over there. Um, it was meant to be something easy to kind of help people linking battle reports, but it's still a little bit of a... When you don't know how to do it, it's a little bit convoluted. But once you've got it under your hat, then it's fine. So I was going to say the, the, the whole hard bracket thing just kind of gets me, um, even though I've yeah. actually gone through the guides and gone for the hell. It still confuses the hell out of me at times. Yeah. Uh, and that can it's be kind of a daunting parts. thing. Yeah. It's the... It's kind of the, the, the wiki is the halfway point of just writing text and doing a little bit of coding. But once you've got, like, you're used to those few codes, like the, you can hyperlink anything to the wiki by using the page name by putting it into a hard bracket, which is what then produces it in blue, the hyperlinks. So we know gospel is a space station. So anytime you write gospel, if you put it in double hard brackets, the wiki will automatically hyperlink it to the gospel page. Um, so it's just little things like that that kind of you, you slowly pick up and start using 
without thinking about. But yeah, unfortunately, it's that learning curve. Um, but the, there are step by step guides, as I said. Um, so if you go to the actual on the left hand side of the page, there's always that little menu. Uh, and if you go to the battle reports page and you scroll right down to the bottom, it's actually got like screenshots of which fields you need to click on, which fields you need to modify, um, how to modify it, what, and kind of, I think there's six steps to creating a battle report, and then you create the skirmish report, and there's like four steps to that. So cool. it's really hard to explain kind of in an audio sense without kind of having visual cues and that sort of stuff, but mm. um, hopefully people kind of have a look through it. And if you need a hand, please just contact me. Um, I'm... I'm happy to help. If if people have said got suggestions for making it easier, also please let me know. Um, if there's <laughs> people out there who know more uh, and can create a better report system, then that would be awesome. I'd like to create it as easy as possible, but my my skills is quite limited. So. Ah, it happens, and that's you know that's what again. This is a huge community tool. So seriously, guys, if somebody out there has got the skill and can can get in contact with Andrew, do it because. You know, 30k as a community is only going to benefit from it, and that means better, more fun, interesting fluff games, campaigns, more campaign ribbons, and all that sort of jazz. So reach out and get involved, definitely. And I think uh, we'll link. We can link our own armies. Yeah, definitely. In the show notes. Wait, wait to shoot me into actually having to write uh, fluff there, Freddie. Appreciate that. Yep. And for sure, uh, if, if people have got a little bit of spare time, strongly advise you to kind of go through some of those battle reports and some of the armies and, and do what you were talking about, get lost in, in linking, because there are some really, really good stories out there um, that people have written. Um, with uh, Some of our players can write really well. Um, and even the kind of the, the normal written ones, it's just cool to kind of read something that's generated from someone else's game um, and just kind of go, oh, that sounded like a really awesome game. Um, like it's it's great that like it turned around at the end or, yeah, it looked as though you were kind of doing doing tactics and it followed through all the way through and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's be sure to go, go have a look at kind of what other players are writing and doing and um, I think people will enjoy it. Oh, definitely, I, I think it sounds awesome. And like I said, I'm I'm now being uh, put on the spot and shamed by my co-host. I will have to get my <laughs> fluff written up. Excellent. Um, but uh, yeah, I re- I really like it. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. To be fair, I've I've nabbed a few images and a uh, few things that I want to uh, play around with and resize so I can update my uh, army lo- you know army icon because you can actually choose like one of the types of uh, troops like terminators or uh, breaches yep. or whatever to act as sort of your your uh, generic army icon yeah. for, for your dudes and stuff like that like you've you mentioned and we just went on the click through the shield you've got for yours for your old imperial fists very cool yep. um so yeah that's that's a hell of a lot of fun if you want to um if you go back to the home page yep. and you click on uh, the knights now, that'll take you through to the, the Questorus Familiar. Now, the second one from the left, if you click on that one, QKNT2151. And yep. you go in there. This guy has got a huge Holy amount of fluff. Hell. 
and you see his image on the right hand side the that's coat custom, of arms yeah yeah that's made specifically for his uh, actual um, night house so he's got a heap of graphics that have been made that he's in the midst of uploading and linking and that sort of stuff um, which yeah it's they're the sort of things that you love when people start going in all out and kind of designing their own night household with their their graphics and that. So that's Biggie from um, from our Canberra campaigns, and he does a phenomenal um, militia army. Um, it's it's got a fantastic history. So if you've got time, have a read of that one. Um, yeah, definitely. But not right now. So. <laughs> well, no, not right now. As we're we're, we're yeah. interview, the last thing we want to do is. Uh, get lost in fluff and then suddenly realize That's hang it. on it's 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 4 a.m in the morning and we're we're talking about nuclear fission um when we should talk about 30k <laughs> but i'm pretty sure we could bring that around anyway um True. so yeah i mean thank you for the walkthrough because that's that's really helped it's helped me just as a again new new 30k player new very new to us 30k and being able yep. to walk through it and yeah seriously guys go and have a look at this uh this night house uh house Tutham, Tuthar, I think it is Tuthar, Night Household, has some amazingly cool stuff here. And I'm going to leave this open on my computer so I actually remember to go back and uh, actually deal with it, (laughs) have a read of it. Cool. And and I suppose the last aspect that's kind of tied into the Oz30K is what we introduced in Australia a while ago, which were the Battle Honours. It was something that the the team of uh, event organisers in Australia came up with early on that we wanted something to to kind of commemorate uh, an army's participation in an event or a campaign or a battle. Um, and so what we came up with was the uh, the dog tag battle on a system. Um, yes. So it's, it's kind of inter- intertwined with uh, Oz30K because... A lot of the Oz30K campaigns utilise what we call the Battle Honor system, um, and what it is is their event tokens um, in the form of uh, US military dog tags. So um, the the proper size, rolled edges, and all of that sort of stuff. They've then got the loyalist, undecided, or traitor image laser etched onto them, and then event details actually embossed into the the tag itself. So the name the 30k date and then the battle honor underneath it um so for example i've got one in front of me at the moment which i've got to give to somebody um for the balonian insurrection which is our local campaign um and that particular battle honor uh, just scrabbling to grab it or i'll do a rolling of trigoy escape from nestro so one unit may gain void hardened so that particular tag is now attached permanently to L73177, which is my Imperial Fist Army. So I can't actually use that tag with my Black Shields because they're a different army. The tag is supposed to stay with the army that you used at that particular battle to represent the army kind of gaining experience. Um, but then what you can do is any events that use the Battle Honor system is you can use one tag for every 500 points that the army is using or one tag more than your opponent has so if you're playing a 3000 point army uh and your opponent's never played before in a an old 30k game or a campaign game and it hasn't got any tags you don't go out there with six tags and just kind of do i do this 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 and this you just use one tag just to kind of keep it nice um 
So the tags, kind of sounds like you'd be going up, down, left, right, back, back, A, B, and right. Hadouken, and yeah. then, you know. It's like, hey, and I win. And the caveat is don't be a dick. Um, Always the, the, the number tags, one rule. That's right. The, the tags are supposed to be small uh, kind of novelty things, but because there are so many tags floating about, you can create some woefully disgusting combinations. Um like a single unit may um, uh, may come in from reserves turn one. A single unit may outflank. You may re-roll a single reserve roll. And you can kind of put all of these things together and go, all right, boom, 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 boom. I've just outflanked a Spartan unit with destroyer weapons that devastate your entire army and I win before you even get to roll dice and that sort of stuff. That's not the intention of the tags. Um, most of the tags are something like one unit will gain void-hardened. Void Reroll a single deep strike. Force your opponent to roll 3d6 for a single scatter roll. I think, wasn't Give... it the, the Lincoln one was a reroll a reserve roll or something along those lines? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. See, I, see, I so... pay attention. <laughs> Freddy, I pay attention to this stuff even though I didn't make the event. Just saying. Um... <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, good. All of the current battle honours... I've got to update it, actually. It's a little bit behind, about two months. All of the current battle honours, so all of the tags that have been issued, are actually listed on Oz30K under battle honours. Uh, and so people can... Uh, the, the tags have only got a certain number of characters, so there's often a lot of abbreviation. And so if the, it needs to be expanded a little, um, then it can be. For example, for an Inferno campaign, Inferno Phase 4, the tag... Uh, allows a single independent character may be equipped with the armour in Furnace, upgrading their regular armour to have the hardened special rule and a built-in Nuncio Vox. There's no way that we can write that on a tag. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it, it was a single IC may gain armour in Furnace, and then armour in Furnace does all of that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, and just little things. And it just, it's... First off, the event token, so it's a, a reminder that you went to the event, and then it's just something to kind of take to another uh, battle, and you can kind of just do that little thing. A single unit may run 2d6, or one character gains a free breaching charge. Um, we try to make them so that they're not game-changing, like you win the game on a 3-plus or something like that. Well, char um, char characters running around with a, with a D-strength um, thunder weapon. Exactly. So what we try to do is it's an effect that is lasts a single turn or it's a minor modification of an effect or it's a weapon or an equipment upgrade on a non-independent character often we try to do non-independent characters now so that you're going yeah i'm going to give a sergeant a, a mastercrafted bolter now um things like that um and so that's that kind of has taken off really really well to the point that when the original supplier we started that last year when the original supplier said, um, we're having difficulties and we're, we're probably going to shut the business down, um, he, he had a much larger business. It wasn't just about my dog tags, obviously. Um, I actually thought, nah, I really don't want this aspect to die. Um, I think a lot of people are enjoying it in Australia and it was starting to take off internationally. Uh, so we ran the Kickstarter um, so that I could actually buy one of the embossing machines um, and the, the Kickstarter was successful. I got the embossing machine, so I'm now kind of doing it myself, which allows me to be a lot more responsive to people's requests. I can customise them a lot more rather than trying to go through a third party. Um, and they ended up being, we can keep the costs nice and low, so they're 
like $5 per tag, uh, just a nice round figure. That includes postage. Um, so we, we send that out to the, the events um, around the world. And then basically any uh, kind of profits from that, that's what kind of helps Oz30K keep going. So that pays for all of the domain fees, the hosting fees, um, and, and other things. Um, but the margin is quite slim, but it does help offset those costs. Um, so, Again, yeah, that's keep, kind of... Keeping it going, which is important. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's, it's good fun seeing more and more tags get out there and people kind of turning up to an event with a tag that people haven't seen before. Obviously, I have, because I printed the frickin' thing. Um, <laughs> but someone coming from Melbourne to a Canberra event and kind of going, oh, I use this tag, and everyone's going... Whoa, what the fuck's that tag? Where's that from? Oh, that's from the Echorex campaign. It's like, oh, what's going on in the Echorex campaign? And then they start talking about the campaign that they're playing in and the armies that they're using and all of that sort of stuff. And when we go up to Brisbane, we go, oh, this is from the Savage campaign. Oh, what happened there? And it, it's kind of a, I don't know, not a conversation starter. We're not trying to pick people up or anything, but um, <laughs> well, maybe you are. Um, you just, know. Yeah, talking about the hobby and talking about the community and getting them all involved in the in that same universe and yeah, it just found it really really enjoyable and it it took off a lot better than what I was anticipating. So uh, it's something that is really being picked up around the world now, which has kind of blown me away. And uh, you know, I know Freddie's a big proponent of it. <laughs> And yep. um, you've actually set up a Facebook page for for this. And what's the name of the Facebook page? Yeah, we, we kind of formalised it because uh, Australia needs to be pretty formal in things to get kind of tax tax deduction, so you're not paying through the nose. Uh, it's called Tagged Events, so T-A-G-G-E-D Events. Uh, that's on Facebook. We're going to try and set up a... Um, an actual website soon, but again, the, the reason why Oz30K is so basic is because I don't know how to do these things, but we'll we'll look into that. Um, and so tagged events is kind of the, the commercial arm of Oz30K. Um, the commitment I made from the start with Oz30K was that it would never, ever get uh, advertising on the website. Um, like a lot of the wikis that I've seen that have got hosting and that sort of stuff, you can get free hosting if you do advertising and pop-ups, and that just pissed me off. Um, so I always hey, amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be free. It would be advertising free, and there'll be no pop-ups or anything like that. So um, the, we've had to uh, up the plans a few times simply because of the bandwidth um, that we're using, which is a fantastic thing that people are using it and we're having to actually up the, the storage and bandwidth and so uh, tagged events is kind of the, the commercial arm to help offset the costs and um, I use um, use it to communicate with uh, the tags and um, the, the dog sorry the, the personal dog tags which we do as well um, so they're instead of just the event tags the dog tags are uh, you can use well, you can use them for whatever you want, but they are intended to kind of go on people's army cases um, uh, to help identify them. And they've got so your, your legion emblem, so the imperial fist or night lords or loyalists or whatever, and then your own name, your character's name, your army's name, whatever you want. It's got custom text embossed on it, um, and so we sell sell those ones as well. And I'm just about I just received the last batch of lasered tags for the Kickstarter. I'm hoping this weekend to to punch them out. 
and then as soon as they're done, I'm actually going to open orders up to the general public for um, for personal tags. So people who want a Mechanicus dog tag set to go with all of their event tags uh, can do so. Um, we can go yeah. from there. And suddenly, every time you mention something new, the shopping list just gets bigger. I'm just pointing that out. I have no problem with this. I really don't. It's like being at Forge World, but just with you know cool, cool other stuff. And it's just like, oh yeah, cool. There's something new out. There's something new out. And you, I, you, we talked about this before we went on. But you're about to drop another bomb, which is going to take some money out of my wallet. But I am so happy about it. So what's yes. the other thing you've been working on? Well, you guys actually prompted me onto doing this. So it's your own fault. Um, it's Zone Mortalis. Um, Zone Mortalis is such. A fantastic facet of our hobby, uh, and not a people, not enough people play it. And one of the biggest hurdles of Zone Mortalis is the board. Okay. Um, like a good Zone Mortalis board. Well, the Forge World Zone Mortalis board is just ridiculously expensive. It's also a pain in the ass to store. Um, I, I rapidly run out of um, storage space. Um, so we, both Sydney and Canberra, we run what's called midweek missions. We actually run weekly Zone Mortalis campaigns in between our monthly Age of Darkness campaigns, and they're all interlinked. Um, so we, we uh, desperately needed Zone Mortalis boards. And so something that we came up with is um, we've now got basically cardboard, hard card um, Zone Mortalis walls, um, and they've got bulkheads, they've got uh, six-inch walls, three-inch walls, um, uh, pillars and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and we were trialling them for, for this year, um, but basically because of the, the Zone Mortalis escalation campaign that you guys launched, we've tried to get them finalised and make sure that they're all good and kind of put them up for sale. So basically there are enough cardboard walls, you've got to assemble them yourselves, um, but enough cardboard walls to populate decently a a four by four map. Um, so, like, there's a couple of open spaces that we usually fill with rhinos and that sort of stuff. But it certainly creates enough congestion, similar to the the Forge World ones, that the walls are thinner. Um, and yeah, they basically come on 38 pages of 200 GSM paper. So not big, thick, hard cardboard, but it's nice hard card. Um, you cut it out. You fold it like those old school from the 80s cut out fold glue model type things. Awesome. Do you remember those? Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> Double sided tape for the wind was always good exactly. with those. <laughs> or, or the old second ed terrain. Oh, the classic sort of uh, landing pads yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, the, the uh, bastion things they had. Yeah. Yeah, very um, cool. And so we use that kind of as a, as a basis. And basically, we use a map. Uh, sorry, a, a mat. Um, we use the game mat ones um, from the Czech Republic. They're phenomenal. Um, so just that they're like the shipboard ones, um, and we we chose these the designs uh, that we've that we're printing on the card to kind of match those ones. But I'm pretty sure that Fat Mat also do a a style. Yeah, um, the ship interior as well. Yeah, uh, that would also work. And basically, you cut out the walls, you glue them together. Um, they were designed to fit in a metal briefcase that we sell here at Bunnings in Australia. Um, the entire set kind of doubles up, fits in the briefcase. I mounted mine on self-adhesive magnetic strips, so it sticks itself to the walls of the, the briefcase. And there's your Zone Mortalis kit. So you rock up to the store or whatever with a metal briefcase, open it up, and then assemble your, like, 
you don't have to carry these boxes and boxes of terrain. Um, and they've worked really well. So we're about to open them up again for general sale. We had a pre-order, and unfortunately I just had absolute frickin' murder with the printer I got for it. I bought a, a colour laser printer three weeks ago, and it only just started printing last night. We we had a damaged drum, we had leaking toner, and I had the technician out twice. It was just... I couldn't believe it. I was about to throw it out the window, but um, <laughs> you work now. You the... work now. Or you go into the warp. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was. Oh, I couldn't believe things just going wrong after the other. But thankfully, the people who pre-ordered um, all of the the walls would have been very understanding. So hopefully, after this weekend, we'll be sending them out. Um, and again, because they're just uh, printed on uh, sheets, they flat pack really well. So postage, even international postage, is uh, reasonable. Um, so we'll be looking, the pre-orders were uh, all done, and hopefully once they're out of the way, we'll be looking at selling them for 50 Australian dollars for um, a kit plus postage. Um, so postage will be determined like if you're, if you're in a non-Australian country, just get in touch with me um, and we'll work out what the postage is, but normally Australian postage domestic is about 10 bucks for this sort of weight. So, um, that's But that, that's kind of it. So, that's 50 bucks impressive. plus that, and you got Zone Mortalis. That's so cool. Um, and the, again, I, I mean, I, I make boards as a sort of a side hobby, um, and I've got my way of doing them. And I've been looking at building a, uh, I've been looking at building a Zone Mortalis board, and I was, you know, pondering around, pondering around, and then I saw the tagged events and sort of li- liked our, our Facebook page, and I kind of went and went, oh, cool. Okay, I'm going to buy them instead. <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to make one, but it's like, I kind of want one now, not, not yeah. in the six months it's going to take me to do it. So, yeah. No, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, there, there, there's some so many companies with, uh, third-party companies with like the MDF style walls and that sort of stuff. And they're fantastic. Um, but I needed something really quick, easy, cheap. Uh, I, I like and need uh, four-zone Mortalis tables for an upcoming event. I can't spend like a thousand dollars on each St. Mortalis table. Um, so it's just, I needed something quick and easy. And, uh, the intention wasn't to sell them at that stage, but I just started getting asked so much, like so many people, uh, can you, can you make me some? Can you make me some? Can you make me some? Like, I'm not going to make you any because they're a pain in the ass to make. I'll, I'll say that straight off the bat. It's fiddly, but it's kind of, do you want to pay a thousand bucks for the resin ones? or whatever, and just kind of spend a few hours on the weekend cutting them up and folding them. Um, so it, it's tedious, but I suppose all you guys out there who do paint, um, I suppose it's kind of like painting then, is it? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say painting's tedious, but I, I know what you mean. It's it's, a, it's another <laughs> well, hobbying aspect, let's put it that yeah. way. I, I can tell you, painting a so Metalis board from Fortwell is not going to take you the weekend. So... <laughs> So I was, was going to say, Michael, Michael from the Eye of Horus can, can, can attest to that. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so, look, um, and so, yeah, they're, they're reasonably robust, like the ones that we've got on our trial ones that you can see photos of on the, the Facebook page. They're actually only printed out on 100 GSM, um, and they, at the time of taking pictures, I'm pretty sure they'd gone through nearly 30 or 40 games. Um, so as long as you don't kind of throw them under the wheel of something like that and stand on them. Um, 
they're robust. They they can get knocked around in the game. They can have models sitting on top of them. Um, if you really want to make them even tougher, you can put uh, foam core in the middle of it. Um, so kind of wrap the wrap the walls around foam core. Um, that'll kind of extend the assembly time a bit more, but probably make them last even longer. Um, and yeah, uh, so. We think they're good. They're, um, we've got a heap of orders for clubs. Uh, one club's ordered like 10 sets and that sort of stuff so that they can just start running mass zone mortalis. Uh, but the entire intention was to allow people who are starting out who want to get into zone mortalis to get into zone mortalis quick, easy, cheap. If you like it, expand into a better set. Um, get something from the third-party providers. Get something from Forge World. Um, but here's kind of a, a quick, easy start to, to get you going. And the the Forge World Forge World page has the rules for Zone Mortalis up there, and it's yep. it's like you say, it's such an easy game to get into. I mean, if you've got the um, if you've got the set like from yourselves, you could play it on a kitchen tabletop. I mean, it's not going to be yeah. the most awesome immersive gaming experience, may, maybe, but you put it on the tabletop, you've got the uh, you've got the walls and everything. You've got a game, you know, away you go, yeah. go have fun. Um, yep. Which and, I think and is it so really cool. is a fun format. It, it's such a, an awesome game. Um, the moment you take the vehicles out, of, besides walkers, um, you're running around with an all-infantry army uh, with some dreadnoughts and that sort of stuff. Uh, it changes the, the tactics completely. You, you're not worrying about Typhons wiping out entire squads. You're, you're not having Xiphons coming in and Lightnings blowing up your Spartans and that sort of stuff. You're running around corridors, kicking in doors, throwing breaching charges, getting vented into the void, getting sucked out into space. Um, it's just awesome. I think it, I think it's I, I, I've yet I, I'll admit I'm yet to play it. I've played something like it with friends, and I am I am looking so much forward to actually uh, to actually getting some games in. Yeah, and cool. uh, yeah, it'd be very very cool. Yeah, I love so much, Alice. It's good, uh, and it, it, it like it, it's really good. It, like if if you have to work and you can't really finish a big three thousand point game, it it goes so so much quicker and it's it's more high high paced, high tempo kind of forty k or thirty. Yeah, smash out a game and you're done. Right. That's that's why we do it. At, so at midweek, so Sydney does Monday nights at um, a store, and uh, we do in Canberra Thursday nights at a store. So after work. Starts about six o'clock. Um, people rock up, pl- just play a game of Zone Mortalis, grab a pint of beer, um, and they just smash out like one or two games each. Um, half a dozen people, a dozen people, doesn't matter. Uh, and yeah, you can you can just fit a quick game in, have a relaxed evening, done. Um, unlike as Freddie said, like the, those three thousand point games, you, you're going to be there for a few hours. But these, you just boom, 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 sorted. Yeah. Uh, and. We, we try to tie them into the, the campaign. So, for example, on uh, last last month that we did it our campaign, there were two Praetors. So we play with campaign characters. So they level up and they gain experience. But if your campaign character actually gets killed on the tabletop, like in Book 4, you roll on a fatality chart and one of the results is captured. So if any Praetors or campaign characters get captured, that turns into a Zone Mortalis mission for the following month until the, the next month. And there's a mission to try and go and rescue the, the Praetors and the captured commanders. And if they don't, they get executed and the person can't use them the following month. They've got to restart their campaign character. Or if they get rescued, then they get their character back. So just things like that. 
Uh, the, uh, the that's using the conquest system, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've we've modified the conquest system a little bit because the we found that the conquest system is fantastic, but it's really aimed at three to four players in a garage over a weekend, not. 30 to 40 players playing an extended campaign over 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of broke it the first time we ran a, a campaign in Canberra about two years ago, and it's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> so we, we modified them around a bit, changed it. We created our own campaign maps. You'll see if you go to um, Rulling of Tregoy or Savage or Balonian, uh, you'll see in those um, uh, campaign profiles there's actually a big campaign map split into territories and we print them out onto vinyl and then we have um, campaign uh, marker tokens. So at the start of each round, all of the, the teams get together, they select a war master and then they actually nominate territories to go and invade, select someone who's going to attack it. The opposing war master selects someone to defend it and then that determines the result of that territory. Those territories give you bonuses, all of that sort of stuff. So over the course of the campaign, the territories change hands and the victory points go up and down, and yeah, it's really good fun. That sounds a hell of a lot of awesome fun. Yeah. Yep. Really I does. Love, I love campaigns. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. And it's... It, it creates a regular gaming environment as well. So um, like every month we... Uh, so we started basically with a player base of like three or four, now with... Um, working in conjunction with Sydney, our regular monthly campaign, we're lucky to drop beneath 24 players. Um, nice. Which, it's just fantastic. You're rocking it, and people playing, and they're all like-minded people. Um, so none of our events run podium finishes. We we don't give prizes for first prize or second prize or anything like that. We give either random spot prizes or player votes and that sort of stuff. Um, so everyone's rocking up to these events with the full understanding that they're not going to be walking away with a prize type thing unless they're, unless they're lucky. So people don't build curb-stomping lists. They're building lists that conform with their, their army and their fluff and their faction and that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, it, it's created an excellent gaming. Campaigns provide a really good avenue to create an excellent community people who are motivated towards tournament play, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with tournament play. People enjoy that. But people who do enjoy tournament play normally don't enjoy campaigns because there's not a clear winner. Uh, it's like you're not declared the winner, so it's over. It's kind of building that continuing story. So if you run a campaign, you'll find that you'll slowly establish a community of like-minded players, and that will then result in an avalanche type thing, that you'll get to a critical mass where you'll just get more and more people, garage gamers come out, friends of friends who got out of 40K six, seven years ago because they weren't enjoying it, but they still play with one other mate in the garage every month or something, and you'll just find more and more people starting to come out of the woodworks. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's, again, that's sort of like, like we've said many times before on the podcast, and we've said many times when talking about the community and the, the general podcast community as a whole, that's what we're trying to do is, you know, uh, as uh, Tim and Michael say, dudes looking for dudes, Try and drag dudes out of the woodwork, see if we can get dudes to come and play games with dudes, and generally yeah. have just have a lot of fun. And you know, again, stuff like this, stuff that's ongoing and not the um, the one shot uh, impulse um, victory is all kind of events. 
which, like you say, are fun. People can enjoy doing them. I, I actually enjoy playing in tournaments. Um, well, I did on the sixth edition anyway, um, and and eighth edition fantasy or seventh edition fantasy, the one before it detonated. Um, you know that all that was fun. And I love that sort of stuff, and um, that's all all well and good. But like you say, it's for uh, it'll bring more people out if there isn't that pressure on them. Yeah, I, I think I, that's the key. Yeah, I just think events, regardless if it's a tournament or if it's a campaign or if it's sort of narrative run, it just uh, it's just a catalyst. Like it, it really gets people going, motivated to paint. And if and every time you go to an event, Jesus Christ, how many times haven't you like, oh, I need to buy these units, I need to paint this up. Oh, this guy had this awesome fucking Thunderhawk. I need to buy a Thunderhawk. Yeah. Oh, good God! Don't <laughs> ever take don't ever take a Cerberus again or. Uh... Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna buy some new dice because these ones just screw me over, and those ones, and those ones. Yeah. You know. No, but <laughs> it, it's it's yeah, it's it's really like a nice get together with everyone is like-minded, and yeah, it's just amazing. I love I love events. And I, I will say personally, I can't thank you enough for actually going through this and putting it together because you've really created something that doesn't exist in my mind in any way, shape, or form in the 40k community, and that is a 30k community hub. You know, like the, like the 30k forum, you know, two, and, and some of the places on Facebook, with two very well-recognized hubs for communication, for interaction, and for doing what I think is a huge thing for the, everybody who's involved in the heresy is about the fluff and giving it a home. That's awesome. Cheers. And giving it a hope that people can get to and use. <laughs> it certainly was a selfish thing, though. It was um, the same as the way I run my events. I, I kind of preach to people who will listen is run an event or do things the way that you would like to see it done. Mm. And if there are like-minded people, then they will come and do it and replicate it. And if there aren't, then no one will come. But there's no use kind of whinging at a TO or an EO saying oh, you should be running an event like this. If you feel that way, get it. out and fucking do it yourself. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not that hard, but um, if, if you really want to play it that way, run something, and then you can play in your own event, and people will come along. Uh, and that's the same with everything, same with Oz30K. I wanted something there, so I built it. People have come along. People wanted the, the, the Heresy podcasts. Um, now, look how many podcasts we've got, and... The fantastic thing is the podcasts are, are uniting and coordinating, and that's doing even more benefit for the community. And it's like, it's good. It's there. There's been a number of catalysts, um, like Oz30K and like the podcasts. And thankfully, we've just we've been able to coordinate and get together. And all of these catalysts together is. I think we have got the best gaming community evolving out of all of the game systems at the moment. It is such a phenomenal community at this point in time. It's fantastic. Um, it's just, yeah, absolute pleasure to kind of interact with and do the things that we do. And and that's the reason why I've done so much is because people are enjoying it and people are giving feedback. Oz30K and the dog tags and the walls. And if six months after we set up Oz30K, we were still the only ones using it. wouldn't have advanced much further than that. But it's the community that's picking up and running with it and appreciating it and using it. So, yeah, all kudos to the community. 
Yeah, kudos to those getting it done. Like you say, I mean, honestly, before I before I started this podcast with the yeah, I we started this podcast. I never would have thought I'd been talking to guys in uh, Stockholm or you know the US or Canada about my hobby. You know, unless it was posting on Facebook in a group. And yeah. look what's happened. You know, we've got two podcasts in Sweden. We've got two up in uh, two in Australia. Um, you know, one in the UK so far, and North, two or three in North America or North America and Canada. And like you say, we all talk. We all get stuff together. Yeah. Well, not all of us talk, but most of us talk, and uh, <laughs> we get we get stuff done, and we have a lot of fun with it. So it's Phenomenal. very cool. I, I did have one one question about the dog tags actually, um, yeah, and you and Freddie can answer this one. When it comes to actually creating the reward on the dog tags, is that something you organise with the TOs, or do you just go, "I've got this cool idea, and I'd like to see this happen here"? Have your dog tags? It's it's a negotiation. <laughs> okay, that's, that's where I kind of I be a little bit Hitlerish type thing and. I don't want the dog tags to be abused. Um, no. So, for example, I will plain refuse to issue a dog tag that gives a Praetor a hand D weapon or something like that. Damn it. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anything that is ridiculous, uh, kind of I'll say, look, I think that's a little bit overpowered, only because the the rules with the dog tags is that if you rock up to another event using the, the Oz... Of 30k dog tag systems, then you're allowed to use your dog tags. So if one particular group in an area like has woefully overpowered dog tags, then when they rock up to another area, then they just kind of it feels a bit uh, out of out of whack. Yeah. Um, I haven't had to do that to anyone yet. So uh, again, that that's the community. They know what the the dog tags are used for or in that. But most of the time, uh, someone uh, like Freddie will go, "I want a dog tag for the event." They've either got an idea for the dog tag because it's tied into the theme of the event. So if it's, for example, the escape from Nestro, game one Void Hardened because it was fought in a depressurized space station. Mm -hmm. um, or they just go, I've got no idea. Do you have a suggestion? And there's always kind of the just the stock standards. Um, may force an enemy to re-roll a single D6 or re-roll a single armor save. Um, roll something. It's a lot of the time it's dice manipulation. Um, normally you kind of go um, an enemy unit is at minus one ballistic skill for a single turn, um, or you might be on a, a, a tech marine planet or something like that with a corrupted virus going through. So a, a single haywire attack might do uh, a penetrating hit on a five six. Just just little things like that, mm. if you know what. Little flavor pieces, basically, but they they, they yeah. add add some flair and creativity. And the fun the fun thing about those, is, in my eyes, is they they drive those little stories that uh, fill out the battle report. You know, like you say, uh, yeah. you know, Sergeant yeah. Sergeant Jono went through a went through a haywire grenade or whatever, and because because he's a, a vet of the uh, you know the rallying of Trigoy, you know, he actually. He's had experience in this, and he petted, he took down a he took a did some damage using a haywire grenade more you know, easier. Yep. And but writing that up in a fluff in a fluff story, you've got some serious space to uh, to play around with and make that like the epic last charge of uh, Sergeant Jono going in for going for the you know balls out yeah. 
all hope, no, uh, all hope, uh, hope and glory kind of way. And I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, I'm trying not to fanboy on this, but I'm failing miserably. <laughs> I really, really, I really, really love it. I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we, I, I'm sorry to say, well, I'm not sorry to say, but we will be talking when it comes to uh, putting something together for the uh, Scorpio insurrection. Yep. Yep. Definitely. But, awesome. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very keen to try and I'd love the first instance of international people kind of coming up with to to an event with an international dog tag, either Australia to international or international to Australia. Right? And that'll be awesome when someone rocks up and goes, where the hell's that from? It's like, oh, yeah, no, that's Lincoln Heresy over in yeah. freaking <laughs> Northern Hemisphere, man. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. They play Heresy over there? It's like, have you never heard of the bastion, bastion of 30k that is Sweden? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like Sweden even got dice. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we have. You know, they're IKEA dice. You have to put them together, all seven sides. That's right. It's like shit. I put too many sixes on this one again. <laughs> Damn it! I'll just have to put that in my uh, my uh, assault pile. <laughs> rending sweet. <laughs> Rend- yeah, rending pile. <laughs> But no, they are they are good fun and people enjoy them. Like we've got uh, the, the the big element is that it uh, the intention is that it remains with the army. So we've got one guy who's actually been playing. This is his third campaign now, and he's gone to a few interstates with the same, his Alpha Alpha Legion, and he's only ever used Alpha Legion. So his pile of dog tags is huge. Um, whereas a lot of people kind of bounce between armies, so they kind of they've got two tags in this army, three tags in that army, four tags on this army. Um, this guy's got like every one of his tags is on this one army, <laughs> so he kind of rocks up to an event with like twenty tags. It's like, <laughs> okay, let's play. <laughs> <laughs> the guy on the other side's going, shit. <laughs> which ones? And that's gonna, which which choice is he going to make with the uh, with, with the limitations? Like, what's he going to pull out here? <laughs> That's right, uh, and that's what kind of triggered the, the limitations. Was if your opponent is uh, like one more than your opponent, to say you kind of go, this guy's got twenty tags, he can use six of them. It's like, oh shit. So um, normally, what we encourage people to do as well before the ba- game begins is to um, uh, pick the tags that you're going to use for the game, so you don't kind of sit there going, eh, I'll use this one now. So you kind of kind of try and anticipate which tags you'll use, but. That's that's just a personal preference, is that? Nice, I like it. I, I've got to ask: Have you got kind of kind of an eye into the future? Have you have you sort of gone? This is going really well because it's. I mean, you've got you just like you say, you're releasing the ZM boards out there. Um, you've got the dog tags going. What's next? Where do oh. you <laughs> sleep? <laughs> yeah, look, I wanna. Um... I certainly want to try and not keep on releasing terribly much through tagged events this year. I want to stabilise. I want to make sure that everybody who's supported me with the Kickstarter and the pre-orders have got their stuff kind of reset and then start doing orders there. Um, but then on a personal side, I, I've, I've got um, uh, a child due in two months, so I suspect hobby time will be eaten up there. Um, and then I'm, yep. I'm running <laughs> a monthly campaign. Um and then in December, I'm running a major event called the Hastelude. Uh, and then in uh, January, I'm running Active Heresy again uh, with Dave Carpenter. Um, so we've doubled the size of that. So that that's going to be kind of a, a premium event for 48 players, two days of massive, massive narrative gaming um, right next to a, uh, a bar. 
so that's massive, massive hangovers on day two then. Yeah, all the requirement to become a massive, awesome event then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so Active Heresy just blew blew us away with how that went. That was so much better than what we anticipated it was going to be. So we're, um, that's basically what triggered the, the national event series. So this is now going to be an annual thing, um, doing a, a national event series. Um, and the, the Hastalude is kind of my big focus at the moment, which is... Um, Basically, like a medieval event, a medieval tournament, but using knights. So knight only. It's still set in the 30k universe, um, but the entire theme is like one of the planets is called for a Hastalude, which is a medieval tournament. You're not allowed to have any conflict within the area, so it's all kind of jousts, duels, quintains, and tournaments and that sort of stuff. Um, so I'll... Yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see how that one will go. It's it's using a combination of the Imperial Renegade rules um, and 30k rules. So you you actually kind of sit down and you go, all right, activate shield is step one and go through the steps. So it's all simultaneous. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that that one's I'll I'll flick a link through that one. That's a little bit hard yeah, to explain as well, but it yeah. it. Uh, I'm hoping it'll take off. If we can get kind of a dozen people to that, and uh, that's where all of this artwork, there's been a bit of artwork floating around of um, yep. knights fighting each other in a very medieval-style artwork. Ah, is that uh, what that's for? Oh. That looks so yeah. cool. I was wondering about that, because that, I really love that work. Yeah, Mary Spence, um, sorry, Mary um, Dearden now, um, has done, this is all custom-made artwork. She's a very, very talented artist. Um, I commissioned her to make six uh, pieces of art for the event. Um, so we've got three done already. We kind of slowed them down when the first two went viral and kind of just started getting spread everywhere without any... Uh, I didn't care that they weren't being recommended back to the, the event page, but I was a little disappointed that people weren't acknowledging that Mary was the, the artist because yeah. the original kind of posts clearly said this is done by like an independent artist and that sort of stuff, but people just grabbed the images and just started spreading them. But credit, we caught credit, up. Credit where credit is due, basically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. right she, she was doing a fantastic thing for like that artwork is phenomenal, and obviously people like it because it went viral within uh, 40, 48 hours of us uploading our event pictures. She did a reverse search on the images and she got seven pages. Um, so it's just yeah, good work, and she she needs to be kind of credited for for that good work. Um, but that's kind of the the theme of the event is it's really meant to be harnessing that feudal medieval chivalric aspect of the night houses and they're kind of going fuck the horus heresy there's this massive civil war going on but we're doing a tournament of chivalry i don't care if you're fighting on horus's side or if you just slaughtered my entire house six months ago while we're at this tournament no one kills anybody else type thing we follow the rules of the tournament after the tournament we go back to the war kind of like what they did in like medieval tournaments so um, but yeah we'll see <laughs> yeah I love it I think it's going to be so cool and uh, we'll we'll make sure we shout it out for you on the on the cast as long as we can yeah awesome for sure definitely it's, uh, again that's the sort of thing I mean I'll say to you now if you get if you get events please let us know because we, we want to shout them out it doesn't matter if they're around uh, the other side of the world we want to shout them out and get people out there playing that's what it's all about yeah. yeah, for sure, and it, and it works. We're, we've had two or three people 
um, turn up to our uh, campaigns now, saying that they they heard about our campaign on I've Horus podcast and that sort of stuff. So it's like doesn't matter where or who is shouting it out. People listen to these podcasts and they're sitting in their hobby room and they're not interacting with a group because they don't know about that group and then they suddenly hear about something in a town that's two hours away. They're going to drive to that town. I can I can put money on it. Um, people are really, really dedicated in this hobby. Um, at least half of our regular guys are at least an hour away from, from our town. We've got people who drive three hours each way to come to our, our regular monthly campaigns. So um, it's, yeah, get it out there, get people to spruik it, and, yeah. Definitely, build definitely. The build the community, keep it going, man. And then exactly. we will at some point... Uh, Freddie's more than welcome to put his uh, his um, his stuff up online uh, for the uh, next episode or whatever. Uh, for or the uh, we'll link it on our webpage. But um, I, I'm going to have to take a little bit of time and actually sit down and write my write my fluff up a little bit. Give or give myself some sort of background at least to work from. But uh, yeah, definitely, I want to get it up there. I love I love the fluff. I love this sort of stuff. It's what actually made me come over. Um, uh, come out to, of the closet. <laughs> well, yeah, come out of the 40k closet into into the light of 30k, and um, you know, I just uh, I'm not looking back. I'm even looking, I'm even looking at my 40k models which have been put away in a box, thinking I could probably sell those and repurpose yeah. some of them. And the interesting thing is, is that once you've once you've built a community like that, um, like the the view is that 40k doesn't have that aspect, but it does. It's just that the community doesn't exist on the level of the Horus Heresy community, but it's starting to come back now. Like, you've you've now... For example, we've got the, the two dozen, three dozen people turning up to 30k. People are now talking about Badab Wars and the Badab campaign and oh. those particular campaigns that are in Imperial Armour. So you've, you've got a community of like-minded people who are focused on the narrative and the fluff and the history and the setting. So there's, there's actually nothing wrong with going back and playing 40k with that like-minded group, because you know that they're not going to be rocking up with uh, a Dark Elder ally- allied with Necrons, allied with Eldar and Tau to, to curb stomp you in turn one. Um, they actually want to do an Astral Claws army, or a Minotaur's army, or a, whatever the freaking Grasshopper army was. I can't remember what their oh, Mantis, name was. The Mantis Warriors. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I may um, have looked at doing them at one point. <laughs> and, and you can actually go, well, you've you know that those people that you're playing with, if they are interested in it, then we still play APOC and that sort of stuff. And I know there's a lot of people that, oh, 40K, fucking... But it's the same game, man. It's it's just the people that you play with and the events that you attend. It's it's not the rules, because we're both using the same rules and we're both in the same universe. If you enjoy the 30K universe more, then that's fantastic. But there's there's definitely aspects in the 40K universe that are, that are awesome. Badab Wars is one of, in my opinion, one of the best pieces of fluff setting that Forge World released before the Horus Heresy. That's such a fantastic setting, that one. Yeah. Yeah, no no arguments there. No arguments uh, at all on that one. Sorry for diverging. And, yeah. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> man, no worries at all. That's it's, all right. It's, it's we, what we, we do. We, yeah, we do it on a very regular basis. So it's <laughs> not the problem. Uh, it'd be, uh, I think we, we'd probably do like a 35-minute podcast if we stayed on track every time um, nobody would listen to it no exactly which is which is why the you know divergence is fun uh, yeah. but yeah i think i think we've sort of reached a natural end there um unless yeah. Freddie, is there anything you wanted to sort of ask or bring in or what? no not really not 
uh, that needs to be on the podcast anyway. I'm <laughs> going to hit up Andrew later for <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not sending you those other pictures, Freddie. I'm yeah. sorry. Hey, we're still yeah. waiting on those pictures of Spencer. Uh, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm serious. I'm getting getting a bit behind here now, guys. Well, it's already clear with me that he's going to you know come on the episode soon. So cool. Talk, we'll talk get... about solar exilia. Yeah, let's go on and talk about SA and uh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Fandango, Clam Fandango, whatever he's. <laughs> <laughs> he's got an awesome army. Oh, it's, it's yeah, Spencer's great. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like he's a good lad up for a laugh. So that'll be fun. But Andrew, I thank you ever so much for coming on tonight and being part of the podcast and giving us a fantastic run through of Oz 30K. Again, thank you for actually getting it started in the first place, keeping it maintained and doing what you're doing with it. And I wholly and solely encourage everybody who hasn't to get on and register their army on there. And those that have and haven't done any fluff, go on there. Go put, some, put some time into the fluff if you like that sort of thing. Even if you think I'm not very good at it, I'm not, but I'm still going to have a go at it. And just write a couple of sentences. Keep it as simple as that. You know, have some fun with it. Or if you know someone uh, that loves writing fluff, you can always hit them up for for some help. I know that Eric oh. Oman freaking made he, me do his entire army page. So there you go. <laughs> ah, sucker. <laughs> exactly. Buy someone a beer and then tell them like, oh mate, come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. We, we we do things by by beer at the moment, and currently yeah. currently I owe Freddie like about uh, thirty <laughs> gallons of beer for all the help he's given me so far. So uh, we we live in a trade economy. Here. <laughs> That's the best barter. sort of currency. Yeah, the barter. The we barter bartering beer because you know. <laughs> no, no one can tax my barter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but seriously again thank, thank you for coming on Andrew absolute gentleman thank you very much and in the future I'd love to have you back on talk about uh, talk more about narrative and uh, just see what we can get done because it's been fun having you on yep. sure yeah pleasure man thanks guys no worries at all so we are going to head out of this segment now into our wrap up with Andrew's second choice and uh, yeah we will be right back after this song
for us and thank you Andrew for coming on and talking all things Oz 30k uh, seriously it was a lot of fun clicking through and actually getting to grips with the site a bit more and for anyone who hasn't used it that that's a pretty comprehensive way of how to use it so there should be zero excuses for uh, not having yourself up on there and it's good it's totally worth it I've had a look since since we recorded that about a day ago you know the whole wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff that we have with podcasts I've had a look at some of the uh, different armies on there, and there's some really, really cool fluff on there. Uh, it's so worth having a look at. So, big shout out to Andrew for putting that together and for making it possible for us to all use. Because I just think, again, like we said, it completely grows the scene, which is awesome. So, we're in our wrap up right now, and we're going to go through some charity information first of all. Freddie, do you want to give us an update on the whole Warlord Shabazzle? We could just. You can just do oh, one thing first, Chris. and that's welcome me back. Well, you technically <laughs> welcome didn't me go back. anywhere, but, you know, now you just have well, to go I, do that. I did. <laughs> I had to, because uh, I wasn't in the last okay, segment. Okay, for Chris's feelings, we, we and, missed I'm him. Just, I'm just noting this. I'm just noting this, because we got some uh, words of concern for my well, well-being after the Iron Hands episode, uh, the Iron Warriors episode, where I just <laughs> went AWOL. From, uh, what, Sean of the... This initiative podcast. I wonder what happened to me and if I was all right and stuff like that. So, yes, I am all right. I just had to mention it. Fair enough. No, Chris is, on Chris the, is alive. Oh, no. Chris didn't disappear. Yeah. Chris had, had to step out for uh, other reasons out of that segment. And yeah, he's alive. He's now, back. The, you feel better now we've mentioned yeah. that, Chris? No, oh, yeah. I didn't. And now on to the Warlord raffle. <laughs> <laughs> you want to win the Warlord raffle? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, shut up, shut up. Sorry, Freddy, right. shut up. He wants to win the Warlord <laughs> raffle. He wants to have that so he can go get a Titan mana pool. Don't give me that, Chris. Uh, that's true. Well, because I have to buy two Reavers and three Warhounds. And your problem that. with that is what? 
I don't have the money for to <laughs> reverse and yeah. Well, by the time one. you've actually you know stopped being a student and you're out earning money, you'll be able to do it. Yeah. Repaying, repaying everything that we paid for yeah. to study. Yeah. Us poor yeah. working men. Hey, I can say that now. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, raffle. Raffle. So anyway, raffle. Uh, so Chris, as I don't know, most people have probably noticed on Facebook that he's moved into his new. Uh, so what could he say? Store slash studio slash uh, kindergarten because apparently you can leave your kids there while you game or buy stuff. Awesome, <laughs> which would be awesome. We need to get that. Like, no, we just here. don't need to, need to go to Chris's store, take our families, and then just go game for eight hours while they sort of fight it, fight out for survival in the crash. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, leave them there and go home. <laughs> Feels like he's stolen the idea of IKEA though. Yeah, so he's building the <laughs> IKEA the the IKEA hobby store. Uh, which is good news because he's also started uh, working on the warlord again. So he's progressing finally. He's uh, playing around with the uh, the head that he got got from Lee of from uh, Warhammer World. So thanks again to Lee. It's all safe and sound in America now, and it's gonna look fucking oh, amazing. Yeah. So yeah. well, if you haven't been to any of uh, Scatter Shop's uh, Google Hangouts or checked out any of any of his other works, just check it out on Facebook or yeah, just search on YouTube for Scatter Shop or search it on Facebook and uh, yeah, have a look. And there uh, are tons of work, work in progress pictures, not just for the Warlord, which is obviously the main focus, but there's also heaps of other armies that they put together. And I think David is building his own Warlord. Like he got all motivated. Yeah. He's, got a re- he's got a really nice one. He was painting it uh, last headshot. And for that, speaking for that reason, they have the headshot live hangout, and that's uh, usually in the evenings, Saturday evenings for Americans. That, yeah. Which also means that it's 5 a.m. in Sweden, usually. Which means that normally when I get that phone call, I'm asleep. Yeah, either either I'm, I'm up with kids. And I'm usually up and at on the I'm usually <laughs> unconscious at that point, so uh, waiting to be woken up by my kids. So, um, yeah. And I think he was going back to his Legion episodes, then starting next one. So yeah. he had one on color theory, if people are interested. And a lot of airbrush awesome. tips and tricks in the last... Even yeah. how... Even, he did an, even did a live as disassembly, disassembly of a, oh, an airbrush. On how Which to again it. reminds me, I need to go out and buy a new airbrush at some point soon, because the one I've got is a China machine, and I want something that feels a little bit, you know, like I've actually paid money to use something proper. So, Freddy, is there an update on the... Uh, yeah, well, we had a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of raffle tickets. This odds are still good. We're still, uh, uh, because, you know, two tickets aren't moving the percentage bar that much. So we're still uh, just below 52%. So just keep on donating. Keep trying to win that Warlord because it's going to look yeah. amazing. And I had a note from Chris on that. And he said that if anyone wants to send the Lucius pattern head or the plasma, what is the plasma annihilator or the fist, whatever that's called, <laughs> the, the 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 doom fist with mega guns on it, Warlord Titan area yeah. power claw, because he actually <laughs> wants to include them with the Warlord in the raffle. But if he, anyone wants to buy them at Fort Willow Warhammer World and send them to him, he he was going to put up some raffle tickets in exchange. Oh, I nice. think he said. Instead of ordering them and yeah, dealing with the post postal hassle post post 
postage. Postage. Postal service. Yeah. Yeah. The poor, poor buggers have to pay uh, what or GST or what the fuck it's called. Yeah, there's uh, the sales tax and the import tax and higher level of shipping yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So he, he said that during the latest headshot and I thought oh, I should mention it. So if anybody out there listening to us is feeling generous, please be generous. Go out there, get some raffle tickets in exchange, and go and get the uh, the cool stuff for the Titan and send it over to Chris, because it will be made yeah, to be the... amazing. Considering yeah. uh, the hand alone is like, well, this is 90 pounds. Yeah. 95 pounds and uh, 85 for the plasma annihilator, so they are quite... Uh, Hefty. Quite a, yeah, hefty. But at least uh, right now, uh, at least there are already some upgrades. It's like the head you can only buy off uh, Warhammer World. That special yeah. one that looks like a kind of like a knight. Yeah. It looks like uh, the like almost like the Serastus uh, Lancer, right? Yeah, kind yeah, of this. like that. Yeah. And, and it's definitely one of my favorite heads. Yeah. So having like a head head option as well, ah, that's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah so just keep doing it for the course because all the money is going to good work so yep. yeah, yeah everyone everyone is a winner regardless yeah. if you win and that's the thing right it's uh, all money to the because the warlord wasn't bought with the uh, raffle money <laughs> no so it's all no, money no, no. to the so all, all the money goes to charity which is the important thing like you said freddy so get on it guys go yeah. buy your tickets get involved uh, have a look at the facebook group it's all pinned on our facebook page uh, the virgin heresy and just get out there and get involved. So, should we move on? Sorry, Chris. Go on. Well, now, now that uh, Chris has his shop set up again properly, he said he's going to start painting it properly again, and uh, we're probably going to... There's a lot of problem in this sentence. I recognize yeah. it. But we're going <laughs> to try to get some photos of him and put it up in the, yeah. an album on our face as well, page as well. So well, hopefully, hopefully we can get him on the show as well. It'd be nice to have him on and uh, just chat general heresy painting and uh, the warlord as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've already promised him to be on the on the show. Well, that's so. okay. I get. I think we can make that happen somehow, don't you? Yeah, cool. no worries. He, he's you. I'm used to him calling me at like fucking weird hours, so he he would probably be open by then. <laughs> so it's like hi. Hey, what, you what you doing? <laughs> what the fuck is, what you, you doing, mate? Have you always called me while I'm on the toilet? No reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a running joke about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the camera? <laughs> ignore the blinking light in the corner of the yeah, mirror. <laughs> ignore the, ignore the, the, the little dwarf in the flower display with the blinking red nose. Don't worry. It has nothing to do with it. Okay. Can you move a little bit yeah. to the left? I'm not getting a good, yeah, <laughs> not getting a good enough view here. Can you sort of shift the light a little bit? It's like, what? Wait, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going on. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> I was thinking that if you, want, if, you want to, if you want to see more of Chris, there's the headshot that is his own sketchshots, paintings, uh, web web seminars, whatever you could call them. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're more informa- way, way more information than the regular webcast, okay. I think. Unless Rob is on, because then there will be really weird painting tips on uh, okay. Death Guard. <laughs> that actually bears no mention here, because just listen like nine minutes in during the Death Guard episode, and you know what I mean. Yes, I know. <laughs> that, yeah. He stole that idea from me. Yeah, probably. This involves bodily fluids, doesn't it? 
Yeah, and that's okay, fair enough. That's definitely a fairly yeah. painting method. Yeah, the skankiest reaper you could find. So, mm. but enough about that. Uh, there's also he's also on the Duchenne live ca- live cast the telethon yeah. during the well more or less in the entire cast, but it was talking during the first hour with yep. you, right? Yeah, he's with me there talking the first hour, and then uh, well he's painting away on the warlord yeah. legs. Yeah, it's a fantastic hazard striping work on uh, striping work on them. That's a really nice blue marble I effect. Know, it's on them. as pretty as anything. Uh, one day, one day I'll get there. So should we just move we on keep before we about, uh, scatter shot too much and people get bored? I don't think we're turning yeah. to the imperial truth. Um, oh, yeah. did I do that? Sorry, mm-hmm. I did. Sorry, yeah. Greg. We love you, really. We're just joking, you know. So let's go over to the. Yeah. You take that one, Chris. Yeah, we have the we have ended our our part of the well, not the complete completely ended, but we had uh, divided the entire escalation between the podcasts and our part of the division. There is ended, and now the guys at Northern Heresy are taking over. Yep. And you can see a post pinned on. Uh, in the Facebook group with uh, the information for this month and a prize actually and a uni- unique Viking themed dog tag for your army that's that right very cool and uh, for for us ourselves there will be a bit more information in the forthcoming segment yeah it uh, so, takes a bit of time <laughs> yeah. so the plan is that uh, we're going to do a quick AAR uh, from our kind of uh, month in the Escalation League. We're going to pick a couple of um, cool battle reports. We'll do like a, a little mi- mini-sode where we talk the Escalation League, like how we did with our own painting progression, our own hobby commitment, and our games that we played. Well, I know one here didn't play that their mandatory three games, but we're going to talk about that later. Ouch. <laughs> and then, yes, uh, fair enough. <laughs> and... Uh, and then we're just going to go through like the standings and how it looks like traitor versus loyalists and what's going on. And obviously we'll talk about our little gift bag for whoever we thought did the best in escalating. Yeah, and we're going we're to sort of pick our, each try and pick our own uh, favorite and then sort of discuss them on the uh, on that little uh, segment episode piece as well. So give and and argue about yeah. who deserves to win. And then yeah. So should we give them a bit of sneak peek of what would be a potential well, price think, for this? I think everybody's already seen the stickers, because the stickers are definitely yeah. going to be in there. There will be a signed uh, photo of me with a uh, silver covered in wig. stickers, just t- yeah, co- covered with stickers on strategic places and yeah. a silver wig. Yeah, with her full grim loves you baby as the tagline. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. at the end of the day makes makes the uh, entrance just worthwhile. Yeah. And yeah. I would uh, imagine that customs would find it quite cree opening that it's, package. It's our, it's our defense. We're actually going to stick it on the outside. At, at least, yeah. At least they would close it straight away, and you won't get hit with custom imports. Charges. No, they would. They would just go out to the burner and put it on fire. Stupid cards for for scandals. I hate Swedish customs right now. They're my uh, nemesis. Nemesis. But speaking of the cards, they're fucking beautiful. Yeah, no, they're awesome. And they work because they've been play tested uh, while yeah. consuming lots quantities yeah, of so alcohol. Full. But I didn't. I didn't get to play test them yesterday. Oh, no. But you were too busy losing them. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, that's true. Shots fired. <laughs> that's true. But on, on the other hand, I don't take special characters and Spartans in 1500 point games. 
Oh, what do you mean? It's only friendly. <laughs> so, so that was a that was even more casual uh, casual eidolon, was that? Yeah, yeah carried on with a stranded Spartan on half a meter's plank. I think I think it's very sportsmanship like to take like a Death Star and two tactical squads in Rhinos. On the other hand, I kill your tactical squads. Let's That's save true. that for the next episode where we actually talk about some games. Come yeah. on now, we can we can be bitter rivals sport, off the air. Sport. We can you know, re- I can live vicariously through you guys, and you know we'll talk about that afterwards. I had a good time. That's yeah, all that matters. Glad to hear it. There, there is beer there, which is so. always a good thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the escalation league. So as the guys have said, we've uh, handed over to our sister show, the Northern Heresy, and we're going to do our little uh, after action catch up uh, mini episode or segment or something uh, very soon. And a, and, a, and just a short note on that, because they will have special missions this month as well, and that is continuing with Sean's scenario, the data hunt. And both Jens and Linus has worked on scenarios uh, themed about around swamps. I think swamp, it was swamp, 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 surprisingly, swamp, 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 swamp. considering their entire manufacturing is uh, in a swamp. Yeah, the the, the manufacturing that actually exports bilge pumps as a main thing. And I heard uh, a little rumor, a little tidbit that they were actually, well, there would be night fighting for an entire game uh-huh. due to fog. Night fighting due to fog. That's kind of cool. That could be fun. Or at least reduce sight range for fog. All good things, all good things. So bring uh, Raven God. Yeah. Or, or Night Lord. Searchlights. Yeah. Your searchlights a thing. Ooh, then you could. It's too bad it's small games, otherwise you could take a suborbital strike wing with uh, vultures with searchlights or, or Valkyries with searchlights. Uh, Kind of hard to have them in some time. I thought you. I yeah, thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say a casual okay. warhound, and then <laughs> just, just like that. That a searchlight of a casual <laughs> warhound. That, that just escalated. So annoying. Like uh, maybe if you're a hangar, and then that's the entrance to the starship. But like then yeah. he's stuck there. <laughs> just sit there, spinning on the. Spot. We can des- he can destroy one door. He can yeah, destroy the, the first the, door, the, which is probably all the help that Chris needs. Yeah, the vulture has the. <laughs> Has a, like flares and uh, target feeder. Sorry, and I tried to ignore yeah, that. I'm, I'm trying to. So, Avaria three then. It's the seventeenth of the September in Malmo. Sorry, Chris. We love we love you really, but come on, you're never gonna live that down. Never gonna live that down. Oh. Can I have a like door slayer on my? Team shirt for yeah, scanners. Oh yes, definitely. Door Slayer <laughs> killed seven with one blow. I think, I think quotation yeah. marks, so it's not it's really not legit. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah. So of REI three, um, the boys down here in Malmo have got their next uh, next part of their phase together. And they are escalating yeah, again. Calls. So um, who's going? I am. I am. If I could, this is a good crash on your couch. I, I still mean that. <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, I accept. I expect a full, you know, battle report. So you're not joining us then? Oh, you know, work work, life, being in other places, doing other stuff. That will get redacted from this episode if we talk about them any further. So there's 2,500 points, and the preliminary events pack is up on Facebook. 20 spots and the registration should be up. What's it? 11th of July. Registration opens 11th of July. So. Gotta book yeah. that. Gotta book that in pretty much on the day, I think. Yeah, I actually think there's quite a lot of interest yeah. for this one. 
What are you going to bring down, Chris? Are you going to bring your Iron Hands or your Mechanicum? Uh, Iron Hands, probably. uh, Whatever. What's with this Iron Hands business? Fetishes, man. Fetishes. fetishes. He's just gone for Iron Hands now. Uh, So you're too scared to play the Mechanicum. I'm disappointed. Well, they are basically Mechanicum. Yeah, but I want to see Mechanicum for Scandus. Yeah, Scandus is Mechanicum because I'm not allowed to play Loyalists for Scandus. Oh, that's good. Because we need to win, you know that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I have to, I have to meet uh, Linus's uh, militia with my Cash and Warhound and Knights. Radiation engines. Just dropping yeah. some templates. Down. And it's actually currently sixteen are going according to. Yeah, Facebook. So it's, it's uh, filling up already. Full, Fourteen. Yeah, a lot of interest. So is it uh, Avaris twenty? I think because they're at the Spellhoods at. Yeah, they have a Kappa yeah. twenty. Yep, yep, yep. So that's very, very cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm very looking forward. That that may be the first time I actually play some games of Heresy. It all depends on uh, what I can work out in between now and then. Although Chris, if you do come down, come, no, true, probably. If you do, if you, oh, we'll if come, come down, down on the Friday, Friday I'll put my gaming tables out and we'll uh, we'll have a game. That's uh, the, oh, the but that's cheating like... though. Like training beforehand. It's like playing your list before an event or a tournament. That's like or reading in the player package. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's really yeah, cheating. That's yeah, it's reading the players pack. Considering this, the event is set to start at nine and it takes uh, six hours to go, or something like like that to get from here to Malmo. So it yeah. might be prudent to go the day before. Yeah. Definitely, I think so. Yeah. Well, you have six hours to read the players pack. Yeah, and uh, do like Jens for the last one when he finished painting his army on the way down. That was hardcore. Yeah. Respect to Jens on that one. Yeah. Literally. Painting the army on the train as you go. Getting it finished. Uh, we we can't give Jens any credit. No, no, it's not. It's, uh... well, I think they were going actually, I've sorted some sound issues. Yeah, it seems like they've actually managed to uh, work out where the split to mono option is so they actually can be heard on uh, one ear at the same time. Which is always useful. Crazy. Madness. Craziness indeed. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's always nice with improvements. Yep. yep. And we are. We I think we are both. Are, both our casts are still learning because we're not really that hardcore podcasters. No, we're not. We're not the professional amateurs that like uh, Tim and Michael or JP and Mark and uh, we guys from T. But TFL Tim and Michael have. Tim and Michael have sixty-six episodes under their belt. That's true. So. That's true. They do this shit in the yeah, sleep. They probably have to sometimes. Um, we're we're hardcore on. Yeah, we are. That's why we have an R rating. Uh, <laughs> R rating podcast stars. That's what we will be. It's all about that. It's all about that full grim feel. Exactly. Talk for treachery and all that jazz. Yeah, but uh, I really hope to see people at the Vario Three because there's so many people when I've talked with, but lives in. Like you, Jody, for yeah, one. We actually get to meet in person. This could be the end of the Varangian Heresy, people. Uh, Chris and I have to meet in well, person. To be fair, I, I met the, I met Freddy for, in person yesterday, and I didn't die, even though I was melting. So. The effect of being in Freddy's, Freddy's presence is, you don't die, you just melt. I know. You yeah. don't understand how hot I am. That's just yeah. that's just mate. I was more. It's probably more of the location of the weather, but uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Don't, 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 never keep knock dream, a man's keep ego, dreaming. man. Never knock a man's ego. Let it, let it go. Dreaming. Let it go. <laughs> but it would be nice to just meet everyone that's uh, one has talked with and uh, on Facebook yeah. and stuff. 
and, on, and on the show as well. Mm-hmm. Well, see, you, you killed uh, two birds with one stone there because you got like Plastic Fantastic Frederick as well. Yeah. So and even played the Plastic Fantastic How Army. Was that, by the way, yeah. what was the lucky person? Because his, his work a... looks really good on the photos. They were a really nice person. Persons, all of them that were there yeah. yesterday. I'm not gonna, I'm, we could talk about this in the next episode if we're going to have a bit of a wrap-up. But, uh, oh, so yeah, what, that's right. We're wrapping uh, up, aren't we? Yeah, because uh, we were wrapping up current the, episode. Yeah, and what happened yesterday as well in the next episode. Yeah. So yeah. look forward to that. But I'm just going to do a little spoiler. The naming convention yesterday was quite interesting because we were th- two Christophers and two Fredericks. So question was it numbers or <laughs> did you go with numbers or um, nicknames yeah, I think it was Freddy and Christopher and you something like that maybe yeah you don't really need names when you play heresy no we're all defined by our legions I think is the is the is the truth so yes I am bitter and um, I am basically not anymore yeah. well, the, the other Christopher was uh Alfarius and everyone was Alfarius, yeah. so it was pretty easy. And he had his painted blue. That, that was a quite nice blue, the metallic yeah. one. Due to a male function airbrush. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They were quick to paint that way. <laughs> so hang on, was it a manu- malfunctioning airbrush? Did you say? Yeah, he broke his uh, compression something, so it turned okay, out. Okay, fair good. enough. Well, if it works that way. It works that way. <laughs> it looks cool, even better. <laughs> Yeah, the worst part is that uh, some of the shades don't really match. Ah. But that's uh, yeah. it's, it's Alpha Legion. I think nothing. Everybody's Alpharius. Nothing's the same. Exactly. So as long as it looks it's cool. A, yeah. Cool. So that is uh, a slightly elongated, elongated way. So the Avaria. So yeah, quick recap: twenty-five hundred points, seventeenth of September. Preliminary event pack is up. Twenty spots. Registration starts July the eleventh. Get in. Book your place, get down there. And 17 places are taken, so fucking get your ass in there, yeah. register. And don't yeah. be like me, be a fucking gamer and get some get game some done. Game also, it's a continuation of their Avaria series, so it's basically pushing the yeah. story forward. Plus, plus, if it's any sort of influence, you get to meet us as well. So you can tell us to a face how fucking weird or crap or how awesome... Uh, the podcast is and if we've warped your minds or if there's anything that you've caught from Freddy we, we won't actually interact with you for our own health and safety um, but I think that's only fair really um, so yeah let, let's uh, we're going to have some fun down there definitely yeah and then uh, we are on to to our uh, old friends a bit more mentioned money mentioned yeah we've event. already mentioned this once or twice I think so Freddy do you want to give us a bit of details about this whole scandalous thing if you, you understand it well wait don't don't give us so much details give, give an update or so an update uh, well you know everything oh, besides me paying fucking a thousand kronos to customs because they think I'm running some sort of card manufacturing business here uh, it's all <laughs> it's all going to plan uh, we actually have I think it 27 spots last time I checked. I mean, see if, because that changes almost on a daily basis as people keep contacting me. And people like all the way from like Britain and America, well, first of all, ask me about my cards and then ask me if there's like hotels close by and stuff. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. We might get some overseas. Speaking of hotels, if you want some tips on hotels, uh, contact me or Jody because we are actually, have actually booked hotels yeah. there. So, so 
currently we have 27 registers, uh, registered people coming out of 30 spots, and we have 39 maybes. So, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. There's only 30 spots. I can't actually shift that because we can't physically fit more than 15 uh, tables in the thing and still have a bar. So, Unless they want to play outside, but that's up to them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe not in October. I, uh, if it was summer, we could have organized tables outside. Really? Yes, we could. Cause <laughs> have you seen I'd, the weather I'd, outside? I'd, well, I would have borrowed some uh, tents from work. Uh, Which, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> would be... Uh, Rather brutal. I, I can assure that. Yeah. But I, seeing as I sometimes put up tents at work, I don't want to put up tents during my no. leisure time. Because I'm pretty sure no one will fucking help me. Oh no, yeah, I'd be more than happy to give you a helping hand with that. But I do it for a living anyway when I do outdoor catering gigs. So yeah, I'd rather not do them as well. But you know, I'm more than happy to help a friend. Right. So we have three spots left. So get in there while you and can. This is uh, this goes out to anybody who likes to play Heresy. Yeah, yeah. all over the come world. Come along, so for the UK and especially, it... you know, you're not that far, and you haven't been kicked out of the EU just yet, so you can travel. Uh, yeah, and and also flights from the UK are pretty yeah. fucking cheap. It's because I I check prices like the guys that are flying in from from Helsinki or from Copenhagen or from like southern Sweden, they pay the same airfare like because it's around what. Uh, 400 kroners uh, what would 40, that be 45 pounds I think it is yeah, and yeah. currently it's like oh, yeah true pounds. currently yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah swim oh. be cheaper um, plus games workshop figure cases float um, I've worked this one out after having children and a, a very large <laughs> bath time accident um, that may have involved my army being dunked <laughs> why were the army in the it wasn't bathroom? it was a very adventurous child who went and got them and said, "Oh, Papa, yeah. look, splash! Shit! <laughs> that was my army. It's okay. It's floating. That's fine. I can breathe now. Yeah, it's all good. But anyway, so let's get in there. There's three spots left. So if I hurry up yeah. while you can. Uh, also, uh, I have some Ooh. news, and that is the team T-shirts. Uh, I've looked into it, but the thing is, I've made a decision. I don't want to." have people have to pay more entrance fees. So what I will do is I've talked to the guy, guys that actually do printed t-shirts and they, because they're my mates, they decided like they'll, they'll sponsor the event. So whoever sends in like a black t-shirt of their size and I'll get them printed for free as awesome. a t-shirt. And that, and that makes me not have to worry about organizing everyone's fucking sizes. <laughs> Because that's gonna be, that's gonna be madness to remember. Yeah, fair point. Fair point indeed. So it's better if you write your name down, send me a T-shirt, and I'll get it printed. Sweet. So you just P PM me for my address, and I'll send it down there, and you know, and that way, like, if you don't want to have a fucking T-shirt, then it's up to yeah. you. But it will look cooler if everyone has team T-shirts. Yeah, we'll look yeah, that's the cult of scandals. Yeah. So I, what the printer will do is it will take. If you remember the cards, you know, for the War Master, for the Emperor, so we'll print that on the front, like on your chest, and on the back, it will say Scandis 2016. Nice. Very nice indeed. Well, get on it, guys. Get yourself a shirt paid up for. Because, like, yeah, a fucking shirt. Like, if you get the HMM and get grab, like, one of those black t-shirts, they're, like, 50 kroners. Yeah. yeah. Or depending like, on what style you want, because you might 
on the V-neck and they're al- always more expensive. Yeah, oh, get a singlet. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want a singlet in October in Sweden, yeah, why not? if you're really fucking yeah. crazy or northern, I don't know. Or just go for a damn hoodie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'll put those details up on the event page. Awesome, as well. that sounds so cool. Also, the cards yeah. for Scandus are look fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I sold uh, them in the flesh yesterday. And there, I stole them. I will. I'll lock them in. Yeah, the night jaws. <laughs> cards ended up really well and the tactical object cards are really nice and so far they've got like top grades from everyone especially like for badlands and for fun gameplay and especially with the little kind of semi legion traits mm-hmm. for using them but I did notice one of my mates Thomas he said like mate fuck in your place pack you haven't put down for quest stories knights and he only noticed that because he's bringing knights if anyone uh, wants to know yeah <laughs> Seven, seven of them. Which side yeah. is he playing on? Oh, yeah. uh, that depends on how we go balancing okay. it. Yeah. And he's uh, made sure that the five of them are obsec as well. Nice. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I used to, uh, considering that be, that the, the list is harsh enough, I was just gonna, wanted to give a bit of a heads up for people mm. who... Yeah. But it could be it could struggle though in uh, maelstrom missions, but yeah. And so Mortalis, if we if we force him to use the nightlist. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll see what he brings for so much else. I think he wants to do salamanders, but unless He's talking about it, yeah, un- unless uh, unless we're not even, then I'll make people that do like militia, solar exilia, or those kind of unaligned legions to kind of field something in Somatalis so I can use them to swap the odds. I'll work it out one way or the other. Yeah. As it always yeah. is. It's always, that's how it always happens with tournaments one way or another. you just got to balance stuff out. Mm. Yeah. But are, you, but, but are you going to do a post about uh, trades for the knights then? Yes, I'll do that. Because uh, I uh, sat semi-drunk uh, <laughs> late, late, late last night. And I kind of figure out how to solve it. So stay, stay tuned for the update to the players back. Again. Again. Mark, Mark 2.0 but, or, or whatever it is now. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, just to summarize everything, it's the 15th and 16th of October, 3,000 points, uh, NA Force Org. Uh, also, but you have to bring 10,000 points of the same allegiance as your main force. 10,000? No, I mean, yeah, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man, I'm just about going to get the painting limit done. Don't, don't drop that shit on me as well, Freddy. Yeah. Alright, so 1,000 points, so Metallis, same allegiance as your regular force. So, like, if you're doing Loyalist Iron Warriors, then fucking make sure you have a Loyalist, so Metallis force. Uh, and then at Saturday night, there will be the Night Joust. So, bring a Lord of War Super Heavy, not more expensive than 500 points, and fucking join the madness because it's going to be super fun. It may or may not involve some sort of, you know, semi drinking game if you're inclined in that way. Also, during the Saturday evening, we could just put up the vote for Box Tread Challenge, because yep. they, they have some entrants. But I am, I am hoping to get I'm more sure before will. that. I'm sure we will. Once uh, Jens have found feet yeah. for his. Yeah, and Frederick just needs to go and find his, and he's going to join. Yeah, so. and I've just got to order mine in at some point, so that's all good. Yeah, because you have until October, but you have to send in a starting pick as well. 
I, I didn't want to send in the starting pick from the Forge World catalogue of the Ironclad. So. <laughs> and I know there are some uh, some some people talking about the international international mm-hmm. version. Uh, the Michael of uh, is it the yeah. TFL guys? Yeah. About uh, they were asking asking about the old Ironclad or the regular Mark IV Dreadnought. I mean. And that's also allowed because I have forgotten that one because it's not in the Fortville catalog anymore. Yeah. So that's uh, the unadorned slab armored. Cool. Yeah, so just go in there, convert them, join the challenge. If you're an international listener and you win the thingy, I'm going to make sure you get two Fulgrim pillows. Yes, you can, you can have Fulgrim's pillows in your bedroom. Yeah, so you can definitely have Fulgrim in your sheets. Sadly, they were not, as I hoped, uh, a picture of Fulgrim's head and a picture of a severed head next to him. But mm. uh, there's, there's still, still time. <laughs> there's still time. I can always uh, try and get hold of a designer. Oh, I think we actually know someone who could do the design work, don't we, Chris? But it's just asking yeah. her very nicely to do it. <laughs> not being grossed yeah. out by it as well. So, yeah. So, All righty. So, so that's yep. Scandus. So, fuck, if you haven't done it, search it on fa- Facebook, uh, The Burning of Scandus Prime, and get your... Just, if, if you want to come, just straight away click that you're coming on the invet, invet, event page, and then hit me up with a PM, and I'll tell you how to pay. Awesome source. Awesome source indeed. So, that is The Burning of Scandus Prime. And now we're going to move on to the scouring of uh, Sidneus Primary, the Horus Heresy National Event by, uh, set up by the Loaded Dice Podcast. Now this is going to take, take place in the Games Cube in Parramatta on the 8th and 9th of October in 2016. It's the Sydney leg of the Oz 30K National uh, Heresy, uh, sorry, Oz 30K Horus Heresy National Event Series. This is pretty cool. We don't have any. Uh, do we have any um, information on points and stuff for this, or at all? Well, Could you like, just possibly uh, just hop onto, I... their, onto their site and have a look? Because I forgot to put yeah, that in. I so slightly. So. <laughs> uh, scouring of Sydney's Primus. Uh, there we go. Uh-huh. Thanks for great radio. I'm got. Ooh, they have a nice. They have the players pack up, so I'm gonna check that one. Uh, oh, so you can read other there, players' players pack. Yeah. Because that's, that's a $50 entry fee. And the, the, this event will include dinner and trivia on Saturday awesome. night. And that, but that's an extra cost so far. But So I guess that the fees for prices and store space and stuff like that. Sounds fair. That's the New, New South Wales leg of the Australian National Event Series. Sorry, it just says the <laughs> Sydney leg in my, in, my, in my show notes, even though you wrote them, so... I know, because that's what's on the page, but I'm reading the... <coughs> See, that, that's the state capital so, of New yeah. South Wales. Okay, yeah. so anyway, after a little podcast spat here, let's, just, let's move on. Just, just a side note, I must love the guy that went ashore in New South Wales and thought, just looked around and said, hmm, this reminds me of somewhere. I'm going to name it Wales. Because <laughs> obviously... It, Part of Australia is really close. Maybe oh, they're cheap. And south of Wales. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of South Wales. It was more, hmm, we're going to put new in as well. because can't then call it, it South sure Wales. It already exists. How about New South Wales? Okay, we can have New South yeah. Wales. And it's uh, a place where you split, split into the trade and loyalist teams for the weekend. 
All players will take part in five missions over the course of the event. One day, on day one, the event will start with a large-scale Age of Darkness game. This would be at least two and a half thousand points per player and up to three, three versus three. Yeah, That's nice. So, so seven, seven and a half thousand points Basically aside. Basically, Apoc. apocalypse size. Yep. And then the uh, mission is done step down in size to 2k points, 1v1. On Saturday afternoon, using the city fight, missions to s- simulate armies breaking out of the ruins nice. of the capital. Sunday will be exclusively... Sunday will exclusively use the Shadow War campaign missions from it, from book 4, uh, book 6. Uh, the first game will be 2k points, and then down to 1250, and then down to 800 wow. points. Cool. Yeah. Oh, like and the... De-escalation, that sounds very good. Yeah, that's a... Really nice touch. In in reverse of every other event I've seen lately. And uh, this event will not be using any FAQs from GW or Forgeworld unless they are stamped as official at the time of armlist submission, one week prior to the event. This also stands for any supplements or books. Awesome. While we do not, uh, while we will not uh, disqualify you for not bringing a painted army, we encourage you to embrace all aspects of the hobby, and there will be prizes to offer for best painted. As there should be. And then they have the most important rule: don't be a dick, have fun, and respect your opponent, the store, and the EOs. Yeah, which is all legitimate comments because that's how these things become fun and enjoyable by not breaking rule seven: don't be a dick. Um, so yeah, go out there and have fun. Which is re- rarely, well, actually, I've never come across it in 30K. So. It happens. I think it, ha- it, could, it has the potential to happen anywhere, but, you know, it's less likely to happen in 30K compared to the 10,000-year-old uh, brother. Um, yeah. It's, it's a bit more bitter and twisted. Touch. touch. That's what my detachment does this, but my detachment has another detachment that does this, so yeah. No, sorry, I am a 40K player, by the way, but still, I still think that's, yeah, the worst. Anyway, and uh, I'm gonna say, if you are looking for this event, it's a scouring of Sydney's Primus Primary a Horror Series in Action's event, and I'm actually gonna put this up in our notes as well. So it's, if you don't manage to find it, so you can get Facebook link, and they've got a nice Facebook pack. They've got a nice play pack up on Facebook on the event page. And currently there's 25 going, and I'm not really sure about many spots this anymore. Well, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm making an educated guess, that uh, this being part of the uh, Acts of Heresy series will end up potentially getting you one of the um, the uh, campaign ribbons that uh, are available Probably. via Oz30k as well. So just like uh, Andrew talked about, this is this is sort of event. And Freddie, do we have them set up for uh, Scandus as well? Awesome. Yep. We sure do. I had a feeling we did. But yeah, the ribbon is already in place. Just check uh, us 30k. Brilliant. So just a side note there as well. Will there be like an like the word for Lincoln where you could uh, register events or battles in? You sure can. Yeah. You can actually start now. Even though I've been I've been with the global escalation, I haven't had time to update. Uh, K. So I haven't written as much fluff as I would love like to, like I've done for a link link before that started. But we're getting there, we're getting there. But you can already register battles Sweet. if you want to. So we will get, we should get out there and do that as well. Yeah. I think I'm uh, quite accomplished in that as well because I might not have written the fluff for my own planet in the scanner system yet. Yeah. 
writing stuff for the escalation campaign and doing admin for the escalation top, campaign. Top. That's all I can say. Well, you I have know. done nothing. I know. Nothing. I know. I just, <laughs> I just edit this goddamn podcast. That's all I do. You know. Yeah. Make sure we get this out on the air no and great. shit like that. So you know. No, there's no love in this room. There's no love in this room. There's only only self love because yeah, there's no love in this room. It's only duty. Du- yeah, there is no love. There is only duty. Only in death and, does duty end. Yes. And moving on. <laughs> yeah. Then we on to the last well, event. The, the, the last we might have it. Event that, that's well, last last event on our list. list. We'll be adding to that in a moment. <laughs> but yes. And. Uh, so if you have events, write it in and we will yeah. shout them out. To the Heresy at gmail.com. Um, do you want to go through this yeah. one, Chris? Or send a message on oh, Facebook. Do you want to go through this one, Chris? And this is from one we might have to get back on the, the cast for another interview. And that's uh, Eric and uh, the Boros Bale Convent. The Heresy event there. Which is in uh, November. With uh, it's uh, it's uh, not not really a two-day event, even though it's listed for two days, because the first day is uh, demo games, so people that don't know what it, what uh, the heresy is or what it can do for you, and that is make you more manly. Hundred fifty percent more manly as soon as you play uh, as soon as you play heresy. Penthouse chicks will come and talk to you yeah. apparently. Yeah, and that's uh, the, so on the Friday they have like an army showcase and demo games and people to talk with. And on the Saturday they have a small campaign day with three games. Mm-hmm. That's uh, th- but you have to bring two lists if you're going because this is an event that's designed to get new players in the game, and not maybe not all new players have a two two and a half thousand point army, which is the actual limit for this event. There's also a fifteen hundred points limit for newer players or well if they are a new player and you and you, you you are attending and you're only have 1500 points bring 1500 points that, that's not a hindrance for not for attending don't be afraid of uh, the two and a half thousand points limits because that's it for people that have painted that much and that's also to say that if you meet someone that if you have a two and a half thousand points or more and you go to the event you have to bring the 1500 points list and play it with those that don't have a 1500 points. Uh, that only have a 1500 points list. matching your opponent is what, what's happening to uh, to make it enjoyable. Yeah, and that is for that is uh, so everyone will have a good time, even though you might only have been in the hobby for the for the summer for like say the Escalation League and have 1500 or 2000 points painted and don't want to go with because uh, I uh, do think there is a painting requirement. I'm not sure. Actually, but we should have Eric on and talk about oh, that yes. as soon as he's stopped being glued to all the terrain and he's he making. making a hell of a lot of terrain, so yes. Nice. And I actually, I actually think he was literally glued to the terrain yesterday. <laughs> Shit happens, you know. <laughs> that that happens. As long as it's not hot glue, you're okay. Because you can peel most other stuff off, but um, hot glue is a bitch. As long as you don't get super glue in the eye, it's also usually, oh, mouth. usually fine. I've done that one before. Um, <laughs> Uh, I had uh, part of a tank glued to my tongue once. I'm, I'm not going to. I was just leaving my own story and then going on for that. But you, you went there. Okay, fair enough. We move on. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, the uh, Boros event is is basically points matching you against your opponent to uh, allow those who have a smaller painted army in um, to be able to play as well. And that that's kind of cool because at the end of the day, having a set list is fun, but um, 
having to match it up, uh, mix it up and play different things can uh, be refreshing as well. And it gives you freedom to actually bring more models and have two completely different lists if you want. Yeah, and I think it's a semi-team event as well with like some sort of team mega game at the end. Yeah, there's uh, the, all the games will uh, benefit to the last game, basically, That's bonuses. Awesome. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, I've booked the time off for that one. Uh, haven't had it confirmed yet, but I've booked it off. So the idea is to uh, basically have an extremely busy October and November uh, with Heresy, which is never a bad thing. Yep. Her- Heresy and my daughter's and fifth-year-old birthday gonna... party, so, you know. I'm going to try and drive down there, so I'll be there for the Saturday. Yeah, I will be there as well. So there will basically be, be a full... There will be a full Thurangian Heresy podcast showing up. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe it's time for a maybe grudge it match. Maybe it's, time, maybe it's time we did a lot. And as long as we don't, uh, as long as we don't fill up the entire event with podcasters, <laughs> <laughs> even though it would be fun, it would be detrimental to the developing scene. Yeah. Well, come and kick a podcaster in the nuts, metaphorically speaking, of course. Yeah. Could be a selling point. And since this, and we could also mention this is actually during a gaming convention, so there are loads of other gaming mm-hmm. that weekend. And that's the long weekend, uh, the Allahelgona weekend. Yeah. So yeah. there's all, so there's a time to time to travel as yeah. well. So it's going to be a lot of fun, basically, and I think it'd be worth something worth coming along to, if if not just for the heresy experience, but for the other gaming experiences you could pick, uh, become part of as part of that convention. So. Plus, they actually have quite decent pizza in. Really, this is a good thing. This is always yeah. a good thing. Might rain almost all the time, but they got decent pizza. Well, if you're going to be stuck in a pizza joint, you want it to be at least good pizza. So you know, you can see how that developed. Um, so cool. Uh, that is our official list roundup for the moment. But uh, we do want to talk about the Scorpius Insurrection, which is our very own event that the uh, that we will be running next year. So to give you some early details. We are looking at five games over two days. We talked about this earlier on in the podcast, but some more more details here. Five games over two days uh, played at 2,500 points. That's the army list you'll need to bring. Um, we're doing a no Leviathan and no Matrix of Ruin lists, uh, which should cover everything else fine. And then we are having uh, three games, uh, one-on-one games on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, we'll be gearing up and having uh, doubles games. So you'll be playing 5,000 points aside, and you'll be paired up based on the results from the day before. And it will be split loyalist versus traitor. And we'll be having a lot of fun. We're, in, we're already talking about different ideas for missions, secret fun things to do, and all this sort of stuff. Um, so... That's what we're looking at so far. Um, can we go over, guys, should we just go over a few of the sort of highlights? I think, again, we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but it'd be nice to go back over them. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, there will be table-specific missions. We're going to have, like, a interactive live map that we kind of sort of uh, put, put out there so we'll see which uh, faction controls, you know, what part of the planet. Does anyone want to keep going, you or keep should going, I just buddy, keep you going? Keep going. You, you... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so there will be some sort of kind of bonus depending on who controls what uh, part of the planet. There will also be kind of uh, we're linking it to us 30k to do like some sort of a lead up 
the Ford, Ford event. We're also looking into getting some, well, we have some cool ideas about different narrative uh, mini missions that happens during the, the table specific missions and so yeah, on. So we're really, it's really the, yeah. the aim, like we've always said, is about trying to build the, uh, the narrative, have a bit of fun. And the key thing is for us is we're trying to make this a big event. So we are setting a preliminary um, number of entrants at 40 and we have the space. The location we have is actually, um, funny enough, where I work, but that's that's actually a good thing because it's a barbecue shop, a barbecue shack. So we will be we will have access to world famous because I, I believe it is or will be by that point. It's definitely <laughs> Swedish famous, Sweden famous uh, barbecue food. It's definitely definitely we're adding here is a podcast. Oh yes. Famous. Uh, food. Even though no one here. Yeah, but you you now. will do. If you have to put it in a box and send it to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the the food the food is going to be part of the event as well. So we have a lot of fun with that. And um, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. But if we get enough interest, we can go bigger. And I'd like to see this be one of the northern hemisphere's biggest heresy events, if we can make that happen. Um, Obviously, we'll try and do lots of different fun things as we go go ahead, but this is all preliminary stuff. But if we get any other podcasters along, you know, hint, hint, Linus, James, uh, Linus, Jens, guys from the TFL, you know, we've all talked, they've all talked about possibly coming along. Um, even the guys from Canada have mentioned it, maybe. Then who knows? We can have some podcast related fun as well. So. We'll see yeah, how that for all sure. goes. Do some uh, video casting from the event. Do some like live yeah. recordage, uh, interviews of players. All the fun um, stuff. Yeah. But it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. cool. Yeah, and uh, since this event is in Lund, there's quite a wide scope to drive there from, like Denmark, Northern Germany, yeah. or most of southern Sweden. If you live where, uh, where is Linus? And uh, those people up there in Umeå, it might be a bit far to drive unless you want a really long road trip. But flights are cheap but, enough. Uh, if they book in well, advance, they've got, yes. they've got until they've got almost almost twelve months, so they've got time. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they got the time; they can book in. Sadly, I have to fly to Denmark to oh, get the there. Shame. <laughs> it's still it's still a short hop, yeah. and that's the thing because of because of its location uh, near the. Uh, Danish airport, uh, Kastrup, um Copenhagen airport. It's easy to get a fly into from pretty much around Europe. So we'd like to see some internationals uh, or European players coming along um, and really make this a fun, sort of fun global Northern Hemisphere European whatever event and just get some cool people around to play 30k and have some fun. So. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. But this is all preliminary stuff. We will come back to you guys with a lot more detail in the future once we actually, you know, work out well, the detail. Well, uh, I, I, I can add one last thing. I've, I've had, uh, like when I ran Lincoln, I ran running Scanners now and stuff, uh, I had a couple of questions from our international, well, international people, and they're asked, will the, like, when it comes to my events, they're like, oh, will, will all the stuff be in Swedish? And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> everything will be in English. Like, if you have a look at the players pack, normally we do yeah. everything in English. The missions are all in English. Freaking the rules that we play out of are in English. Mm. So, and <laughs> Mr. He's, J. He's pretty English. <laughs> he's, 
So we're not going to try to speak like uh, Swedish chef language with him. So. And to be fair, Swedes are quite adept at speaking English yes, in this general. I can, this I can attest so to. Probably, probably wouldn't, won't be a problem. It'll be a but, hell of a uh, lot of fun. And at the end of the day, it will be... Oh, this is one key point I want to raise. It will be uh, over 18's event because we have a fully licensed bar on site. So we will be selling alcohol during the event. So we will have a drink responsibility policy, but you will be able to have fun and play 30k, eat barbecue, and drink some beer while having a good time. So this is effectively being known as Betrayal and Barbecue, the Scorpius, Scorpius Insurrection, and more details are to follow. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're going to get. We're planning literally um, as soon as we finish recording this episode. We're moving into some planning talks. So this is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. So I've rambled for a little bit longer there. Um, we've talked about our event. We've covered over a number of events there. Um, just a quick run through again. If you've made it this far, uh, Facebook the Varangian Heresy podcast, Twitter at Varangian Heresy. Email the at gmail.com. Email us. Drop us your postal address. Get some free stickers uh because you know we want to spread that heresy love and then with uh our website we've got the varangianheresy.blogspot.com find us on uh itunes find us on soundcloud give us a follow on soundcloud and yeah um how did we do with the google podcast working on it at the moment working on it uh it comes to being stuck (laughs) stuck in a field doing a massive catering i was just uh, wondering just wondering putting pressure uh, on me at all eh, chris not at all well i I could uh, i could have asked uh, off off air but uh, why not ask now it's it's more stressful yeah why why not put me under the thumb right now and and ask me straight away i'm actually curious for most reason because i'm I don't use an iPhone. Oh, well, so. fair enough. Um, no, I'm I'm on it this week. That's my plan is to get us up and running on Google Play and uh, Stitcher and try and get all that sorted, which uh, I believe isn't too difficult to do. It's just about having the time to do it. So, all good fun, and I'll make sure we get it done as soon as I can. So yeah, um, anything else we want to sort of wrap up the episode on, guys? You got anything you want to add? No, just keep fucking playing yeah. games. Get that, yeah. get that heresy going. Get painted. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to lose because it's usually more fun. <laughs> if you get, if you, it doesn't really matter if you win or lose if you have yeah. fun. Exactly. And I say that because so we have all all those aspects present in our podcast, aren't we? Like we have the winners and we have the and we have the guys who haven't yeah. played. So yeah, it's all good. And I currently, <laughs> yeah. as speaking, painting frantically to get his uh, painting commitment for Scandal so sorted. It's, 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 it's nice to at least be number two in the ranking in yeah, the exactly. podcast. Then. <laughs> so there's the winners, the losers, and then there's the enthusiast and the misc. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much it's true, uh, fuck you guys. <laughs> so, so much, much love. love. Yeah. Well, there's... well, it's just a friendly banter because we just yeah, want you to play. I'm going to play. I could play with myself, but that's something completely different. Um, so, yeah. Other than that being the case, I think we are rounding out our episode quite nicely here. Uh, looking forward to our next episode. We will uh, work out what that episode will be. And we will... They will contain some uh, game up game wrap yeah, ups from yesterday. Some actual actual mm-hmm. actual heresy gaming as uh, we get a bit of an after action report from Chris and Freddy over what was played um, yesterday at this time of recording. Uh, so that was on the the Saturday, uh, Saturday the second. 
So we'll get our special report, and everybody can have a look and listen to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Tungur Metallica's uh, June After after Action Yeah, we'll, we'll work well. that one out as well. Yep. So, other than that, this is a good night from me. And me. And, and remember, guys, treat life like 30K. Be aggro in the streets, full grim in the streets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Ranjit Heresy signing off. Good night. Bye.